charms a jury. 3.40 available dialogue. Do you want to Someone who kissed me. Skype. And held Skype name, me email, remote, left, Walton, dot, news, Skype, trademark, left, bracket, 35, right, bracket, dash, Walton, dot, news, list, box, favorites, Skype, trademark, not now, button, upgrade, button, not now, enter, Skype, trademark, unread, no messages, Joan, Benning, Martin, Grant, and Clint, John, Gaston, Patricia, from F, Bill, Brad, Bill, not, Brad, online, enter, hiding out in someone's arms. Unloading cause, cancel, okay, enter. Of the danger in her charms. Okay, but I'd forgive her if I could see a signed. Well, hi everybody. We're gonna play a film game Molly show to start off the show with, and that way uh, Patricia will join me after the Fibber McGee and Molly show. This is the Saturday show for February 13th, year 2016. Let's say a first. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity of being here. Bless this wonderful country. Help us pick the right leader that will lead us. Look at the homeless, the poor. Lord, help those who have lost a loved one today or any time. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Here is Ferber, McGee, and Molly from September 13, 1949. We'll be back, Patricia and I, after this show.
The Martin and Lewis Show have relinquished their time in order that we might bring you the special program which follows. Martin and Lewis will be heard on Friday nights at a future date. Check your local radio column for the exact day and time. The Johnson's Wax 15th Anniversary Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Tonight, in a special full-hour anniversary broadcast written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, Fibber McGee and Molly come back on the air in the United States and Canada to begin their 15th continuous year of broadcasting under the sponsorship of Johnson's Wax. Naturally, at a time like this, the sponsors of this program look back through the years with gratitude to Fibber and Molly for radio's finest family program. And with even greater gratitude to you millions of friendly listeners. Because it's your appreciation of Fibber and Molly's wholesome radio entertainment and your confidence in Johnson Wax products that have made the programs possible. Fifteen continuous years of broadcasting under the same sponsorship. During the next few weeks, you will see special anniversary displays in the stores of dealers who handle Johnson's Wax products. We hope these displays will remind you that your dealer, too, is responsible for these programs and that it is his support, as well as your own, which makes it possible for the makers of Johnson's Wax to bring you Fibber McGee and Molly. In the year 1935, a new radio program was born. It was reviewed in Variety, the Bible of show business, in part as follows, and I quote, Bit hard to pass on Fibber McGee's first major radio effort. The script limitations hampered the duo from ever getting underway. Commercial talk was handled by Harlow Wilcox, who killed a few quips due to premature laughs. Nary a real out-and-out laugh in the lot. And as it stands, the program demands swifter pacing, punchier lines, and more of Fibber McGee and Molly. Fifteen years. My gosh, it don't seem possible. Fifteen years ago, it didn't even seem probable. (laughs) Boy, the stuff we've done in 15 years. See, do you remember the show back in 1936 when you were a reporter on the paper and went out to get an interview with the governor's wife? Yeah, I got printer's ink in my blood, kiddo. That's why I have to be so careful shaving. Ruins the towels. (laughs) I never did know what happened to that story, McGee. Didn't I ever tell you what happened about that? Uh, That was a wild goose chase. I couldn't get a story. The governor's wife was gone when I got to the house. Out of town, was she? Yeah, she just left. She ran away with a chauffeur. I see. She ran away with the chauffeur, so you didn't get any story. That's right. Just a waste of time. Well, uh, what did the governor have to say about it? Did you talk to him? How could I talk to him? They shot him before they left. Heavenly days. Well, why didn't you get a story from the neighbors? Didn't they have any statements to make? I'll say they didn't. They wouldn't even come out on account of the lion. The lion? Yeah, the one that got away from the circus, prowling around the neighborhood. He ate two cooks in the garden before I got there. (laughs) Oh, well, that's the breaks. Takes a natural-born reporter to know when a story is out the window because... (laughs) Come in. Well, I'll be a uncle's monkey if it ain't his honor the mayor. <laughs> Hi, Latriv. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Hello, Molly. Hello, McGee. Latriv, 
As the guy says when he's seen a good windy corner to build his optical shop on, this is a sight for sore eyes. <laughs> Thank you. You're looking very well yourself, McGee. And you too, Molly. Did you have a pleasant summer? Oh, yes, indeed. Thank you. And you? Oh, yes. Yes, I had a very interesting summer. I was an amateur member of a scientific expedition in Colorado. We were searching for dinosaur eggs. Dinosaur eggs? Now, are you kidding me? <laughs> Why, we've known her for years, and she never laid an egg in her life. Certainly not. She's simply wonderful. I, I don't understand. Who is? Dinah Shore. Well, I, I'm afraid there's a little misconception here. I was referring to a big, ugly, prehistoric monster. Now, just a darn minute. When you talk about friends of ours, just keep a civil tongue between your teeth. Yes, Dinosaur is not big or ugly or prehistoric. I, or, I, I didn't I, say anything about Dinosaur. I said Dinosaur. It isn't sore, Latrib. It's shore. <laughs> As in shore patrol. And in her case, there'd be a lot of volunteers. <laughs> Go on, trip. Yes, do, Mr. Mayor. Let's give him a chance now, McGee. Okay, we won't interrupt again unless it's necessary, boy. No. So you go right ahead. You betcha. Dull as it is, we want to hear about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Now? <laughs> sure. <laughs> the expedition had heard rumors from wandering cowboys and Indians that dinosaur tracks had been discovered in a certain remote canyon in northern Colorado. You could so have discounted them rumors right off the bat, right? <coughs> That kid don't have to hide up any remote canyon. <laughs> Even to try out a new hillbilly number, she don't. Oh, please. <laughs> now, look. I admit that Dinah Shore is lovely and a fine girl and an excellent singer. I'm not talking about her. Is that understood? No, it isn't. Why don't you want to talk about her? You got something against her? You tone deaf or something? We've always considered you one of the greatest gentlemen we know, Mr. Mayor. Yeah. So when you refer to Dinah Shore as an ugly monster and state that she's a million years old and has to hide in the gully to rehearse her number... Yes, and accuse her of laying eggs all over Colorado. Right? I didn't say she was a muggly eggster. Well, you said... I mean, I never said anything about Dinah Canyon hiding a hillbilly. You, you, because I said I was hoping to look for Dinah track shores. You said... You got sore when I... I mean, oh. sore when I... Just because an ugly monster like... I mean, like China Dark. I didn't know what I was... You were the one... It was... It, you were... She was all... I McGee? <laughs> yes, boy? Is it true that you've been on the air for Johnson's Wax for 15 years? Perfectly true, Your Honor. You've been hearing us all that time, kid? No. Frankly, I couldn't stand you so long. <laughs> you couldn't stand him what? So long. Oh, I beg your pardon, young lady. I didn't know you were there. Oh, that's all right. Is this the McGee residence? Yes, madam, but mark my words. You won't like it. <laughs> well, heavenly days, McGee. Look who it is, Dinah Shore. Hi, Dinah. We were just talking about you to Mayor Latrivia. Oh, was that Mayor Latrivia I met going out? That was himself, all right, Dinah. And a very nice man, too. I, I thought he seemed a little annoyed about something. 
But I just dropped in to congratulate you on the last 15 years and wish you good luck for the next 15. Well, thanks, Dinah. And in honor of you dropping in on our honor, I'm going to lead the band in a special arrangement I wrote personally tonight. It's called Kiss Me Again. Uh, no, gonna... no, McGee, now, please. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's ask Dinah to sing instead. Would you please, Dinah? Oh, I'd love to, Molly. I've had a nice rest this summer, and I just couldn't wait to get back to work for Oxidol. Where'd you spend the summer, Dinah? Out in Colorado. <laughs> you know, it was a lot of fun taking my music up into some remote canyon and <laughs> practicing some hillbilly numbers, though confidentially, I really laid an egg with a couple of them. <laughs> What, 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 what's the matter? Did I say something? Oh, no, no, you're all right, kid. <laughs> it just happens that we owe the trivia an apology. Yes. <laughs> I guess we do, dearie. Well, go ahead, sing something, won't you please, Dinah? I'm as corny as Kansas and Oregon. I'm as normal as blueberry pie. Little girl with no heart, I have found me a wonderful guy. I am in a conventional dither with a conventional star in my eye. And you will note there's a lump in my throat when I speak of my wonderful guy. I'm as tried and as gay as a daisy and may a cliche coming true. Romantic and bright as a moon, happy night pouring light on the dew. I'm as corny as Kansas in August, high as a flag on the 4th of July. If you'll excuse an expression I use, I'm in love. If you'll excuse an expression I use, I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love. I'm in love with a wonderful Can that kid sing? Next time the Elks Club throws a smoker, I'm going to see if she'll bat out a few numbers for us. Company, McGee. Come in. For goodness sakes, McGee, look who's here. Huh? Oh, hi, bud. Something you wanted? Hello, Fibber. I'm young. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Well, we were young once, too, bud, but... You spend 15 years on the air and you'll get over that, boy. No, McGee, it's Robert Young, the actor. Oh, my gosh, Robert yeah. Young, him. Bob, old boy, I'm glad to see you. This is my wife, Molly. 
Molly, this is Robert Young. How do you do, I'm sure. Hello, Molly. I came over to congratulate you two on your anniversary. Fifteen years. Just think of it. Do we have to? <laughs> oh, I think it's wonderful. You know, I've just started with my own show on NBC uh, for Maxwell House Coffee. Oh, yes, we hear you every Thursday. Father knows best. Lots of luck with it, Mr. Young. Thank you, Molly. My, I certainly envy you two having the same show on the same network for 15 years. Well, it does have its compensations, all right. You know, starting today, NBC lets us use the regular employees' washroom. <laughs> yes, it was a little unhandy going across the street to the filling station to wash our hands. I know I have something to look forward to, all right. <laughs> Say, I want you two to know that I heard your very first show, April 16th, 1935. My goodness, McGee, he remembers the exact date. Yes, that was the day I bought my first radio, and yours was the first program I heard. Great. You loved it, of course. Yes, it was a beautiful set. <laughs> I, uh, remember when you got your house, too, 79 West Vista. You won it in a raffle on August 26, 1935. My gosh. How do you remember that date so well? Well, it was right after that show that I sold my radio. <laughs> Boy, I'd almost forgot that show. Remember, Molly? Oh, indeed I do. They called the lucky number on the house. I shouted, McGee, we won. You fainted, and the orchestra played zing, went the strings of my heart. <laughs> That's the way it went, all right. It was pretty easy to solve your housing problems in those days, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was pretty easy to finish a radio show, too. If you didn't have a joke to finish with, just throw in a groan, a body fall, and a band number. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And you know something? There are times even now, long toward the end of certain programs, where I begin to feel a little like falling down. <laughs> well, I can believe it, Fibber. <laughs> but after 15 years, brother, you've certainly earned your smelling salts. Lots of luck with the next 15. Good night to both of you. Good night, Thanks, Robert. Robert. Oh, heavenly days. Imagine Robert Young coming to see us. Maybe. Yeah, well, it pays a guy like Bob to keep in touch with influential friends like me, kiddo. <laughs> hey, I wonder if this would be a good time to run over that Kiss Me Again number that I arranged for No, the now wait, because... McGee. There's somebody coming up the walk. Who is it? Search me. The girl looks familiar, but the man. Do we know a tall, dark man with curly hair and a bold look? I don't know. Has he got a deep freeze under his arm? It might be our congressman. <laughs> or maybe it might. Uh, easy, dearie. Here they are. Oh. Come in. Hey. <laughs> it's Alice Faye. Hi, Alice. Hello, Alice. Hello, Molly. Hello, Fibber. I'm Harris. Well, hi, Harris. We don't need any tweeds today, so you better... I'm Phil Harris. Oh. Why, of course. You're married to Miss Faye. You're on her radio show Sunday night. <laughs> Say, you start again next Sunday, don't you? Now you've struck a nerve, Doc. <laughs> Phil Harris, the Sunday night flash. It may not be Hamlet, but it keeps him off the streets. <laughs> Oh, Harris, that layoff did wonders for you. Let me talk a while. Had so Mary long, Livingston no. for 13 years, now I got you. <laughs> <laughs> stuck with 
with me. All right, come on <laughs> Not in. So loud, Joe. Now, come on. Well, gee whiz, I can't help it if my voice is full of residents. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, we just stopped by to give you our best wishes on your 15th anniversary. And that's a long time on anybody's program. Yeah, it's a longer time to be off a program. <laughs> Anything personal in that remark, short stuff? <laughs> what do you think? I don't think there is. <laughs> I've been gainfully employed right along. Gainfully employed, that means I've been working regular. They know what it means, Phil. Say, uh, Alice, won't you sign our guest book while you're here? Oh, I'd be glad. Now, wait a minute, Alice. Just hold it a minute now. You promised me you'd sign nothing till I looked it over. <laughs> but, Phil, it takes you so long to read things. This is, this is just a guest book, Phil. See? Look. Well, hand it here a minute. Yeah. Uh-huh. I thought so. What's this word here? Book. <laughs> and the other word is guest. Well, all right, all right. Go ahead, sign it, Alice, but leave a lot of room for me. I print big. Here's a pen, Alice. Thank you, Molly. So you kids been in the killer circles for 15 anims, huh? <laughs> Gee whiz, that's great. Well, we will be one of these years. You know, Rexall is pretty happy with us. What makes you say that, Phil? I heard him talking, baby. I heard one of the executives say they better hang on to Harris. He said I was the only drug on the market they wasn't already handling. Well, so long. Isn't this exciting, McGee? All these famous stars dropping in to see us. Yeah. And hasn't that Alice Faye beautiful hair? Oh, lovely. Yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if she touches it up a bit. Yeah. It's a beautiful blonde shade, though. Oh. Hi, kids. Congratulations. Well, my gosh. Perry Como. Hi, Fibbin. How are you, Molly? Oh, wonderful, Perry. It's so nice to see you again. Yeah, we haven't seen you since you left Wistful Vista around 1937. How are you making out, boy? Still singing? <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm still at it. Why, of course he is, McGee. Why, Perry is... Great, wonderful. boy, great. Still with Ted Weems, are you? <laughs> you stick with it, son, and one of these days you'll be in the big time. Making records or even singing on your own show, maybe. Well, thanks a lot, Fibber. As a matter of fact, I do have a little show on Thursday nights now on NBC, the uh, Chesterfield Supper Club. Oh, swell. We'll come over there and eat with you some night. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't stop in to tell you about that, Fibber. I just came over to congratulate you both on your very long and happy career. Well, thank you, Perry. And to sing a song. And Fibber, this is a bit on the sentimental side, so you mind getting a little closer to Molly and hold her hand? Sure. Just make like you were singing this to her yourself, hmm? Okay. Good boy. Give me your hand. Let me ever need and let 
beautiful. You know, McGee, some of our old friends and neighbors have become pretty famous since they left Wistful Vista. I'll say. I don't claim all the credit for it, of course, but <laughs> I always made it a point to set an example for my neighbors. Yeah, and they made a point of ignoring it. <laughs> now, you take the water commissioner of Summerfield, for instance, Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. Hmm. You take him. I never could. Well, you know, he has a very funny show on NBC Wednesday nights for Kraft's Foods. Yeah. <laughs> Say, do you remember the time you and he climbed into the bathtub with your clothes on? Yeah. You mean the time I found the watch downtown? That was it. It was in 1940, I believe. We tried to find the watch. Well, nobody's claimed this watch so far, Molly. Looks like it's mine, all right. Not for 30 days, McGee. After all, you... McGee, stop tapping on the crystal. Oh, this don't hurt it. It's an unbustable crystal. So... Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd have swore this crystal was unbustable. I don't see why it won't. 
Oh, there, little chum. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Well, Mr. Gildersleeve, come right in. Well, thank you. What's the idea of busting right in the door, you unmannerly oaf? Why don't you ring the doorbell? Because this is from a 1940 script, Sonny Boy, and that door chime didn't appear in your show till 1941. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, anyway, I can't talk to you right now, Gildy. I'm fixing a valuable watch. Uh, what's this I hear about you finding a valuable watch, McGee? Oh, indeed we did at 14th and Oak this morning. A new watch, gift draft and everything. Well. We've been advertising for the owner all day. Show it to him, dearie. See, Gildy? Hmm. Crystal's broken. Hey, look, McGee, one of the hands is bent. It is? Which one? The second hand. Second hand from the right or the second hand from the left? <laughs> Just the second hand, you dumbbell. That little tiny hand. Oh. Here, let me straighten it out. I've got a steadier hand than you have. Oh, yeah? Uh -huh. Your hand shakes like a grass skirt at a stag party. <laughs> I'll do this myself. Lend me your boy scout knife. I always was a whiz at fixing watches. McGee is part Swiss, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, he is? Yes. Why don't you use him to bait a mousetrap with? <laughs> Can't you see I'm doing a delicate job here? Wait a minute, McGee. This is no place to do a job like that. Let's take it out on the dining room table so you can keep track of the parts. Good idea. Look, boys, if you're afraid of losing part of the works, why don't you go sit in the bathtub and take it apart? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what a silly idea. It is not a silly idea. It is, too. It is not. Quit arguing with my wife, Gildersleeve. She says to go sit in the bathtub. That's where we'll go sit in. Open the door. All right. This ought to be fun, all right. Yeah, now, now, climb in, Gildy. That's it. You sit in the front, will you? Makes me dizzy to ride backwards. All right, boys. All right. Here's the watch. And the Boy Scout knife. And two hairpins. <laughs> Now. Yeah, we are. <laughs> you know, McGee, I hope to goodness this isn't a violation of the Taft-Hartley Act. What you mean, Gilly? Well, laying off the hands and closing down the works without two weeks' notice. <laughs> you get it, folks? I said... It ain't funny, McGee. I didn't say it. Well, you would have if you'd have thought of it first. Now, let's see. I take this thing here and... Whoop! Oh. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> Search me. All I done was pry up on the face of it. How? Like this. I just... Whoop! Oh, that rat, that dead rat. Heavenly days, that beautiful watch. You know, I haven't seen so many flying springs since they blew up the mattress factory. <laughs> Isn't this fun, though? Yeah. Quit jiggling, Gildersleeve, and get your foot out of my pocket. <laughs> now, let's see. If I unscrew this little... You know, I'm certainly glad this isn't my watch, McGee. Yeah, you know what I've been doing wrong, Gildersleeve? Huh? We've been starting on the wrong side. We ought to took the back off first. Oh, good. Let's try that. I love to see the springs jump out. <laughs> Here, Molly, you hold the back cover, will you? Certainly. I had to get in there with you, boys, but it looks a bit crowded. Yeah. <laughs> oh, heavenly days, McGee. What's the matter? Look, there's an inscription inside the back here. What? There is? Imagine that. What's the poor sap's name? Listen, the inscription says, Happy New Year from the boys at the factory to our beloved boss, Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. Oh. <laughs> 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 
1937, Mr. William Randolph or Billy Mills of Flint, Michigan, picked up a little stick and started directing the music for these Tuesday nights. Put the blame where you like for these 15 years. Here's one man who'll face whatever music there is. And right now, it's so in love. <laughs> and their guests return in just a moment. So stay tuned to your NBC station for the second half of our 15th anniversary program. This is the 15th anniversary of Fibber McGee and Molly on NBC for Johnson's Wax. In 15 years, they have acquired some bitter critics and a lot of enthusiastic listeners. Among the latter is a beautiful, distinguished, and beloved lady of motion pictures. She and the McGees have been each other's devoted fans for many years. I would now like to call to order the Fibber McGee and Molly Irene Dunn Mutual Admiration Society. Miss Irene Dunn. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Wilcox was quite right in saying that I've always been an ardent Fibber, McGee, and Molly listener. Maybe not for their entire 15 years, but for quite a few of them, I like their program, not only for myself, but for the fact that I know my family, my friends, especially my little friends, can listen to it regularly without the slightest fear of anything offensive being said. To my knowledge, Fibber and Molly have never abused the privilege of using our good American air when they visit us in our homes. Congratulations, Molly, and to you too, Fibber. Well, thanks, sis. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Dunn. Those are awfully kind words. Well, I mean every one of them. You know, I suppose everybody has a favorite character on your program, Molly, and. I think my favorite is the little girl who lives down the street, Teeny. Is she here tonight? No. No, she couldn't come, I bet you. Because... <laughs> I mean, she couldn't come, Miss Dunn. <laughs> there wasn't room on the program for her tonight. Oh, well. well, she's my pet, Molly, and I hope that little girl never grows up. Thank you, Miss Dunn. I hope she doesn't either. But if she ever does, I hope she'll be just like you. Well, come and see us again sometime, sis. Thanks, bud. Good night. <laughs> Nice kid. Hey, Molly, I think I'll take that band through that special arrangement of Kiss Me Again now that I wrote for tonight. Right now, before somebody else drops hey, hey, in. Hey, hold it a minute, will you, pal? Oh, this dear. is the time of night when I usually slip in with a brief message about the product. Oh, the product. Uh, okay, Junior, to show you my heart's in the right place, I'll even help you. No, 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 thanks, pal. Let me have it by myself this week. You think you can? You mean, do I think I can? Look, pal, you can learn quite a bit about selling in 15 years. Yes, you can. But did you? 
Well, I think so. Why, when I started on this show, I had no confidence at all. Really, Mr. Wilcox, heavenly days, and you always seem so confident. No, I was just a bluff, Molly. Well, I used to come out and say something like, we all know how particular a woman can be about her house. Well, that's a fairly safe statement, Junior. Well, that's what I mean, no dynamics. Oh. Gee whiz, anybody can step up to a mic and say, millions of women have tested glow coat in their own homes and have found nothing else that gives them quite the same brilliant results with so little effort as Johnson's glow coat. Yeah, but what I was getting at but is... Now, now I have confidence. I've had experience. <laughs> and I have the knowledge that what I'm saying is the gospel truth. So I walk right out and say in a firm voice, actually, glow coat takes all the hard work out of keeping linoleum and varnished wood floors bright and beautiful. Yeah, but we were just I about know to that say when that... I say it's self-polishing, spread it on, let it dry, watch it shine, has the ring of truth. The ring of truth, he says. It has the clang of... Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> and, and look, most important is the shine you get with the new glow coat. Almost twice as bright now as before, without polishing. Ask for it tomorrow at your dealer's. I see how confident that sounds, pal. You see how yeah, I waxy. experience. Uh, hey, waxy. Oh, well, I was just explaining what I've learned in 15 years. What have you learned? Not a thing, Mr. Wilcox. No. <laughs> we had. We'd never try to butt in after you once get started. <laughs> That's like a caterpillar standing on the tracks trying to stop the 20th Century Limited with a pedal off a of geranium. <laughs> Where are you going, Junior? Uh, over to the mic. I've got an announcement to make. Excuse oh. me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, in about 1937, there was a young boy in New York going to Manhattan College. He was a shy, breathless lad. Well, not too breathless. He had enough breath to sing, and he sang very well. In fact, he sang so well that he got a job on a top radio show. He also turned out to be quite a famous comedian with a Saturday night show of his own. This new day that dawned was named Dennis. Dennis Day, Palm Olive's singing star. And here he is. It's wonderful of you to come over and see us. Yeah, much obliged, kid. Oh, that's all right, folks. Anyway, it wasn't my idea. NBC suggested I do it or else. <laughs> or else what? Well, they didn't say, but the suggestion was written on a pink slip. <laughs> well, what shall I do? Oh, just say that we've been wonderful for 15 years and you never missed a show we ever did and you certainly wish us many happy more years for Johnson's Wax, something like that. Oh, no jokes? <laughs> Certainly we have some jokes for you, Dennis. McGee, show Dennis the jokes. Here, kid. Handle them easy. They're dynamite. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, congratulations, folks. You've been wonderful for 15 years, and I never missed a show you ever did, and I certainly wish you many more happy years on the air for... for... for whom? Johnson's whack. Yeah, good night. Now... I'm hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Wait a minute, you didn't read the stuff we wrote for you. Well, I wanted to take it with me. I never had any material like this before. Yeah? You know, I have my own show on Saturday night over NBC for Colgate. Yeah? I can use this stuff. This is just what I need. Oh, we're very glad you like it, Dennis. Yeah, yeah on my show, everybody laughs all the time and you can't hear the lines. Oh. I need stuff like this to quiet everybody down. <laughs> well, thanks. Hey, hey. You mean you're not even gonna sing? Well, you want me to sing, too? What do you mean, too? What do you mean, too? What else have you done? Now, McGee. <laughs> That's no way to talk to a guest who was nice enough to drop in and wish us well. It was my idea. NBC suggested... Yeah, I... yeah. <laughs> Look, kid, how'd you like to sing one of Molly's favorites? I'll take you home again, Kathleen. Uh, I'd love that, Dennis. Will you do it? Sure, and this is because I want to, not because NBC... Yeah, suggested... yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know. 
Well, go ahead, son, and thanks very much. Thank you. I hope you like it, Molly. History, the initials WW have had great significance. World War I and World War II, Woodrow Wilson, Walter Winchell, Willie the Weeper. Then in about 1941, a new name, another WW, tottered across the wistful vista horizon. Wallace Wimple was the name, and he came in like this. Come in. Well, I'll be. It's Wally Wimple. Hi, Wimp. Hello, Mr. Wimple. Hello, folks. <laughs> Just in time, Wimp. This is our 15th anniversary on NBC for Johnson's Wax, and I got a musical arrangement of Kiss Me Again I made, and I thought I'd have the... Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. McGee, but I simply won't have time. Oh, that's too bad, Wimp. Mm-hmm. I just came in to congratulate you. In fact, I was walking through the woods with my bird book. Your what, Wimp? My bird book. <laughs> Somebody told me they'd seen a big-billed, blue-breasted Brazilian barn booby... <laughs> 
near Dugan's Lake, and as I was walking along, an idea for a poem came to me. A poem, Wimp? Yes, about your 15th anniversary. Would you like to hear it? I can do it from memory. A cappella, as it were. <laughs> oh, we'd love to hear it, Mr. Wimple. All righty, it goes, <clears throat> Here's luck to Mr. and Mrs. McGee for their 15 years on NBC for their homely philosophy and wholesome cracks about this and that and Johnson's Wax. We all enjoy this Tuesday nighter because it makes our homes and lives much brighter. Since 1935, Anno Domini, you've improved your corn till it tastes like harmony. <laughs> little man, McGee. Say he didn't mention Mrs. Wimple. I wonder if... Sweetie Face, he probably feels like my mother did when I was a little kid. She used to look at me and say, I hate to bring this up. But anyhow... It's your turn to say, come in, McGee. I got the last... Okay, kiddo, relax. I'm rested. Come in. Is this the residence of Fibber McGee and Molly? Yes, it is. What can we do for you, bud? Well, my name is Bendix. Not William Bendix. Yes, it is, McGee. Bill, old man, nice of you to drop in. I suppose you bring a message of greetings and good cheer on our 15th anniversary. Well, let us just say that I bring a message. What do you mean? What do you mean, Mr. Bendy? Well, look, you're nice folks, and I don't want to get tough, but here's the situation. You've been on the air for 15 years for one sponsor. Yep, and by increasing his business by 72 million, nine hundred... Ah, McGee. Go on, Mr. Bendix. So you've been happy with one sponsor. You've been happy with just one network. No skipping around. You sit around all week. Saturday, you say, let's do another show next Tuesday. And Tuesday, you do it. And you sit around the rest of the week again. Look, bud, this may all be true, but if so, what of it? What a revolting development this is. <laughs> Look, who's leading the life of Riley, me or you? Ah, heavenly days were infringing. <laughs> well, there's no hard feelings. I was just confused. I only hope I can do it myself for Pabst Blue Ribbon on Friday nights. So congratulations and good luck. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. that our next guest would not be here to extend hearty congratulations to his good friends, Fibber McGee and Molly. But late this afternoon, the Johnson Wax Company met his price. And <laughs> it is now my pleasure to present the palest part of the pale face, the sorrowful part of Sorrowful Jones, the detour of the road pictures, Bob Hope! Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, ushers. Uh, thank you, Harlow. <laughs> Harlow, don't you love that name? I had a name called one announcement called Wendell one time. Where do you get those names off? Old Pullman cars, huh? <laughs> He's a wonderful guy, very loyal, though. What other announcer would glow coat his head for 15 years? That's <laughs> but how do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob still on the big network, Hope. <laughs> we better stick together. There's only a few of us left, you know. Tight. Telling all you listeners, if you're ever tired of using Johnson's wax in your kitchen floor, you'll always find me behind your bathroom door. <laughs> yes, sir, Swan and Pepsi, and 12 years in radio and still can't make the living room. <laughs> up, 
Up until lately, we've had two kinds of radio, FM and AM. I never knew until the night that I met Trevor McGee and Molly. <laughs> Fifteen years, a long time with one sponsor. I only know one other comic who's had the air that long, my cousin Bert, who operates a skirt-blowing machine in the Fun House at Coney Island. <laughs> Twenty-two years of it, never had a slack season. I'll be back in the air next Tuesday in spite of my sponsor. I had more trouble getting someone to say yes than Vice President Barkley. <laughs> you know... You know Mr. Barkley, the Louise Jordan of the Capitol. You know him. <laughs> I think he'd be all right. You know, I saw him having tea with Dorothy Dix a little while ago. And I'm thinking of going into television as soon as I save enough to pay the plastic surgeon. Just a throwaway. I should have thrown it away outside. <laughs> you know, Crosby's going on television when they get the wider screen. Uh, <laughs> Crosby, that's a six-letter word meaning when the blue of the night turns to gold in his pocket. <laughs> but television is everywhere. Now some cocktail bars have even put in ushers. They ask you how far down you want to go and how high you want to get. <laughs> One bartender yelled out the other night, will the lady in front please remove the foam off her beer? I watched a baseball game on television the other night. Every time the runner would try to steal second, Milton Burrow would beat him to it. <laughs> better this way. Thank you. And television is liable to ruin the Lone Ranger. Wait until the kids find out the silver is just two coconut shells in the hands of an ex-Harvard man. But we'll pass that bridge when we come to it, as they used to make me say for Pepsi. And seriously, Fibber <laughs> and Molly, I do congratulate you on your 15 years with Johnson's Wax and NBC. It's nice work if you can get it, and you got it. Thank you, Mr. Ho. Thank you, Robert. Drop around any week, and we'll split a Tuesday with you. Well, give me a couple of days to read the fine print, Fibber, and I'll sign that. Good luck to you both, and may you continue to keep them grinning from year to year. Thank you, Thanks, Robert. Well, there ought to be a big fat word said right here about four men who joined this program in about the year 1940. They've made a solid name for themselves, both with us and with the work they've done in Walt Disney's wonderful pictures. One of the nation's top singing groups who have further distinguished themselves by presenting a series of fine musical programs this summer for Johnson's Wax during Fibber and Molly's absence. Here they are, America's four most singers, the King's Men. <laughs> Back in 1927, Vaudeville was in its heaven. Everyone was frivolous and gay. At the palace or the folly, you could see McGee and Molly batting out their seven shows a day. Here tonight, we'd like to bring some of the songs they used to sing. I'm always chasing Oh, 
King's men, wonderful, McGee. Yeah, and if I'd have had my way, they'd have played my number in that spot. My Kiss Me Again number, the one I made the arrangement for. You know the part where I take the coda and run an arpeggio up to a glissandimo? <laughs> then I let the trumpets take the vibrato and slap into a brassy fortissimo? You know that part? No, Neither but I. I always say if you can't whistle it, it'll never be popular. <laughs> well, this arrangement of mine is... Come in. For goodness sakes, McGee, it's Oli, the janitor from the Elks Club. Hello, Oli. It's nice to see you. Well, hello, missus. Hi, Oli. Hello, McGee. I used to pass by and I see the commotion. That's gone wrong. No, nothing's wrong, Oli. We're just celebrating an anniversary. Well, congratulations, missus. How long you're married? No, uh, 31 years, but this ain't for that. I mean, that ain't what we're celebrating. This is on account of we've been on the air for Johnson's Wax for 15 years. Consecutive. Oh, that's too bad, McGee. Too bad? Well, why is it too bad, Oli? Well, wasting all those years. I know all about it. Every Tuesday night, we listen to Johnson's Wax on the network. Mm -hmm. For 15 years, every Tuesday night. Yeah. My Christina, she's 14 years old. Mm -hmm. You was on the air before she was born. Mm. She thinks you're a kind of a national institution, like Grand Canyon, Redwood Trees, and Yin Romy. And... <laughs> Well, if you've listened every Tuesday night all these years, you've really accounted for a few hours. Well, that's all right, McGee. I, I have to listen anyway, because my wife listens, and we only got one radio. Oh, I see. <laughs> so every Tuesday night for a half hour, I know I'm just donating my time. So long, McGee. Good night. <laughs> When the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program was young, say about 1936, a versatile youth named Bill Thompson joined the cast as a sort of utility actor. In his non-professional hours, he is well known as a fighter against juvenile delinquency. Although on the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program, he himself goes under many an alias. He's been variously known as Nick DiPopolis, Horatio K. Boomer, Pravda, Flanagan the Cop, Wallace Wimple, and not the least, but one of the first, as the old-timer. Hello there, kids! Hi, daughter! Hi, Johnny! Hello, Mr. Oldtimer. It's nice to see you again. Hi, Oldtimer. What you been doing? Well, I was just downtown, Johnny, to see Doc Gamble. But he was out on a call. Oh. oh. Are you ill, Mr. Oldtimer? Well, I don't feel so good, daughter. I got myself a cold. Well, you better take some medicine for it, Mr. Oldtimer. A cold is not to be sneezed at, you know. <laughs> well, I got me a jug of Grandma's private remedy for it, daughter. Recipe has been in our family for generations. Handed down from mother to daughter, daughter to daughter, daughter to son, son to uncle, uncle to sister, sister to cousin, cousin to aunt, aunt to nephew, and nephew gave it back to grandma who was so sick of hearing about it, the darn thing, she tore it up. 
that thing do that? <laughs> How'd you ever catch a cold in this weather, old-timer? I didn't, Johnny. I caught it last winter, out at Dugan's Lake. Yeah? Me and Papa chopped a hole in the ice, and I did me a little fishing. Yeah? What'd you fish for? Papa. <laughs> <laughs> along, kids. I'm going to see a friend of mine this afternoon. Going to be his pallbearer. Pallbearer? Oh, heavenly days. What happened? Well, he was an inventor, daughter. Invented himself a novelty necktie out of rawhide. Yeah. Went out in the rain with it. Son come out later, dried the rawhide, and strangled him. <laughs> we seen him getting red in the face and pointing to the necktie, but we thought he was blushing and asking our opinion of it. <laughs> He just stood there smiling and nodding at him till poor feller was gone, and so am I. So long. Now, Dad Braddett, if we can have a few minutes' peace and quiet, I'm going to run the band through my Kiss Me Again arrangement. I better hurry before we get interrupted again. Will you go ahead, dearie? I'll hold my ears. I mean, I'll hold the door. <laughs> You sit right there and relax, Snooky. The boys and I'll make musical history with this thing. Are you ready, fellas? Okay. A one, and a two, and a three, and a... Was it, kiddo? Was it sharp and clear? Was it distinct? Yes, it certainly did. <laughs> McGee, where in the world did you learn so much about music? Oh, me? I studied music for years, Molly, with some great teachers, too. Oh? Why, when I was just a kid, I studied piano for a long, long time under the famous Professor Ware. Oh? Long under Ware McGee, I was no doubt. <laughs> Long underwear McGee, the mighty mucky-muck of the metronome, making mugs of mediocre musical mutts, muddling through a monotonous mess of medleys, making millions marvel at the minor melodies made out into magnificent masterpieces by the miraculous movements of my magic mitts, miffing many a maestro as I modulated from March Militaire into Minuet and G, and that's the story of Long Underwear McGee after 15 years on NBC. Bong, bong, bong. <laughs> is a long time in radio, but it's a short time in the history of Johnson waxes and polishes, for it has been over 60 years since the name Johnson's was first associated with the wax products, which have since brought new brightness, new freedom from household drudgery to more than three generations of homemakers. During that time, Johnson's waxes have grown in popularity to the point that today they far outsell any other brand of wax products. The makers of Johnson's Waxes look upon your preference for their products as a trust that they deeply appreciate and intend to keep. 
So you can be sure that every Johnson product today is the finest. The leading manufacturer of waxes and polishes knows how to produce. And you can be sure also that the Johnson's Wax Laboratories will never cease in their efforts to improve these fine products so that you may always find the best wax polishes in the familiar Johnson container with the bright red band. Ladies and gentlemen, there's been a lot of kidding around tonight about our 15 years on NBC for Johnson's Wax, but we're not selling it short. We're pretty proud of it. And we're also very grateful to you millions of listeners out there who have been so faithful to us all these years. And also to the famous radio and picture stars who so generously dropped in on us tonight. Next week, we start our regular series of radio shows, but we're retrenching a little. It'll only be a half hour. <laughs> My gosh, Molly, 15 years. You can use a lot of awful jokes in that time. I beg your pardon? I mean, uh, I say you can use up an awful lot of jokes in that time. <laughs> oh, yes. Good night. Good night, all. The makers of Johnson's Wax Products, Racine, Wisconsin, and Brantford, Canada, and all of us on the program wish to thank all the people who so generously dropped in to congratulate Trevor and Molly on their 15th anniversary. Be with us again next Tuesday night, won't you? Rub it on, wipe it off. That's all you do with Car New. Yes, it's that easy to give your car a showroom shine with Johnson's Car New, the wax-fortified car polish that cleans and polishes in one application. Car New cleans as you rub it on. Cuts, grime, and film water won't touch. Car New polishes as you wipe it off. Makes your car shine like new. Ask at your dealer's or service station for Johnson's wax-fortified Car New tomorrow and give your car a Sunday shine. Remember, rub it on, wipe it off. That's all you do with Car News. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Jaws Professional. Alt-Tab, Bill Brad. Alt-Tab, Replay Radio 9, colon. Alt-Tab, and Call. Alt-Tab, Replay. Alt-Tab, Skype, Trademark, Left, Tab, Online, Tab, Walton, Used, Tab, Search, Edit. Act, Search. Unread, Martin, Ed, Clue, John, Gap, Patricia, from FL, Applicate, Send, Ed, Invite, Enter, Leaving, Menus, Contacts, List, Unloading. shell-shocked. Okay, I think it's time to play the the theme song for Patricia. So here that we go, would be everybody. Great. Here we go. Oh, Patricia, my darling Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. 
Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my darling, Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. Patricia? Hello, Walden. Hello, Carl. You're on here. Oh, my God. Oh, it's Ralph trying to get in early. <laughs> oh, hello, Ralph. How in the world are you? We're pretty good. Are you feeling okay? Yes, uh, quite a bit better, and uh, I, I really enjoyed that Super McGee program. I'd never heard that one before. Oh, I'm glad we pulled it out of the archive. I was thinking... They sang, Dennis Day sang one of Patricia's favorite songs in there. I'll take you home. Uh, I'll take you home, Kathleen. Was that there? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Did I miss it? Yes, it was 35 minutes into the show. Could you play it later? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Ralph, what have you been up to? Have you been out and about? Are you loose? Tell me all about it. Well, yeah, I've been... Uh... I've been doing a little stuff here and there. Uh, I'm getting better, and I'm happy about that. Great. How's your energy we, level, Ralph? Are you are you are you tired at later in the day, or how how have you noticed it getting a little better? How how how's the energy? Well, you know, you know, my biggest problem is right right now. I I I think I just having an awful time sleeping. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Did you talk with the doctor about that? Uh, No, it's a guy thing. You didn't, did you? (laughs) Anyhow, I'm doing okay. 
That's why we're asking. Oh, I know, I know. I appreciate it, but you know. Well, I, I think sing, I think I don't want to sing a sad song. Yeah, yeah. Well, anytime we take anesthesia, it can, you know, do a little crazy things with our bodies. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, oh my God! <laughs> you know? Okay, are are you going to do anything special for Valentine's Day tomorrow? Because I have got. At least 12 pages of Valentine's stuff. So you tell me that Ralph needs ideas for Tony after all these years? Well, no, I, you know, sometimes he says, well, we don't do anything special. We just kind of hang out. But every once in a while he'll say, oh, yeah. So what is Valentine's Day for you? Uh, no, we really don't have anything set in stone. Uh, <laughs> and nailed that uh, one. Uh, I guess it's tonight at the Moose Lodge they're having a Valentine's party. Uh-huh. But, uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't suspect we're going to do anything. <laughs> are, are you going to the party? No. Cross that one off the list. Yeah, yeah we, we've, uh, we've been very busy. We had, to, we had to take our car into the dealer for uh-huh. an airbag replacement due to a recall and we were back and forth to uh, to Reading uh, two days in a row, uh, like that. So, in other words, when you're feeling up to it, you'll take Tony out for breakfast one day fairly soon. Yeah, probably Sunday. There you go. How's that, Patricia? Way to go. <laughs> I like that. Okay, what's on the breakfast menu for you? You've done this for me before, but I don't remember. What do you like for breakfast when you go out to eat? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm <laughs> I think that covers it. Okay, what? I have sausage and eggs, biscuits and gravy, all that, all that bad stuff. All the heart-healthy goodies. <laughs> I think yeah. we're allowed you know, we're allowed to cheat once in a while, but I'm not sure if we can save them up and blow the whole mess on a single day. I vote for yes. Yeah. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I guess that's a, that's a good thing, too. That, that is a very good thing. Well, see, I think you could. what you should do is go ahead and have all you want for breakfast and then have oatmeal for lunch, and the oatmeal will clean your system out. Clean your system out. How do you think? <laughs> did I hear you? Know, I've been eating a lot of... Uh, Cream of wheat. Cream of wheat probably just as well. You know, cream of wheat. Am I correct? That uh, yeah, it does. Oatmeal is advertised as lowering cholesterol. Right. So I go ahead. I'm not sure that's the problem. (laughs) 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 Well, we'll figure something out. (laughs) Oh, gee. Well, what is your weather doing up there? Well, it's been unseasonably warm. And uh, we're kind of out of the rain pattern temporarily, mm-hmm. uh, we're, and we're hoping it'll come back. But they're, they're talking about uh, Monday being quite a warm day, you know, unseasonable. Well, right down here, they're talking maybe Wednesday, Thursday, maybe, you know. So I guess you'll see, Ralph, if you get any. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd sure like to see some more. The... Uh, all, all of the the weather that we've had, our uh, our, our uh, big lake up here, hasn't 
come back that much. But we have a, a pretty good snowpack, and uh, when when a thaw comes, I, I think it'll come up quite a bit. But yeah, well, you're anticipating. My, I, I'm ignorant on California. Actually, I'm ignorant on fifty of the fifty states. So I want to ask you: when you get warm weather, does some of the snowpack melt and come down? Yeah, you know, it depends on how high it is. Like the highest peak we have around here is approximately 10,000 feet. Ooh, that's that pretty hefty. that's hold for a while. But on yeah. lower elevations where there is snow, yeah, we, we, we lose the snow. So what, even what, what you, in the wintertime, you'll do that? What would you We send beavers up there, and they pass the, they pass the snowpack really tight. So. Oh, Lordy, he's doing it. We're in for a run tonight, aren't we? Hold <laughs> on, are you misbehaving? <laughs> well, you know, for Trisha's the global one, I thought that'd be a good good story to tell her. Well, send the beavers up there and have them pack the ice down. You know, she yes. might believe pat, 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 pat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they can, mm-hmm. that's why they got those tails. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't believe it? No. I'm gullible, but there's a limit. <laughs> <laughs> There is a limit. Well, I have a candy question for you. What kind? A candy question for you. Because <clears throat> I've got, let me see, I've got 26 pages of stuff, which includes my useless but fun. So I would say about 10 pages, maybe eight pages of Valentine questions and candy and stuff like that there. Hmm. So for for the Hershey people, I want you to tell me, which famous non-chocolate candy is produced by Hershey? Mm. You'll never guess it. As we say in New York, I couldn't believe it. Non-chocolate. It must be two. Non-chocolate. <laughs> yeah, two rolls. I agree with Ralph. It must be two rolls. Oh, good grief. No, that's the Tootsie Roll Company. <laughs> Non-chocolate. Oh, God, I don't know what they make. Walden, you want to take a shot? My guess would be a uh, form of licorice. I would say black licorice. Well, boy, you are darn close. It is good and plenty candy, which has dark licorice on the inside. Good and plenty candy. Can you imagine? I Hershey, how could you do that to us? Well, I guess it's not instead of chocolate. It's just in addition to chocolate. I would never have guessed that in a million years. It used to be my favorite at the movies. Ah. Good and Plenty? Yeah, because it lasted so long. You're right. The licorice would have been chewy. Let them melt in my mouth. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, a box would last me all the way through a uh, a Saturday uh, movie session. Oh, my gosh. I just sat there and one at a time, very slow. You are so good. I don't think a box would last from my trip from the office to the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, you got to practice not chewing on it. Just just suck on the candy until you get to the licorice. Well, now, see, that's a, that's a good question. Good employees are a good name. So it makes you wonder how much the corporation spend time trying to come up with the right idea. Now, I, 
I never even looked to see if they bought that brand from another company or if they created it. So while you two talk, I will go do some homework. You know, so like the Candy Kisses, you know, those are, who would think of the name and that have stuck so well, you know? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, good and plenty. <laughs> you get more results if you wrote the word good instead of goof. <laughs> oh, dear. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to let everybody know tomorrow night on Valentine night, Joan Benny will be our special live guest. Oh, really? Yes. Good. So people can call and talk to Jack Benny's daughter. And so we're going to start that. John Larry and I will have her on at 7.30. And we'll take phone calls for uh, Jack Benny's daughter. So that, that will be a lot of fun. She's very articulate and, uh, and knows her uh, dad's stuff really well. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I have, if i lucky enough to get to speak to her, I have to ask her where I can find some uh, serious Jack Benny violin playing. Ah, that's a good question. Because I, I uh, you know, I know he's a very talented violinist. Right. But he, they try not to let you know that. <laughs> that is true. Also, sort of makes you wonder, remember sometimes you would hear Jack play on the radio, like with Special LeBlanc. I'm assuming that's Jack at the violin. I don't think it would be somebody in the orchestra, you know. I think so, because they say when he was in vaudeville that he was a, uh, listed as a violinist. Right. Did you know, I, I know Walden knew, Jack Benny played a Stradivarius. I can find uh, something that he did on the serious note that I had not mm-hmm. That's a great question. That would be a good question for you to ask tomorrow. Good question. Ralph, yes. I know Walden knows this. Jack Benny played a Stradivarius. I know that, yeah. Isn't that incredible? He, he, he left it to some symphony orchestra, if I'm not mistaken. Walden, do you know? Mm-hmm. The L.A. Conservatory. Oh, and, how cool. And so Stuart Kanan used to come down and play it. So Occasionally they do take it out and play it. Yeah. I remember Stuart Kanan saying that. I forgot that. It's such a good memory for me. He'll, he'll I don't be, have to worry. He'll be turning 90 in April. Stuart will? He, yep. And uh, he just here like a week, two weeks ago just got done playing a concert at Carnegie Hall. Carnegie Hall, I know. <laughs> he is just such a remarkable person. Do you think we'll be able to have him again as a guest? Oh, yeah. Or at least play the interview that he oh, did I with us? I would love to have him on because this will be the 80th anniversary of the Benny Feud. Uh, well, if, you, if we want to work it, maybe we can have him on earlier, my dear. You know. So, what, uh, what, is, what is the time frame of the... Uh, you know what I'm asking. <laughs> the jewel. The, what the, what it, were the dates from when to when? Uh, the, well, he started it on December 30th, 1936. Okay. And we have on on the 75th anniversary. Remember that night, but uh-huh. it's almost been five years. Wow. And we had him on for almost 90 minutes, if you recall. And he just, uh, I thought we had such a good time with them that night. Oh gosh, he was wonderful. Oh yeah, he was. He calls his his precious Stradivarius 
a fiddle. <laughs> I just will never get over that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I play my fiddle every day. That's like a, a million-dollar instrument. <laughs> I know. I know. I have no idea. And he he said he didn't either when I asked what the market value of it is today. And he said, I don't know. <laughs> he just He just takes good care of it. And he plays it every day. How neat. Yeah, he is. Well, Ralph, I'm so glad you're feeling better. And I'm so glad the lake is getting replenished even just a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah will you give Tony? Will you give, it's hmm? less than 30% full. Oh. oh, my gosh. That is way down. Well, we're supposed to have some more rain in the rest of the next six weeks or so. So maybe we'll get a... A few more drops of water in there, Ralph, before you take the boat out. I hope out. so. You know? Yeah, we need, we need a real deluge. We need a flood. There you go. <laughs> there you go. The, uh, you, have you know the old expression, be careful of what you ask for. Okay, so the question is, is your boat big enough to help host everybody two by two, Noah's Ark, or, or, or you're going to need to get a bigger boat for it? Oh, well, I could get Tony and the two dogs on there. I don't know about the chickens. <laughs> Okay, you got the you got the most important people there. Okay, well you give Tony a hug for us, please. Oh, she wishes you a happy Valentine's Day. Thank you, Tony, and you have a wonderful day tomorrow. Good breakfast on Sunday, and I promise not to look at the grease and the gravy and, all, and the eggs and all the good stuff. Yeah, that, 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 thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> when did you say this Joan Benny would be on? Yep, at 7.30 tomorrow night. Tomorrow night? Tomorrow night, Valentine night, because tomorrow will be the anniversary of Jack Benny's birthday. Are you hosting it, yep. Walden? Yep, I'm hosting it. So everybody can use this number at okay. 714-545-2071. We're going to be taking calls for Joan Benny tomorrow night, everybody, So uh, on Jack Benny's birthday. Uh, that's a goodie. I'd sure like to get in on that one. Please do. Uh, if I'm fortunate enough. Please do, Ralph. Give it a try. Yeah, I sure, I sure will. All right. Uh, listen, I don't want to tie up the airwaves forever. Well, we appreciate when you do call. Uh, I, I appreciate you guys being there. Thank you, Ralph. Thank you, Ralph, and thank you for calling, because we always, Walden and I sit and talk and say, gee, I wonder how this person is doing, or we haven't heard from this one for a while, and you were in our conversation, so thank you for checking in and letting us know how everything is going. Oh, by all means. (laughs) Okay, you have a good day. Take care, Ralph. Talk to you tomorrow. All right. Yes, Joan Benny will be here tomorrow night at 7.30 California time, everybody. 714-545-2071. I know some of you called me last night that they disagree with Patricia's awful show pick, so she's willing to defend that. 714-545-2071. What did we play? The Hermit Cave. The Hermit Cave. The Hermit's Cave. Yes. You know, that one wasn't, that was kind of mediocre. It, it wasn't as awful as some of the really bad stuff, but it, it was mediocre, and it was nominated. So that's pretty good. Hello there, you're on here. Uh-oh. I'm calling for five. 
Or we'll wait for the phone to uh, be turned down or this radio computer. Hello? Hello there. Uh, this is Marilyn from Converse. Hi, Mel. Well, hi, Marilyn. We haven't heard from you for a while either. Well, actually, um... She called from John Larry last weekend. On Super Bowl weekend, but was that a rerun or what? what? Let's see, Super Bowl weekend? I can't remember when was it. <laughs> last no, I think you, we talked to you, I think, um, Don Larry and I talked to you on a Friday. Oh, I yeah. Think, yeah. I think that was last week or the week before. And week we, before, yeah. And then we got your, and we, everybody who got a Victor Screen Reader, we... Oh, yeah. Marilyn was, was the first one to tell us it's up and running, so... Yeah, yeah. I really want to thank you for that because I'm telling you, that really... When I heard uh, the station has failed or something, I thought, oh, no, I won't be able to listen to well, I'm prep room. With, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm glad that Kurt and you told me who to contact. And so I contacted them, and they were very happy. And they did not know that their database were, were used by the Victor screen reader, so they were very happy to help out. So uh, I, oh. yeah, so I think that's, I think, we made them smile, Mel, oh. you know, so that, that, that's good. And Patricia say, make people smile is a pretty nice thing to do, so. Well, actually, I think they were using 365 or something. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yep, they and were. And when that left, it was like, you know. So, so they switched over to the new one. Yeah. And voila, we're back. Now, is Kurt and, and I the only ones that have the Victor Reader? Oh, I, don't, oh. I bet there's some others, but you guys, for sure, I know you two are using it. I bet there's yeah. some others out there. I know a lot of people are using the Wi-Fi radio, so I went and took care of that, too. Yeah. Um. See, I don't have a Wi-Fi radio. Um, well, I have used to have XM, but, uh-huh. you know... Well, in a way, your Victor screen reader takes care of the Wi-Fi radio part, so you, yeah. you're able yeah. to do both read books and listen to internet radio. So you you got a good combination there. Yeah. You know? But uh, you guys were asking about the breakfast and stuff like yes. that. Well, my, uh-huh. my, bre- my breakfast this morning... Um, Patricia, I don't know if you've ever tried tofu or not, but uh, my breakfast was tofu and uh, morning star sausage and uh, uh, an English muffin, you know. I have never tried tofu, and I would like to, but I can't find it. I have to tell you, I did not spend a whole lot of energy in the supermarket. Which department would I find it in? Well, I'm not sure. Do you have a Walmart there? In um, I do, but I never shop there. Is it in the they, dairy section? They have, they have these little squares of tofu. They're like divided into squares, and it's uh, it has like this little sauce on it, uh, teriyaki sauce. You know. Are, are, mm-hmm. they, are they in the? Are, are you put them in the freezer or? Yeah. Well, they're they're uh, no, they're in the refrigerator section. Okay, so that might give Patricia a clue where to walk. Yeah. And uh, Walmart's the only have, only one that has the little squares that are kind of divided up. 
is like four squares to a package. Uh huh. And and you just I I just take two squares out and put it in the microwave for a minute and uh, let it let it microwave for a minute. You know, uh, it kind of has the flavor of eggs. If you know, uh, it kind of tastes like eggs to me. You know. I I've had whole food a long time ago, and I I would say it's very mild. It's a mild yeah, taste. Yeah, it's what a I, mild taste, but I like it. Yeah. you know. And uh, of course, the Morning Star sausage—that's um, a vegetarian. It's not meat, but it's a soy product. You right. know. Okay. I think Patricia wants the real thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I like sausage too, but I don't mess around, you know. <laughs> See, my daughter, she's a vegetarian, and that's she. She goes meatless all the time. Now I don't know how she does it, but I like I like the the tofu and and the Morning Star stuff every once in a while, you know. I I thought it was funny. This I think it was last week. I was going to the talk radio, and there was a vegan. Yeah. There was interviewing a vegan. He said, "I'm a vegan, all stuff for bacon." Yeah, <laughs> that is that is not. <laughs> yeah, I like. I, um, I, we we have to give up the the vegan on that one. <laughs> That's I, funny. I eat bacon like once a week, you know. Uh-huh. So we go to the Cuban Brow and we eat the bacon and stuff, bacon and eggs and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna tickle me. Yeah. And I, I love that one. I'm a vegan except for bacon. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but but now during the week, sometimes I like the vegetarian bacon too. It's an, it's kind of a, uh, you know, I'm not a complete vegetarian or anything, but no. some of the stuff is good. I like it. I think it really all comes down. How do they get the spices and the aroma into the vegetarian product that makes no, it? No, it just tastes like it's a smoke kind of product, you know. Right, and so if they do a good job at that, then yeah. th- then people are probably willing to, t- to t- take a chance with it, you know? Yeah. I don't like pretend food. Okay, okay. That's okay. make-believe food. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. <laughs> yes. Uh-oh, well, that's okay. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, you know how I like to set up little traps for Patricia? Oh, yes, you do. Okay. What are we trapping tonight? <clears throat> what do you call sweet and low? Oh. Well, sweet and low is it's, like processed, I guess. But um. It's saccharin. Sweet and low is saccharin, and yeah, eagle so, is aspartame. Okay, okay. It's saccharin, too. So I what's think. the real thing for two against saccharin? It gives the sensation. It, it tickles the sweet taste buds. Yeah, like if you if you're a diabetic or if you you know. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, you've got four different kinds of taste buds, and, and sweet yeah. is one of them, and it yeah. tickles the sweet, and it makes you think that you're eating sweet, but it, I don't think it's a chemical. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Does it sound good? Did I give a good? Answer? You did a good job. I'm proud of you. <laughs> oh, geez, it's gonna be a long uh, night. <laughs> when, when I when I crave something sweet, I use the Splenda a lot. You know. Yeah. 
Oh gosh, that that is so funny. But that like is funny. my husband okay. has bought me. Some you know, free. you know that you have to get asked what is your weather out there. This is oh. Marilyn from Texas. Oh, actually, it's fifty nine degrees right now. Holy cats! Not is bad. that good? Well, fifty nine is is okay, but we we've been we were down into the forties and thirties sometimes last week, and it was cold. It's, it was cold what, for us, what, you know. What is normal for you at this time of the year at night? Between 50 and 60, I think, you know. Okay, so you're pretty much on target tonight. Yep. Okay, okay. Is it what, you know, me with my electric blanket, 60 degrees? Is this, blanket blanket, is this electric blanket weather or not? Um, No, not really. Well, my husband, well, we have a blanket on our bed uh-huh. tonight because it does, it does seem kind of chilly. You know, but I mean, we we have our heater on and it comes on at a certain temperature. You know. Yeah. I got Patricia's heater on right now. <laughs> and what is your temperature right I now? I have no idea. I figure it's getting cold enough. Well, if you just wait one minute, I will tell you. Okay. And that will redeem me for not knowing the answer to your question. But boy, I sure bluffed my way you through, did didn't great. I? You did great. I mean. I, you know, I keep you on your toes. Well, everything I said was true, but I have no idea what the correct answer is. Okay. Um, it is 55 degrees in Costa Mesa right now. Oh, so you're like five degrees. See, yeah. Uh, it is 56 I, degrees in Fort my, Myers my right now. My answer is 78109, Patricia. 78109. So, 78109, okay. Yeah. Okay, so in other words, I should be breaking the ice tomorrow when I go to church tomorrow, right? Is that what you're telling me? Um, okay. Um, you're 58 degrees. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was close. Yeah. You were very close. Yeah. You were right on target. Good on you. So, so what about, um, about what about Valentine tomorrow? Are, are you expecting any? Well, actually, no. We're not. We 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 have to go to church tomorrow. Okay. For one thing, and then after church, uh, after church, we we uh, well, some there. We used to go out on Valentine's Day, but uh-huh. since it fell on fell on a Sunday this year, you know, it makes it kind of it, like it, 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 the cold calendar is upset. Yeah, yeah. Can you do breakfast? No, actually, we 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 have to pick up other people, so ah. we have to. Um, well, Monday's a holiday. Can you get celebrate Valentine's Valentine? Well, Monday is President's Day. I know. I can't. I can't. Me and my husband are going to be together on President's Day. You know. See, I was, I was just thinking that dinner. I don't remember the first time on Valentine's Day. And present day were back to back like this. I imagine it has been, but I just I don't recall it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Since they changed everything in federal holidays to Mondays instead of the actual dates we grew up with, mm-hmm. everything gets mixed up. I'm confused. Yeah, it does. Yep. Well, I mean, that's without even the date. Even my husband gets <laughs> days. Oh, oh, I gotcha! I gotcha! <laughs> Like Your turn. He goes to work. He goes to work every day, Monday through Friday. You know, and some, and you know, like if he doesn't go to work on Monday, then it messes his whole schedule up. You know. Well, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, but when he wants to go on vacation, yeah, then but, what? 
Well, he doesn't really go on vacation that much. We take he takes leave, and then we we usually just stick around the house or whatever. But uh-huh. and if I, I want to fly home, I I fly home and see my sisters and stuff. Right. How did Converse get their name? You know, you, you know, any idea how? You know what? I don't know. I don't know how they got their name, Converse Texas. I don't know. Guess who's got a homework assignment for next week? Melon, huh? No, no, Patricia. No. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I don't own Converse. I oh, don't do Converse. Maybe, you can look <laughs> maybe, do they make tennis shoes? Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah. I don't know. That wouldn't be too bad. Uh, homework, homework, homework. All right, you've got two minutes, and if I can't find it in two minutes, uh oh. <laughs> no, Walden, I don't have to dial your number anymore. All I have to do is say call Walden. It call it calls me, huh? Yeah, it calls you because I my husband helped me put your number uh, in. The- so you can call me at three in the morning, or two, or five in the morning, or yeah, whatever. <laughs> So if I ever if uh, well, I, if I ever week I tried to call you guys and I kept getting a busy signal or well it was like well I well, tried to I think, call around one thirty last one thirty last week one thirty in the morning yeah Texas time was we, uh, we I think Dan was on the phone at that time no no it was Paul Paul from uh, Paul from California got on because we were with Paul from uh one thirty Texas well, time until about two fifteen. Oh, cause, cause when I, I thought I heard somebody hang up, and I tried, waited till somebody hung up. Right. Well, I, I knew, tried, I, I knew, I, tried. I, I knew Patricia was going to look for uh, bear traps, and so I, I figured the time for her to have time to, you know, get her. Then questions you guys out. were doing the president's yep. quote and all that. Yep. So I, that's so I why. Figured, well, I'm not going to get through tonight. You know, after that. Well, you got through tonight. Well, so far I have found. Haunted places in Converse, Texas. Oh. And I have found the official website with the history of the fire department. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Texas State Historical Association. Hold on. Maybe this will help. Um, Now, the fire department, that's kind of near where we live, I think. Mm. Well, apparently it's got a really nice history. Let's see. Um, It was named for the chief engineer of the Southern Pacific Railroad. Oh, okay. That's, oh. See, now you really do have a rich history there. His name, they just knew him as Major Converse, who in 1877 bought a tract of land, including the town site. A post office was established in 1878, and by 1885, there were 30 people who were residents oh. there. So that's your history. It was named after Major Converse, who was the chief engineer of the Southern Pacific Railroad. Wow. Okay. <laughs> See? I, yeah. Now, wouldn't you have been proud of yourself if you had looked that up? Well, I, I don't not. know how to look things up like that. I mean, okay. I know how to do my computer, but I I guess okay. you have to push control or whatever it is while in, uh, Go to Google. Uh, hit uh, uh, control all control o dialogue or yeah control control o or control o and go to google dot com and yeah okay well then I'm glad I in, I'm glad then that I invested three minutes instead of the limit of two. <laughs> oh. 
Now, what did you say the name of that candy was? That, now, I was I was kind of listening, but I was. You got mm-hmm. it in. It was um, good and plenty. Good and Hershey chocolates makes good and plenty candy. It's now, what is what it's is plenty actually? Good. It's um, is it? You said it was kind of licorice flavor or something. Yeah, it's a it's a sugary candy coating, and on the inside is black licorice. Oh, wow. I've never heard of that before. I, oh, it's good stuff. You know, I didn't get a giggle out of Patricia when I, made a, a, when I did my, my routine here. I'm going to say it again. Good, yeah. and, good and plenty is plenty good. Well, that was their, that was is, their tagline. Is it, is it a round candy or? I'm sorry. Candy or? <laughs> it's it's um, oh, about, I would say, a half an inch long and round. It's, um, like, it's like a pencil. It, it, yeah, or or um, after you, it's the peanuts. After you you know, you open you crack open the peanut shells, they're oh, a little smaller yeah. than I would say they're smaller than peanuts. Oh, they're skinnier than peanuts, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. It depends on where the peanuts come from. It's, it's like a small version of a pencil cut up in pieces. Yeah, I, I was thinking there's a candy called Tamales. That's a cinnamon candy, or that's I was I was thinking it was kind of like that, but I guess not. Is that, is that like red hot, red hot? Um, yeah, cinnamon Molly's. Ooh, yep. Hmm. Now that's okay. another candy. Well, I have to go get candy now. <laughs> somebody, oh, I've got my Tootsie but, Rolls. Oh, yay! I don't know who makes that kind. You know, I don't think Hershey's would. You know. No, they don't like having people burn up when they eat those things, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, they're very gentle. They I really love chocolate. My husband bought me some sugar-free chocolate. <gasps> oh. oh, yum. Now, were you happy with it? Was it put, did it taste pretty good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Tastes very good. Well, okay, Marilyn, I'm glad you checked in and that everything is okay. And you have a happy Valentine's Day on Monday. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, Melon. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I I have to hurry up and, and, all right, give the phone number because I have a whole bunch of Valentine's stuff to do. Seven, one, four. Oh, hurry. Oh, please hurry. Five, four, five, two, zero, seven, one. Okay. Uh, are you ready? I'm waiting for the bell to ring. Yes, go ahead. You have to be there. <laughs> okay. Where in the United States, where is the location that grows the most roses each year? Hmm. I, I'm, I'm not saying no, that really. I, I, yeah, I'm trying to think where the, super, where, where, where the rose parade gets the roses. I'm thinking, I would say Arizona. It's California. You grow your own. California, according to what's on the Internet and everything on the Internet is true, Mm -hmm. it says California produces approximately 60% of the roses grown in the United States. That's amazing. I did not know that. Why? Why Why did we designate the rose as the flower of love? I mean, why why not the Daisy or or or? Well, then I have ten pages of Valentine, and I don't have that. <laughs> 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 oh, gee, where did 
until next week. There's got to be something lovey next week. Hello, <laughs> Carl. Oh, you're on here. Uh, greetings from the great frostbitten north. Oh, Gary, how are you? How frosty is Wisconsin tonight? Um, that's, I'm, I'm actually trying to get there. Uh, it is so cold that the computers in Wisconsin are frozen up. Exactly, it's five degrees. That's no, cold. it's eleven. Uh-huh. Eleven. Eleven. Minus eleven. You can start singing that song while having a heat wave. Oh my! That's with a subtraction sign in the middle. No, no, in front of it. Oh my gosh! That's one one. Minus. Okay. <laughs> That's terrible. I didn't realize it was that cold. Okay, serious question now. Hi, today was Seri- five degrees. I have a serious question for you, Gary. I have a serious When it is that cold outside, what do you wear for clothes on the inside? You don't. Like I wear two pairs of socks and, and jeans and, and shoes and sweaters. What do you wear? Here in the house? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The... The thermostat set at 69, and I'm in my shorts. There you go. Well, I'll be back later. <laughs> It'll take me a minute to, to absorb that one. I'm looking at the heat when it's 69 degrees. Yeah, uh, it, it, we have it. it it's at uh, 69 or 68. And, uh, here. and you're in your shorts. And I'm in my shorts. I my. Okay. What do you you normally, guys are rugged up there. Where do you normally keep your temperature at in, in the house? Right here. Right at, right at 69. Uh-huh. It does. So, How about you, Patricia? Where do you keep yours? Um, well, if I'm cold, I just turn it on. I don't look at the temperature. Oh. So 100, my, my body is my thermostat. 105 degrees would be okay. Well, not quite. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. As far as I can remember, we only got to, (laughs) only, we reached 105 degrees only one time since I've been here, and it was only for a couple of days. I mean, we were in the 90s, and it was an extra hot summer. It might have been one of the drought times, but um, I've only experienced that one time, and I didn't like it. It wasn't very fun, Uh. as my little niece would say. That wasn't very fun, and Pat. Um, Are they doing anything outdoors, or are they just asking people to stay inside? What are they? Are they giving people encouragement to stay in in, inside? Everybody's doing their normal thing. Which is what? What is normal? Snowmobilers are out snowmobiling. Walkers are out walking. Do they at least make hearts in the snow? I don't know. Because you're not out there. You're inside in your shorts. I can't believe this. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I talk to you about temperature, you just blow my mind. I heard tonight... um, Did you guys hear the bad news today? A couple of them. Which one are you thinking of? A couple, yeah. Chief Justice Cooley. Yeah, we saw that. Yes. Yes. And I guess he was on a hunting trip in Texas. 
He went, yeah. Um, I, I didn't know it was a hunting trip, but I knew it was a resort or a lodge yeah, in yeah. Texas. The nice thing, place. I, I think the nice thing about it, he, he died in his sleep. And, that's, you know, if you're going to pass away, that's a nice way to go. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it was natural causes. You know. And yeah, that was really sad. Anytime something like that happens to one, and, and I don't care which side it is, but anytime we have a significant, um, somebody who makes a significant difference in the lives of others and we lose that person, it's really sad. So there, I am sad. They've already, they're, uh, I guess Congress is trying to, or is being, they're, they're trying to, to do it to, um, not let Obama pick the next one, but the new president be the one to pick the new. Well, the president, yes, the president is the one who always nominates the Supreme Court, but we're just going to let that one lie until it becomes a reality, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. I was hearing something today. I guess they're getting ready for the New York Marathon. Ooh, I didn't know it was this early in the year. Or the training, I guess, for it. And, and they're wearing shorts, aren't they? Well, yeah, but they said there's a, there's a way how they can stay warm by uh-huh. practicing, and that's by using Vaseline on their face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you put a thin layer of Vaseline on your face, and you don't get the wind burn. Um, and then the clothes that they have today uh, is nothing like it, what it was, you know, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um you know, 20 years ago, you'd you'd have to put on multiple layers and be, you know, almost uh, a half an inch thick of clothing that you have on there now. But now, I mean, the the new wick, uh, um, it, it wicks the, the uh, sweat off of you and it keeps you cool, warm yeah. and, and all this stuff. I mean, it's scientific stuff. It's, it's just crazy. And it's, you know, micro mesh on your body, and you're practically out there with nothing on. So is that what people are doing in Wisconsin? They, do they use some Vaseline that they're going to walk outside? Be out there a long time, probably. Uh-huh. I never do. I mean... Well, if, if I'm understanding you correctly, that simply protects the skin from the cold as opposed to keeping the skin warm. Did I hear that correctly? Right. It's, it's just protecting your skin. It just really doesn't okay. keep them warm. I mean... I mean, that's that's what your body temperature is there for. Yeah. Warm, but you're just trying to protect your skin. Well, I'm I'm forgiving the New Yorkers for this because marathoners come in from all over the place. What are they doing out there at this time of the year? They just came off a blizzard. It's oh my goodness. Well, look at the ones that they're they're coming from Africa. Yeah. And this is their summertime. <laughs> They're coming up here. Ay, ay, ay. Today they had the, the tryout for the uh, Summer Olympic Games in L.A. They had 300 um, Olympic trying out, and then tomorrow they're having the L.A. Marathon. And, wow. And now, when you say try out for the Olympics, are they are they doing particular Areas of the, I say areas, um, sports, individual sports, or were they doing all of them at the same time? No, today was today in LA was just the Olympic marathon. So the top three finishers. Oh, okay. Went, were going to go in August. 
Okay, I misunderstood. Okay. Yeah. So do they have tryouts for, um, well? Other sports, yeah, they do. They do. They do. And they, can, and, and they have to make the cut? They have to make the cut in order to go. Like in golf? No kidding. Yeah. I did not know that. I thought the Russians sent a team, the Americans sent a team. The, I didn't realize that. Well, I think the only one you didn't think of, remember, what was it? Oh, Gary, maybe you can help me. There was like 16, 20 years ago. Remember, there was this Winter Games, and they had the bobsled team from the tropics. Jamaica. Jamaica. <laughs> yes, and they're there again. They made a, they made a movie about it called Cool Running. <laughs> and because um, it was a, they're, they're, they came from an area that's never, ever seen snow. Right. Mm-mm. No. Uh, and I guess they practiced on equipment with wheels. So it would give them the, the sense of, you know, how they how they had to lean to steer and take the loops and the curves but that was that and they've they've competed quite a few times. I, I was also you know, so it depends on the country. So I imagine they didn't have too much competition. They, you know, I don't think so. Um, it's I don't, but, but when they got to the Olympics, they didn't have to make a cut. No. They were sent by their team as the best that that country or area yeah. had. Okay, the, I got it. They're the only four guys. Educate them, yeah. <laughs> right. But sure, like, remember about 20 years ago, we had, England had Eddie the Eagle. Remember the ski jumper? And remember, he was only going half the distance than everybody else. But, you know, England... Didn't have that many ski jumpers. <laughs> ski jumpers. <laughs> Bless his heart. That is just so cool when I see something like that. <laughs> he he knew that he couldn't outdistance no. any of the the records that were set. He right. couldn't do that. But by golly, he was going to be there and do his best. Right. That so. is wonderful. I love those kinds of stories. Thank you, Walden. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get. We're gonna. We, Bill Bragg. Crack open. We'll crack open the pity bank. We're sending Patricia as our Olympic correspondent to the different events. Oh, the correspondent. This is good. No competition. No, no. Bless you. You're gonna be the okay. correspondent. You can do. Thank the, you. You can do the yeah. human. The human interest stories. The human interest stories. Yeah, Boy, we'll, wouldn't that be great? We'll send you to. We'll send you to. Well, I don't know if you want to do. How many languages do I have to learn? Well, oh dear. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to send a contingency of different family members that can speak different languages. All right. Well. Okay, let Gary. Me what, have... Now, Gary, what language do you speak? You speak Louisianian, right? So you can, yeah. You can yeah. take care of the southern accent for us. For so do you do you speak Cajun? No, no. No. Okay. <laughs> I have enough problems with English. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I said. A couple of times I speak a dozen languages, and they're all English. Bronx. Every region of the country has a different especially, dialect. Especially yeah. New York, you know, Bronx, Brooklyn. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Okay, hey. all right, give me, give me your Brooklyn. Come on, do a Brooklyn. Well, I, I don't do well differentiating. Uh, you the know, Bronx, the, yeah, the Bronx has kind of a... Um, your top teeth have to hit your bottom lip when you hit when you say "br Bronx." See, I was listening here two Brooklynites today. I was going to do a family theater <laughs> on yesterday, 
and they have William Bendick and Walter Tetley on a family theater today. What a combination. Yeah, that must have been great fun. It was a fun show. Oh, um, the the awful show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, what oh, dear. I don't like about that particular show is that cackling whatever that thing is and mm-hmm. at the end the shows themselves are very good but it should okay, it's so at the, the beginning and the closing it's just that it's that cackling okay. what, what about that particular show that is there anything fun. redeeming about it everything I guess well, I really I liked it I mean Okay, one black spot. Oh, Walton. Well, I know you, this is going to probably be a bigger onslaught than Stan Freeberg was, you know? You think? Well, I've oh, heard, no. I've heard, I heard from family members last night. Oh, boy. Now, all right, now hold on. I'm going to find out who nominated it. <laughs> I think it was Larry. <laughs> okay. All right, so I failed, right? No, you're, um, you're, 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 you're stirring, you, you are stirring the drink, my dear. You're, you're the uh, straw that stirs the drink, as yeah, right. I used to say about mm-hmm. Ricky Jackson. Right. Okay, let's see. Hermit. Where is the hermit? I'm going to find the hermit. Um, Don't go away. So, so oh. Gary, where, where you are in Wisconsin, what's the best kind of cheese? Is there a good flavor cheese that is known for your area, like Swiss, the blue cheese, or... Uh, well, there is a there's a little town. It's about uh, uh, about sixty miles west of here, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a little town called Kobe. Okay, and that's where Kobe cheese comes from. Oh my goodness! Yes. And what is that? Uh, is that like a cheddar or a sharp or what? 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 What's Kobe cheese? It's. It's a it's a different flavor of the okay, but it's uh but it's 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 Colby cheese, and cause that that's where Colby comes from. Huh. It's like with you know um, with uh, um, sparkling uh, um, grape juice uh, uh, wine, sparkling wine. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. It can only be called champagne when it comes from champagne. France. Right. Anywhere else, it has to be sparkling wine, mm-hmm. even though it, people still call it champagne. So is Kobe cheese good to eat with cheese and crackers, or is it sure. is it good for sandwiches? What What's the best way to eat Kobe Just cheese? Block up and start chewing, you know. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> now, y- you've... Um, you can do all just about anything you want with with uh, with Colby, just like you do with uh, regular cheddar. Okay. Or like with Swiss, or you know, um, I mean, you probably could go and do a fondue with it if you wanted to. Okay. How about how about a grilled? How about let's make a good grilled cheese sandwich. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. This is an all-purpose. I have never tasted Colby cheese. I've never heard of it before. Yeah, it's pretty popular. Um, I'm, I'm just not adventurous, I guess. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
aren't you the one in the family that eat an alligator? No, I didn't eat the alligator. I tasted it. <laughs> oh, you give me such good credit. <laughs> no, I tasted alligator meat. That's true. I know. Snake, uh, gosh. I've never eaten snake. That one would be harder than the alligator. Well, well, with snake, it's, I mean, it's all ribs. I mean, there's nothing else. They have no other bones, and all their bones is, you know, really fine. So, um, I think there's a famous restaurant in Washington D.C. That's what they serve. You know, those strange types of meat. You know, snakes and different things like that. There's there's two three different restaurants I've heard that that they do all the exotic meat. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can you can get. Um, emu, lion, um, uh, jackalope, I don't know, whatever, you, you know, if you wanted to eat uh, uh, giraffe, I guess you could get some of that, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I personally wouldn't. <laughs> Good man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll go for the ones that, that would attack me. Mm-hmm. I'll eat them. Sure. <sighs> Poor little critters. Well, everybody's off the hook because I cannot find the nomination for the Hermit's Cave. It must have been in conversation with someone like Larry, except he's off the hook because he's not on my list. Oh, Larry, please help me. He's not calling. <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, well. Well, Gary, I'm so glad you checked in with us and let us know how nice and warm it is up there. Yes, it's very comfortable. Mine's mm-hmm. <laughs> now, again, what's the good time of the year to visit you? August 1, right? For two days? Is that... um, yeah. August about, 1. Uh, about August 1st through about the 15th. It'll probably just get oh. warm enough for you guys to come up. Believe. Uh, now, now, wait a minute. Warm enough to Gary in Wisconsin is quite a different animal from warm enough for Patricia and Walden. Well, what is warm enough? I grew, I grew up in California. I know. Desert. And I was used to, you know, 110 in the shade, which was no problem for me. And then when I'm up here, you know, I after, after a year of getting acclimated up here, you know, Forty below—that's nothing, you know. Which is why I'm asking, what is comfortable for you guys? Would you translate that, please? For us, comfortable. No, 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 no. No, you said, talking to Walden and to me, you said it will be comfortable for you guys from August 1st to August 15th, and I want the definition of comfortable. It'll be 80 degrees. All right. Perfect. You got us. It, it'll be it'll be it'll be in the 80s. And yeah, it'll be in the 80s. Uh, okay. 80s to okay. the high 80s. We'll put you on the August potential list. Unless, unless. Wave. All right. Now, and, now we get the qualifiers. Yeah. Unless what? Well, it can. It has gotten up to into the hundreds here. No problem. I can deal with that. Yeah, but it's me. I'm 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 the seventy two year seventy two degree kid though. 
Oh, you no. you don't like the hot weather. Well, I can manage it. I just I need to find we'll a little put, shade. We'll put you up in the highlands, and you can roll in the snow. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, uh, Patricia, do you have your tickets yet for the new Titanic? No. Yes, the Titanic am- is start to is going to be sailing. Uh, they were going to uh, launch it this You're year. Kidding. But, uh, something's happened, but it's going to be done in eighteen. Something has happened. It's is not oh, something I want to hear next to the word. Wrong with the ship. There's nothing wrong with the ship. It is identical to the original Titanic. Um. Okay, so that's a great question. How much are tickets? Uh, they haven't come out yet. The prices haven't come out. So yet. Is, is it like the Super Bowl? Patricia going to have to put five thousand dollars down in order to have the right to buy. A, 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 is he going to go to England to America, or do we yeah, know? Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll do the same trip. Ye gods. <laughs> You're kidding. Uh, and I can guarantee, I, I bet you anything. You're not kidding, are you? No. They'll have a couple of uh, escort ships, <laughs> just to make sure. And a lot of lifeboats. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, it's it's... It's uh, exactly like the original Titanic, except for the, the few of the safety measures. There's, um, you know, there's uh, the lifeboats are all up to date, and there's, you know, there's. Like, oh, I'm wondering who's building that. Like um, that. Is it is it some well, billionaire businessman who came up with the idea? I will tell you in just yeah. a moment. Um, is that possible? Let me see. The European uh, billionaire. Okay. Um, it is a Clive Palmer project for the 2010 disaster film. Titanic 2 is a proposed ocean liner to be built as a modern-day replica the new ship will have a gross tonnage. Who cares? Blue Star Party. Let's see. Blue Star Line. A flagship of a proposed cruise company called the Blue Star Line. Can you imagine? No. I, I cannot imagine having <laughs> oh, the first ship that goes out for your brand new cruise line is a Titanic. Um. Oh, well, it's in Brisbane, Australia, the company is. Uh, good grief. Um, tickets, tickets, let's see. Oh, Can you here is Clive, Clive Palmer. I won't describe him for you. There's okay. a picture of him here. Oh, tickets. I would, I would hope. Tickets, Titanic to ticket demand. Um, Back in 2012, it, it's going to be a major hop to this site, hop to that site in order to get there. Okay. But Clive does not look like the person I want as my captain. <laughs> and always just kind of sitting there grinning with a kind of a really chubby face and an open sport. When I say sport shirt, I mean like one of the stripes and squares with short sleeves type thing, the, the kind that you wear to a baseball game. I don't want him as my captain. That is not a public relations picture. It's a snapshot. <laughs> I, think I, 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 I know that it, it, they said that the first uh, the first voyage um, 
everybody that's going to be on it will be given um, life insurance. Period, period dress, period clothing. Wow. Oh, 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 okay. So, um, no, I'll pass. So I can't go in my T-shirt and Bermuda shorts <laughs> after dress in one of those. Well, it depends on what they wore and what was what was the year, 1912. 12, okay. It depends on what they wore in 1912. It was probably not shorts and a T-shirt, though. <laughs> I, I do agree with well, that. The little kids. My gosh. Kids. I, I can't believe somebody's doing this. I mean, I'm not a superstitious person. I truly am not a superstitious person. But it seems to me... Not classy. It has... Exactly. It, it's a, a disrespectful... Well, I can't say... I mean, I don't own a ship. I don't care. You know, <laughs> somebody else can, can what, worry what, about, what, about what, this. What, but I, I, it seems disrespectful to me, to the people who, who went down with the Titanic... I don't know. Maybe they'll, maybe they're going to honor them. I guess, Patricia. I guess that'd be the way to look at it. it I would hope so. Well, yeah. if they t- if they go the same route, and when they pass over the area where the Titanic sunk, yeah, yeah, you know, and I could see them throwing, you know, roses, roses or flowers right. over the side, or you know, something like that. Um, and then what? You know, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh. But uh, I mean, this, this is as bad as no, it isn't. It isn't as bad. <laughs> Stan Freeberg and Betsy Ross were worse than this. Well, is there anybody out there? There you are. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I I'm I'm going to have to think about this for a while. It's kind of unnerving to. To think that, especially that it's going to take the same navigational route that the original Titanic took. Ooh, I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Okay, Gary, I've got a black spot for the Hermit's Cave. Um, it's next to your name. <sighs> okay. I accept. Is well, yeah. Well, I I I like the the sh- the, the story. I don't like the show. That's that's actually what I what I'm at. The store. Oh, I got it. Okay. Now this this was the stupid one where the the couple the the guy and his valet showed up at the door in a rainstorm and the old lady wouldn't let them in and suddenly they were they just helped themselves and they were crawling along walls. Is that yeah, the one? Just took over the house. Just took over the house. Had no idea where they were going. I mean, they heard people scream. They had a ghost in the house. They had an awful smell. They were locked in a room, and they decided to investigate. It was about as realistic a horror or scary show. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So please tell me you didn't like that particular show. Well, I'm weird. (laughs) Well, okay. I like shows like that. I mean, but like I said, the... When it gets to the stories themselves, mm-hmm. you know, even if they're if it's really bad acting, you know, it gives me something to laugh at or something like that. It's just that cackling at the beginning and at the end. That I just can't stand that part. The old hermit. Just, okay, I'll I'll give myself a seventy-five percent black spot then. Okay. <laughs> 
I'm even beyond scale gray. <laughs> it's 75% black. I will do that. Well, Gary, thank you very much for calling and making me shiver. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind. I have fun doing things like this. You're happy to help. Yes. <laughs> thank you. You have a good and safe week, Gary. Thanks for calling. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Minus 11 degrees. And I got my heater on at, eight, what, 55 or whatever. 714-545-2071. Seven, seven, it's our number. Patricia and I are holding down the fort here on Yesterday USA. We do that almost every Saturday when I'm off, off goofing around somewhere. We yeah. do it. Yeah. I, I have I have to give you Valentine's Day stuff because I spend so much time looking for this. Here is one that will surprise the men of the world. Fifteen percent of the United States women will buy themselves flowers for Valentine's Day. Now Barbara and I tried to figure this one out. I think it is most likely not sent to their homes, but maybe to the office with a card that says guess who, something like that to stimulate interest that maybe there's a secret boyfriend out there. What do you think? Well, I'm wondering how often people even have flowers sent to the office. I mean, to me, most flowers are sent home. Mm Mm-hmm. But if, if a woman is sending flowers to herself, the greatest value would be to have other people know that she got flowers for Valentine's Day. So that's why I thought maybe sent to the office. I would I would be I would say to me most females would buy their own chocolate. If they didn't have somebody to buy them chocolate, I would be fifty percent females would buy their own mm-hmm. chocolate for Valentine's Day. Oh sure, I I I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but flowers for Valentine I don't know. Anyway, seven one four five four five two zero seven one is our number. Let me find some other stuff. Um, mm, all right. Valentine for candy. Valentine's Day for candy. Where does it fall in the framework of Easter, Halloween, Christmas, or Valentine's Day? Which one? Yeah, which one sells the most candy? Which holiday? I, I would say Halloween is first. Valentine is second. Um, I would say Easter is third and Christmas is fourth. Where is Valentine's Day? Second. Oh, that's that's second. Well, you're all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Valentine's Day is number two. Christmas is number one. Well, I was right about Valentine's Day being number two. Well, that's true. That's I I apologize. Oh, I do apologize. Yes, it is number two, and they think they, they, the big they in the sky, and I read this in a couple of places, so it must be true, (laughs) because Christmas is technically an extended holiday. People will buy candy for when they go visiting three days after Christmas, that kind of stuff. So in my mind, though, I wouldn't count homemade bakery items like... uh, Homemade cookies, homemade mm-hmm. cinnamon rolls. No, I, and I agree. I don't think that's what they're talking about. I'm, I'm confident they're talking about how many millions of dollars people spend sure. on 
on candy in and and it's a spending thing it's a national association that keeps track of this stuff so yes i i agree with you the the goodies that we make on our own do not get counted in hello there you're on there you know i gave everybody else a chance oh hey bob two two Uh i I think twice a week and that's good and since they didn't call i said well i I can't (gasps) You are so cool. This is Bob in Wisconsin. We've got Wisconsin number two. Now, are you a minus 11 degrees? No. Where have any? Where is you? It's four, four above. Well, that's what I see. <laughs> Just hang tight now. It's a huge difference, isn't it? <laughs> Just talk together for a minute, and I'll be right back. Okay, you're going to double check me. <laughs> Going to go he check. Can, he okay. can, he's going to go outside and look at the look at the temperature at you know eleven o'clock at night or whatever it is. At midnight, probably. Probably. Okay. What percentage of men give flowers to their valentines? Eighty-five percent. You're not too bad off. It was sixty-one percent. You ready? Yes. Yeah. It's almost thirty-two degrees below zero. <laughs> Freezing. You're you're kidding me, right? Thirty-two, yeah, about thirty-two degrees below freezing. Below freeze, so it's zero. Well, it's zero. (laughs) That's what I I just said. It's zero. Hey, I are good. I can count. So, what's the wing show factor? Well, I don't count that. That that's a new thing, isn't it? That's a new. They've had that. Yeah, we'll tell you how how cold it feels. All right, remind me. Um, if you if you are comfortable doing it over the air, give me your zip code. Otherwise, I will look it up. What? Your zip code. Patricia wants to look up her... My zip code? Yeah. Five yeah. Three, five, three, five, oh, eight. Five, three, five, oh, eight. All right. Is it all three? No, say again, Bob. I missed Yeah, I've, I've got it. Okay. It's, it's correct. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> this is terrible. I'm having a panic attack just looking at this number. Um, officially, according to uh, the national, whatever they are, it's two degrees, and the dew point is minus seven, and wind, wind chill is two degrees. So I guess you're not having <laughs> – how can you tell the difference? What's a dew point? That's when the, the, air. the air gets cold enough to start shedding – the moisture that it has absorbed. The warmer the air, the more the moisture it can carry. So when the temperature drops, we'll frequently get snow or rain. Sometimes we don't have enough humidity in the air. Are you getting any snow? No, we don't hardly have any snow on the ground. In fact, if it gets any worse, I'm going to have to mow the grass. So basically, you have frozen grass, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, the grass freezes. <laughs> but the, now the backyard doesn't get as much sun, so then that's covered with snow. But, but, the, but the front yard. When was the last time it snowed? Uh, a pot, what? When's the last time it snowed? When the last time? Yeah. Yes. Of any amount? Yes. I don't care. Just snowflakes. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Gee whiz. <laughs> One day last week, I guess it's. 
My guess would be 1950. How about 1870? Holy cats. Isn't that incredible? When? So when they, when they guess. Robert R. Harris developed what was called a motorized snow-clearing machine. Then in 1929, Arthur Sickard presented his first prototype, his first prototype, a design he based on a concept that he first thought up 31 years earlier. And it was called the Sickard Snow Remover Snow Blower. That's very hard to fit on the side of a piece of machinery. But that's the guy who first came up with it and built a prototype was in 1870. Wow. So have anybody ever hooked up so many snowboards in front of a car? That way, you're, while you're driving, you didn't want to, you know, you could just blow the snow away? Yeah, they... Walton, you've never been in that kind of snow, have you? No, no, I'm just... No. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> oh, scare me. They don't go um, very fast. I know. You can read. <laughs> uh, but I know you can. I've got to get Please. back off onto when calling in to, to Bill a long time ago. And he was from, I think he was from California, and he used to call in to Bill pretty regular. Kind of give him a hard time. The California guy? I think, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're going back, you know, before you guys started. Oh, that's true. Well, his name is Art Murphy, and he was... Yep. That's him, Art. He, he went to one and invented the rating system. So every week when you came, when uh, when you when uh, the movies, the one they, they came, how much money they made. Ah, okay. And, and he was the one who created that in 1964. Uh -huh. For he was working in the Navy, and he always was interested in hot. And so he got looking at the paper, and then he while he was in the Navy started to submit those ideas or create that for variety and then when he retired that became his full occupation was to create the uh, how much movies made each so how did he make money from it uh, variety hired him so he was a full-time uh business. okay so they stuck with him okay yep, yep. but he's not around no, so no. why did bill give him a hard time he would give bill a hard time because of uh uh Let's see. What's a polite way? Cow, blank, blank music. You know? <laughs> the kind that I know about. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's cow flop music. Yeah, he would call me. Cow flop kicking music. That's right. Yeah. yeah he would call me. <laughs> he, 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 he and I just love to talk to each other. He would call me one time, and and he would just, you know, pick up the phone. He said, Walden? Yes. I can remember Bill, how Bill used to promote. We were in all these nursing homes, you know, a thousand nursing homes mm -hmm. or something, oh, yep. hospital. Walden, I can imagine these little old ladies, no old men, <laughs> in the hospital bed, trying to reach to turn the down. They can't quite get because they're hearing Bill Cal blank blank music and Mike Beatles music, you know. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Now, see, I didn't realize that back that far, they played music like they're doing today. They always have. They've always wanted I to be. I did not know that. They always wanted to be a dick jockey show. Um, didn't know that. Yeah. They, they, they got heavy into interviews 
because when I came aboard around 2000, 2000 and 2001, they had a major shakeup in 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 an internet world, sort of like what we had here on Yesterday USA. In mm-hmm. December, there was a major upheaval in the internet broadcasting world, and Bill lost a lot of listeners, and he lost um, and he lost some volunteers. And so, so to help generate, you know, Bill, I, I started to book interviews uh, for Bill and Mike, and then Bill had, a, had was working, and Mike was at all. So Kim and I used to host the thing uh, four nights a week. Yep, yep, I remember that. And she and I oh, did it. She and I, she and I almost did it for six months. Um, and so it, it almost, you know, with Kim and I, and then with the inter- it was a talk show until. Bill and Mike wanted it back, and they've always they've they've always liked to have it as a dick jockey show. That's just their been their thing. Ever I didn't before? know that. Yeah, I didn't know that, and I didn't know you and Kim were on together. Yep. Well, Bill Bill would go, and and he had a day job, I think, didn't he? He had he was doing. He didn't quit his day job. No, he was, he was doing free, freelance work for uh, the upload the company that did the upload to us to the nursing home from satellite and to the. C-band satellite. He would be the engineer on call. But didn't he work for some? Uh, uh, he worked like for department. Yes, he worked for a department selling shoes. Yeah. When he lost his job, then he went and sold shoes. Dillard's, Dillard's department store. And Mike was busy in some of these trials that would take three months at a shot. And so Kim and I just held down the fort. Um, and then eventually, like, I, maybe Bob can explain, or maybe a listener that knew before me, there used to be only one live show a week, and that was on Monday nights, and Bill would read the schedule, and read the mail, and then I think he was able to get a phone, phone line in, start taking phone calls, then I think his work schedule forced them to move the li- the one-the-week live show to Sunday. And the Sunday night live show was from 6.30 Dallas time till 9.30 or so, about a three-hour live show. And that was all was on the station. Well, when I first started listening, I used to get it off of, I had a big dish. Mm-hmm. And I used to get it off of, uh, I think it was, uh, there might have been like a sideband like the C- like the nostalgic channel or, or one of those sh- home shopping networks or what? well yeah but it was I I think it was, I, I don't know if it was WGN or what but it was yeah WGN had it for years it was like a side like a side van right we're, we're correct and that's when I first started listening and then I don't I I don't know how I stumbled onto that but. Uh, and then, but then when I got it on the computer, and I've been listening on there ever since. Uh, I knew about it from almost when Bill started in 1983, but I could never get it. I even tried to get my tried to talk my cable TV to pick it up. They didn't have the right C-band sa- satellite hookup or whatever, so I never really got a chance to it until I had good enough computers until about 96. But still, I was still having my computers were not good enough to really get a good audio feed until 1999. The, the first programs that I got, and I was living in California at the time, uh-huh. and I always, 
you know, I guess I just figured that they were around someplace. I didn't know that they did them on disc and then they push them out the doors. They needed room. But uh, Dodge had a, 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 a they had a, you could get down to the dealer and buy a record of two programs from the Lone Ranger. You know. Oh wow. See? Yeah. And they were promoting the White Charger. Mm-hmm. And they were the first two that I had. Then when I moved back to Wisconsin, I was working at, uh, you know, fixing a phone at uh, uh, the WHA, the uh, TV and radio station, and I asked them about that, and they introduced me to a fellow that works there, and he had programs. Oh. So then we would trade programs. Right. And that's how I, I traded programs for, for years with people. Uh, Bob, didn't you reconnect with him one night through? Yeah, one of them did, yeah. That was yeah. Uh, Dennis uh, begins with an R. Dennis from That's Arizona. right, Dennis, um, Ron in Hawaii's friend. Yep. Arizona. And he, at the time, well, he lived in the, uh, oh, boy, I kind of forget where it was at, but it was in the Midwest someplace. Could have been in, could have been in Oklahoma or Nebraska or someplace, but around in there, and then lost track of him. But I had, I don't know, I probably had, uh, I've still got the list of all the people that I used to trade with. I probably had four or 500 people that I traded. Holy cats. And so, when, so when do you think you started? you think you started in the 60s, or when do you think you started? When did I start? Uh-huh. You know, collecting uh, radio shows. I used to tape those off of the... Off of the off of the C band, right. And then when I started trading, I moved back here, and uh, I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. <laughs> but, uh, it would have been it would have been uh, early sixties. Uh-huh. Nobody was doing it then. Was, no. Uh, I guess to think about it, everybody, like nineteen in the mid sixties and and the. I'm, and I'm not counting Frank Bozzi collection, the, the major one, but in, in the general hobby, there may be just with 200 shows. Oh, that were available? Yeah, when I first started, you know, maybe 200 or so. That's what I was told. <coughs> you know, that collector's bound and was trading. And then it grew and grew and grew, and now we're estimated to 250,000 shows. And I did it all on reel-to-reel. Wow. And you had to do it, uh, you know, real time because that, there wasn't any. When you copied them, you had to do it in real time. But when you trade, then then you'd uh, you'd uh, run them at uh, uh, you know at the faster speed. You taped everything at. How much was tape? Was tape expensive? Well, I suppose at the time it was. But it was a. I think it was about a. I don't know, a buck a reel or something like that. I bought uh-huh. it from Radio Shack and I'd buy them. Uh, you know, like a case of it. Okay. And it was that white box tape. It wasn't uh, wasn't really expensive. wasn't really expensive uh, tape. I've still got all that stuff. Then I then I went down on the to uh, 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 seven inch reels or uh, five inch reels. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think I could get six hours on a. Well, they, you know, they track quarter track, so you get uh, 90, 90 minutes each way. 
Yeah, you get uh, you get you know four tracks on there, but right. got how to do that. But I mean, they're all downstairs in the basement. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Give them to the kids, I suppose. Might as well. When I track out, they won't know what to do. Well, Zach will. There you go. The one that's out there in Utah. Right. And uh, he he takes an interest in them, but uh, the other ones they don't. They don't. If they can't see it, they don't. They don't know what to do with it. Did you ever have a reel-to-reel machine, Patricia? I did not. Oh. Never did reel-to-reel. No. How how would I do that? Why would I do that? I didn't even discover old-time radio until I found Yesterday USA. You did it because that's all that was available. <laughs> oh. No. You wouldn't do it with cassettes because they were, you could only get, uh, you know, an hour on them or yeah. hours. Nope. No reel-to-reel. No reel-to-reel. Nope. Oh, that was. Am I fired? No, I'm just, I'm just making sure you were so silent. I just wanted to make sure people knew Patricia was here. Now, an- another question. He's here. Somebody that disappeared. Yeah. And he he had his little studio by the railroad track. Yes, Chris from Wisconsin. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he is. Uh, what happened? Where did he go? He became very actively involved in... Um, work. He he built. He had. He was worked for the government in Wisconsin for the state of Wisconsin. And then he. This is a sharp blind guy. He was a blind guy who built computers for people. He was blind, was he? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. And he built. Oh. And he built computers for people from scratch. And he was a first class dubber. So. Cliff Capiger, that might be a name that people might remember hearing, passed away in 2003. He was a big supporter of Bill Bragg, and his, one of his, his dad played in Robin Amner's band when they was a local show in Arkansas. He was one of the very first collectors who had high-quality material, and uh, he want, when he passed away, he gave Chris all his master reels. And Chris been dubbing those, and then Chris been sending those to me. Because um, a lot of it's rare stuff, and a lot of it is high-end sound quality stuff. So um, so I, I occasionally, a couple times a year, I'll get these big boxes from Chris. But uh, he, he, he did one of the programs. Yeah, he did, he, he did a, a 90-minute show. Is he still around? Yes. Okay. He, he's still around. He's... Because he works his work schedule, building computers, and dubbing. He just pretty much... And then uh, he has sort of a low-power radio station he does in the, on the weekends for s- somewhere in Wisconsin. When does home. he sleep? I don't know. You're right. <laughs> you're Holy right. God. Well, but no. He... he so that's... But he's still around. But he just, he's not on yesterday. He's just day. not hours anymore. Right. Is he still in the same town? I believe so. I think it's Evansville. Evansville. Yes. Yeah, that's probably only. Uh, oh, that's probably only maybe about twenty-five miles from me. I was closer than that before I moved where I'm at now. Mm. Wisconsin has been one of our biggest. If you look at the, we used to get like a broadcast grid map 
and Wisconsin used to be in a, always in the top four most listened to states for yesterday USA. Wisconsin, Michigan, California, New York seem to be the ones that, that get the most listenerships. That's because we don't have anything else to do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, no, I, I, I meant that, that that's good because I told you that, that, you know, the TV is just absolutely terrible. Well. All dish, I don't know how many channels I can get, and I only watch about three of them, and there isn't anything on there that's worth a hoot. So what channels are you watching right now? Oh, now? Yep. Well, I'd watch, I'd watch uh, Fox News. Right. Probably more than anything, and then the Westerns Channel. Okay. And uh, TCM. Okay. And then I'll search through because I get, uh, I get. Uh, oh. I I am totally convinced. Once we go to all cart channels, so many people will be happy to get rid of the other ninety-nine channels that they don't want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would too. Mm. And we wouldn't be paying cable prices for shop at home services, selling me things on four different channels when I only pay for eight. Right. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And I think a lot of us would be willing to pay four ninety five, five ninety five for our favorite channel. That way, if we have two or three channels. Well, that would be a lot better than what I'm doing now. I know it. Because I don't know what that, uh, in order to get the Western Channel, because I like that, the other ones, a lot of them are, are you know, in the, in the bundle. The yeah, bundle deal, yeah. But to get the Western Channel, then I have to take uh, uh, another package. The Food Network or whatever, the well, yeah, other whatever. channels, yeah. But, uh, and, and I just don't watch that stuff. So I'll just... And I certainly wouldn't pay extra for it. I'll, I'll watch a movie at seven o'clock, and then uh, you now she likes to. When I say she, that's my wife. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we figured that out all by ourselves. But she'll she'll turn the Western's channel on about uh, noon, and then watch whatever's on there, and then we watch. Uh, and she'll switch back to to Fox, uh-huh. and then if there's anything worthwhile on TCM or the Western's channel. And then that uh, when that's done, then I, I come in here and turn the turn the computer on and listen to it. What makes you sit up and pay attention on the Western channel? Pardon? What programs? Which shows uh, or programs make you sit up and pay attention? Well, I like, I like from noon until, or they, they might have a movie on up until noon, but then... Um, Wyatt Earp comes on, and Bat Masterson, and Maverick, and uh, Cheyenne. The well, Wagon Train now is on, and I like those old series programs. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then whatever Western will come on, but they run them over and over again too. But do they Western Channel show old cowboy movies like John Wayne, things like oh, that? Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, uh, they'll, they'll, uh, yeah, they'll do that. And Gene Autry, mm-hmm. they were playing them the other day. And uh, yeah, no, they, 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 they show the old movies. But Martin Graham was telling me uh, that the Western fans are probably some of the most loyal ones at conventions. They will come 
you know, anytime like a Western film festival or something, there's, there's definitely a diehard fan base for for the. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. But but I like westerns, and I like uh, I like war stories, war movies, mm-hmm. and uh, then older movies. I I, I don't. Uh, I don't watch the new stuff that's out. Anything black like Vincent and white. Price? Uh, b- pardon? Like Vincent Price? And Sherlock Holmes? The old oh, movies? Oh, yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. A- some a- of those I'll tape. Anything black and white. Anything black and white, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I hear, but I don't understand all these. I, I, I don't... Uh, and the new movies, they'll play background music, and then they... They kind of mumble when they talk, you know, and I know. so fast. And, and I'll tell you, some of the television shows that have been produced, oh, gosh, I'll, I'll say in the last 20 years, the background music is so loud, I can't hear the dialogue. Well, see, you've got the same problem I do. Exactly. Yeah. And there are some really good shows that I would have liked to have watched and just couldn't. The background music was so irritating and so loud and I couldn't hear what they were saying anyway, and I just turned them off. Now, if they would, I guess maybe I haven't been searching around real good, but I would watch old series, you know, like My Three Sons and uh-huh. like that, mm-hmm. if I could find them. I guess it, I guess you got to go to Antenna TV and MeTV is where to... MeTV, yeah, that should be in your cable lineup. They're everywhere. Me. M-E-T-V. Mm-hmm. E? Yeah, me. Oh, okay. Are they playing? Me, 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 me. Right. Yeah. M-E-T-V. Me, TV. Yeah, I think that's what... And they have what, happy days. That's where all the comedy shows and, and... And Carol Burnett. That was good TV. It really was. Entertainment. But what they have on now is... Uh, You know, you know what I think it partly is, and I think we we don't appreciate how good those writers were. I mean, a lot of them were trained from the radio days, and they kept writing until, you know, in the mid-70s or so. So think of how much good quality dialogue came out of those, those guys who were trained in radio who still wrote for TV, and we still enjoy their work. Well, they were good back then. I, I, I think about uh, um, Charlie McCarthy. Yeah. He, he had to be. I, I shake my head all the time as to how he did that. One guy talking to three different people, <laughs> and carry on a conversation uh-huh. like that. I, I, I don't think anybody could do that. Now. I think there's a classic blooper <laughs> where. Edgar forgot where he was, and he, and he was speaking Charlie's lines in Edgar's voice. <laughs> well, he had to do that, too. Yeah. He had to remember the line, uh-huh. remember the voice change. Yep. Yep. Uh, no, that would be a classic blooper. He's, uh, and, uh, well, I, anybody that doesn't listen to the radio is missing out. They are. Yeah, okay. we're radio. You have to listen to us. They've, they've got you tell them, Bob. Saturday night. Woo-hoo! 
And another disappointment, I told you that, too. I then sent you that email. But <laughs> you guys only showed up once this week. I know. I know. We got fired. Well, you know. Bill decided to play hooky all week. Yeah, well, yeah, Bill and, was gone. And then and Mike, he took over for two times. Two, two nights. And uh, the, the sad thing is... Uh, when Mike is on by himself, he doesn't always play what I like. <laughs> he, he gets he gets some different music going that. Uh, that uh, yeah, he's got eclectic taste. He he likes an awful lot, a really wide range of different kinds of music. Oh, he does that. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just play one kind, but no. Sometimes he plays that. Well, I don't know what he was playing the other night, but I said, "Wow." Weird. Yeah. And I hope he's listening. <laughs> uh, sometimes it, it just makes well, you know, I've got I've got a lot of gee, I don't like that kinds of music, and that limits my range. So he plays stuff that a lot of people love, and I don't, so I can't very well talk about that, you know. Well, you can because it's no different than your awful shows. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, did you listen last night? Last night? Yeah. With the hermit's cave. I gotta stop and think what I did last night. Did he have I dinner? Must have. Did he have dinner? But sometimes I I I, <laughs> I don't <laughs> my mind is wandering off someplace else and I don't really remember what I heard. That's right, the show was so bad they just escaped. <laughs> what was it? It was the hermit's cave. Well, with these two guys who showed up at a door in the rainstorm and wound up feeling their way through a mansion, an old mansion, and looking for the source of a sound and tripping over a dead body, and they were uninvited, and they just—it was crazy. Well, I probably listened to it, but I don't remember it. <sighs> it was that memorable. Thank you. I'll give myself a white mark for that one. And when you did the Stan Freeberg one. Well, I'm not a big Stan Friedberg fan. Oh. So I I was in your corner when you did that. Oh, 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 good, another white mark. Oh, thank you, Bob. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really trounced on half the world on that one. <laughs> but I really thought it was awful. <laughs> I really did. My, I know Kurt was not happy with you. I know that. That's right. He was really upset with me. Yeah. I think he was upset two nights in a row. When... <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think he, I think he told you that that was a matter of opinion. I know. Times. <laughs> well, indeed, it is. <laughs> Two different nights. I get to pick. But that's all right. Everybody gets to to knock me out of the park, but <laughs> I get to pick. <laughs> but I'd say ninety-five percent of the time, I'm in your corner. Woo-hoo. What's the other five percent? <laughs> Oh, maybe I'm not listening. Richard Diamond. <laughs> what do you think of her, her challenging on Richard Diamond, Bob? What I would... Richard Diamond? Yeah. Oh, who? When I picked where he whistled for the first, or sang for the first six minutes after he got finished whistling. Are you talking about, what's his name, singing? Yes, Dick mm-hmm. Well, you're Yeah, on the, the parody on some of the old detectives and the show opened with his whistling 
and he sang for six minutes before they did anything. And what they did, I thought they could have done without. Well, you're right there. <gasps> if he, you, you did. You, you told me one night, or you sent an email and said you were in my corner on that one. Boy, did I take some heat on that one. Wowzers. But you know, that's part of the fun. He, he was a good actor, but he, he certainly wasn't going to make any money singing. I didn't think. <laughs> enjoy his singing either, but that certainly doesn't mean he's a terrible singer. No, I just didn't enjoy it. Uh, I'm not. I'm not much on old music vocalists. They they don't do a whole lot for me. And Richard Diamond falls into that category, so he gets piled in with the rest. You don't suppose he did that on purpose, do you? Did what on purpose? Saying like that. I think that's the way he sang. Well, then, yeah, that's why I say it's a good thing he could do uh, voice radio and, and movies because yeah, I, I didn't think he was going to make it as a singer. What do you think, Walden? I think I'm in the, in the minority on this call. You're in, you, you think he was a good singer? Yeah. There are an awful lot of people who do. Yeah, I think he really was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't think he was a bad singer. It just seemed out of place in a detective show. Well, I think that's what made him different and unique. You know, everybody had to have a different hook. And mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, his well, he was known as a song and dance man in the 30s. You know, that's where... I remember that. That's where And the baby face. Right. <laughs> he was called baby face and couldn't get into the movies. And he couldn't... He wanted to get out of that mold so badly, and that's where he finally convinced him to let him do Philip Marlowe in the movies, and that reshaped his image. And yeah, yeah. I, I guess I've he, seen him he, in movies where he sang, and there's been times I said, well, maybe he does sing okay, mm-hmm. but not on the radio. Not on the, well, sometimes you have to see the person to appreciate what you're hearing. And in the movies you could do that, on radio we can't. It was interesting, I was thinking last night we were playing a, a two-hour um, two salute to Jack Benny and John O'Reilly tracing the Jack Benny history, and that got me thinking that we wrapped up with Dennis Day, and I was thinking, in the 30, how many radio stations and radio shows fell in love with the tenor? There was a lot of tenors that were making money mm-hmm. in radio. And, yeah. And, you know, then the... It's cr- a very easy... It's a, it's a very I don't know what the correct he's a tenor he's a bass he's a and she's a soprano I don't know it's it's a very easy sound to listen to so I'm not surprised that it was one of the more popular in the radio field. Well, I think we all forget Crosby in the twenties was a tenor practically, and by the early thirties when he was on his own that's when he dropped his voice, and you know became that smooth. Mm-hmm. Baritone sound. Uh, uh, you know, he was sort of the benchmark where Crosby, uh, a pal, and all those guys were, were, were using him as a benchmark. Mm-hmm. A lot of them copied his dooby dooby doo. Oh, that's Sinatra. Dooby dooby doo. That's Sinatra. No, not a dooby dooby. 
Bing Crosby had a sound that he put in his songs. Right, right. That you said Sinatra. Well, yes. And I was, what was the sound, Walton? Help me. I was not a big fan of his either. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we're, I, going, to, we're I, going to pair our audience. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm a, I like Sinatra of the 40s. Okay. I think he had a better singing voice in the 40s. Than, Agreed. Yeah, that's. I think he had a good singing voice, and that was it. And when he got older, when, when we got into the later years, he just lost it. He should have quit. He couldn't give I, up because you know. I don't know. He had an awful lot of fans who stayed with him, regardless of what he sang and how he sang it. They were Frank Sinatra fans. Well, he, he and they stayed with him. They were loyal. Was it from '52, '53 when his voice cracked? or whatever, he had the vocal problems. If you think about it, from that point, he was showing a totally different image and packaging. It was a different persona. And the people loved it. And he, he had great arrangements. I mean, those were, you know, those arrangements and things, you know, it's just, you know, it was totally different than what we grew up listening to in the 40s. I liked him a whole lot better as an actor than I did as a singer when he got when his voice went bad. And you know he was one take Sinatra. He just he he just wanted to get in and do it and done. And it probably drove some people nuts because you know some wanted to wait there to keep working at it. <laughs> but he was a one take kind of guy in the movies and things. But but I liked him in the movies. Yeah, I thought he was a I thought he was a pretty good actor, but. I guess maybe, you know, he, maybe he was big-time singer before I was listening to me, uh-huh. I think. Well? Yeah, because he started when, back in the... Uh, 35 at the, uh, with Major Bowes, and, and then 38 with Harry James, so, so he, you know, he was, uh, and then on his own in 1943, so really he, uh... I would say the height of his singing career probably 43 to 48. Well, see, then I missed out on that because yeah. I wasn't listening to music then. And so then when he started to sing more in the movies and stuff, like right. that's then I tried. I just didn't think that he... Yeah, he sang some good stuff. Oh, yeah. He's a good singer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, he just wasn't my favorite. Right. Who 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 is your favorite singer of all? Time? Oh, I I like. Oh boy, I guess I got more than one. But I like the I like the westerns, you know, like Eddie Arnold. Uh huh. And uh, but <laughs> see now I have a problem. I think I'm getting all my. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just sidle right up here. The psychiatrist is in for five. Oh no, that's Lucy. Because when I sit and watch TV now, yeah, and there'll be and I'll and I'll say, who's that? And I know who it is. If you put their picture down on a on a piece of paper and their names, I could line them up. But I just am getting to the point where I can't remember their names. And I wonder if that's the first start of something. <laughs> it's called human. I think I have this theory that as we grow older, our brains, the file cabinets in our brains, get so full that we start ejecting what we think is 
doesn't need to be saved. It's like cleaning out a computer, and sometimes we throw away too much. I think I've, I think I've thrown some away. Because, yeah. Uh, but now when, when you ask, like, singers? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I can think of, uh, you know, like Eddie Arnold and then... Uh, he had, remember, he had that big crossover hit, uh, Take the World Away. I'm trying to think, make, make the World Go Away. That was a big, big hit for him, uh, you know, in so many different genres. There were other ones, too, like Johnny Cash. I liked him. Yeah. And uh, Johnny had a sound, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a great sound to him, you know. Yep. And he had great songs. And Some of his songs were written just for him. Mm-hmm. There's nobody else who could have sung them and done as well. And uh, but and then then he get away from the western. Bing Crosby, he was good. I yeah. liked him. Yeah. What about Richard Diamond? Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> what about Richard Diamond? Richard Diamond, no. I'm joshing you. I'm joshing you. So, so. Okay, so who 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 do you think of the Cowboy Seniors? Who do you think was the best? Was it Eddie Arnold, or who do you think of the best Cowboy Seniors? Well, name some more for me, because I can't think of any. Well, I, I, Roy Rogers, I think, is sort of the benchmark. Well, he was good, Roy Rogers. Yeah, huh? and Gene Autry. Yep, yeah. And Jimmy Dean. Uh, who else I can think of? Eddie Dean, those are some of the, but I would think, I would think Roy Rice is sort of the, uh, he, him and the Sons of the Pioneers had such a great. Oh, okay, I now, see the Sun Pioneers, I like them. They had such a great sound together, I think. Well, that's why that group is still singing today in Branson, if you think about it. I mean, the generation from 33 until today, that sound, that it's just a, it's a great sound. Uh, see, and I've got some records that, uh... Patricia, what do you think of the Sons of the Pioneers? Uh, oh, I loved them. Okay. They had a great sound. Yeah. And I didn't know that the group had replenished itself and kept on going, but they really did have a nice sound. Yeah. With the Sons of the Pioneers? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, no, they were good. I liked them. Yeah. They sang about tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds. Oh, cool, clear water. I learned how to play that on the guitar because I love that song, how they did Cool Clear Water. Mm-hmm. Boy, they were good stuff. Well, Bob, we... <laughs> Jeez, you are so much fun to talk with. Are you having candy for Valentine's Day? No. Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. You have a gigantic bag of tissue rolls there. Yeah. If you really wanted to, you could have candy on Valentine's Day. Yeah, but Valentine's candy he's talking oh, about. Oh, oh, That's different. Yeah. Well, my food lady. Yes. I, and, but it came two days ago. It was from Vermont Teddy Bear. Oh. Oh. So I got her a Vermont Teddy Bear. That is so sweet. You're such a good guy. I've been listening to this ad, the Vermont Teddy Bear. Now, how would, now, see, if I sent this bill to Patricia, there wouldn't be no room in her apartment. They're advertising these four-foot-tall teddy bears now. Four feet tall? <laughs> For 90, to me, it's a good price. 99 the size of a junior high kid. 
Holy it called a level. It called a level bear for ninety nine bucks. And Is that all? Hey, hey, hey. Well, concerned with the normal bear cost, that sent to me as a pretty good deal. And so, but four feet tall. Where would you put that thing, Patricia? Next to me in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I told her one time I was going to get her one of those, and she said no thanks. Oh. Well, that's. I said the same thing. Where would you put the thing? <laughs> you know, first thing, I'd be out sleeping on the couch. <laughs> well, I don't think people know about. I did 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 the bear, did your box have a little hole in it? I believe it did. Yeah, a little air hole for the bear. Yeah, what I, a marketing tool. About one one other time, they got guarantee on them for life, and uh, one of them, I don't know, the arm broke on it, mm. and so we put it back in the box and shipped it back to them, and they fixed it all up. Only cost uh, you know cost to ship it there, mm-hmm. and uh, which wasn't a whole lot, but. He went to the bear hospital. Well, that's what they did, yeah. They made a lot of it. Yeah, that was a that was a big deal. But then tomorrow, I went a little bit farther. I got carried away this Valentine. <laughs> okay, what do you got tomorrow? Well, flowers. <gasps> oh, what kind? I think they were roses. He thinks they were roses. Ah, <laughs> oh, gee. Yeah. And it was FTD. Okay. And so then I got an email and said they shipped them. So then I, they're coming FedEx, and I got the tracking number up, looked at it, they said they're going to deliver them Monday. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, no, no, and I paid extra for tomorrow. Uh-huh. You're getting free flowers. FedEx and got a hold of somebody, and, and she looked up the tracking number and said, well, they partner with somebody locally, and they'll ship them to them, and then they'll deliver them tomorrow. So we'll see now if they do. So she got teddy bear and flowers. That's a she good combo. already got the teddy bear. Now tomorrow she's going to get the flowers. So when the doorbell rings, I'm not going to, I can't answer it. Okay. I've got to. <laughs> Make sure she's dressed. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I haven't figured that out. No, no jammies to open the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, Bob, maybe you're going to have a... me a lemon meringue pie. Woo! So that's why, you, that's why you've gone through all this effort to make sure you got a lemon meringue pie out of it, right? Uh, yeah, if i got to buy flowers all the time to get a lemon meringue pie, I'm going to have to do something different. <laughs> <laughs> going to get pretty expensive pies. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, you know what? what? I have to go to bed. Aww. I think that's a good thing because Santa Claus never comes until after yours. <laughs> oh, wait, tomorrow's Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm going to eat these cookies and milk before I go to bed. <laughs> okay. Hey. Well, Bob, thank you for calling. Please stay warm. Hey. Oh, my gosh. Please stay hey. warm. Well, i got to go in and open up the window. Uh-oh. I, oh, oh. Uh, you're hurting down, me. It'll be down to about oh, 50, about 50, 50 below. 54 this morning when I looked at it. Mm. <laughs> you, you can't sleep with all them covers on, and 
have the room too warm. Ah, oh, gee. Only in America. We, we, we get stuff to keep us toasty warm and really hot and then open the window to make sure they don't work. Uh, you get to breathe fresh air. You guys do a fantastic job. Oh, thank you, Bob. Well, thank you, Bob. And thank you for being our manager and, uh, and promoter. Well, we got to get you on two times a week now. Two nights. Two nights. Okay. Anyway, hey, have a good <laughs> Valentine's Day. Too, Happy Bob. Valentine's Day, Bob. Thanks for calling. Take care. Bye now. Bye bye. He's always so much fun. Seven four okay. five four five two oh seven one. So yes, a four foot t- teddy bear, Patricia. A four foot teddy bear. Yes. That's a lot of stuffing. A lovable, a lovable bear. Uh, is he squishy? I would wonder, I would hope so, for, for four foot tall. Uh, you know, yeah, like they don't have a wooden frame inside or anything. Well, and also, let's face it, he kind of has to have a little foundation there, so it can't be a skinny little four foot tall bear. No, but we don't need him to stand up if he's going to go to bed with me. That's true. Yeah. All the fur, that way you wouldn't have to need to buy a western oh, blanket. Oh, that, yeah, that eliminates one blankie right there. <laughs> Okay, how many roses are delivered on the average Valentine's Day? Uh, are we talking by uh, by dozens or by flowers? Individuals. Individual flowers. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody, let's get the mathematical calculators. There are 300 million <laughs> people in the United States. Let's just 50% of them are female. females. How many are kids? Let's yeah. see, Hundred and fifty females probably. Well no, we gotta figure the kid population. We figure yeah. we figure there's seventy five females out there who would be who want flowers. Now that I bet Patricia, more than seventy five. Seventy five million? Okay. Oh, you said seventy five. Yeah, now the sixty percent are getting flowers, we can knock that down to fifty million. Now <laughs> now fifty million times a dozen, I mean well, now, some people romantically wouldn't mind getting one flower, one rose. Right. And then you get the others who get two dozen. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the romantic kind, yeah. Wait a minute. If I got you two dozen or, or one, either one, you would still love me the same, right? I would I would love it no matter what. Okay, okay. So a dozen, you could send me dandelions and I would love it. I know. You are the dandelions. Okay. So I would say 100 million flowers. I am astounded. It's 110 million roses. Not bad. You, I, I would have given you 20 million in either direction, so uh, I'll consider that a correct. Low call, you're on air. Hey, how you guys doing? This is Dave from Ormond Beach, Florida. My well, goodness. hello, Dave. How are you? How are you doing, Patricia? And uh, Patricia and I had emailed a number of times. I had a couple of questions, and I've been meeting to call in for a couple of weeks, and uh, I just haven't been awake. <laughs> well, I keep goofy hours. We put you to sleep, too? Well, I, my sleep is all over the place. What I, I, had to, I had to call in because it seems like this is Wisconsin night. It, it sure was. They, they were definitely, we were in the, we were in the ice box of, of, uh, of the United States for a while. You're right, Dave. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Well, I'm originally from Wisconsin, and I, it's, and I 
So I just had, I felt obligated, and I couldn't believe there was a person <laughs> on the planet who had never heard of Colby cheese. Are you kidding? No! They, I've never heard of Colby. Is, is it any good? <laughs> well, then, are you kidding? Of course it is. <laughs> no, I, I used to try. How, I, I, how, I, bad, I, how bad is it on my side if I say, or when I said, I've never tasted it? Yeah. It, it's a yellow cheese. Uh-huh. It, it's uh, not as. Uh, it's not as uh, strong as, uh, say, a cheddar or something like that. Okay. So, but anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I originally what, what what precipitated my emails to Patricia was um, I had been, you know, since a little kid into radio and, and listening and DXing the AM broadcast band and sure. radio and all that stuff. And... Uh, I had grown up, when I was in high school, <clears throat> I had listened to the CBS Radio Mystery Theater just about every night. Right. Ah, okay. And and, and listening to it on uh, WBBM in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then, uh, of course, I, with the Wi-Fi radio here in the last few years, I stumbled onto you guys right. and the, the whole old-time radio movement stuff. And what I had been looking for, and, and I don't rec- I think it was a guy in Illinois that offered, he would actually sell you a hard drive for a computer that was just loaded full of everything. Well, that, that would be that, Neil? I, I think, I, <laughs> name doesn't ring was a bell. Was that Neil on Walden? Well, I know Neil was doing it. I think, there was a, I think there was a guy in Ohio, um, Bob. Oh, there's at least two or three guys I'm aware of that were doing it that way, uh, you know, with the hard drive set up that they would just show you a whole boatload. Oh, one yeah. time. I mean, that'd be fine and dandy, but that's that's kind of like <clears throat> information overload for me, anyway. <laughs> yeah. What I what I was looking for is some some place, and and I don't know if it's a copyright issue or what it is, but I would like to have most, if not all, of the old uh, um, uh, CBS Radio Mystery Theaters. I don't know on a on a thumb drive or something like that. That's what I was looking for, and that's that's why I sent Patricia. The, yeah. Well, there used to be there used to be a website, and there is a website. I I, I found yeah, them. Yeah, I, I have week. a whole bunch of them. I, I found them this week. There's like I think there's fourteen, twelve hundred and ninety nine episodes. Something like that. On yeah. a website, and most of them were recorded from my friend up in Washington, uh, Frank Rosine, recorded a lot of them with the news and everything at the state yeah. of Washington. And I think Patricia got a bunch of them, so maybe, if you're a sweet talker, maybe she might consider dropping a few in, in your box. You never know. Well, I might do that. Oh, where, i got to ask, where's Bob, where Bob located? Because when he gave his zip code, uh, I'm originally from Janesville, and when he gave his zip code, the 53508, that's got to be right around Madison somewhere. I think I you're right. Um, I think he's close to Madison and okay. he also has a, a second, like a summer home, and I think a different part of the state, if I remember. Yeah. Well, then he mentioned here that he used to work on the telephones at WHA. Right. Ironically, I used to work for Wisconsin Public Broadcasting uh, as a transmitter operator uh, in, all over the state. Oh, wow. Falls, yeah, Park Falls and Wausau, yep. up on Rib Mountain at Channel 20, and, and I was the chief operator at WHHI in Highland for a bunch of years, and I also took care of Delafield, uh, W-H-A-D. So 
So, uh, Wisconsin yeah. has a great history of broadcasting. You know, if you think about it, a lot of the old radio actors came from there. Um, uh, the Wisconsin public broadcasting was well, really well known. A lot, you know, Wisconsin had to, yes, you know, they've done a lot of good stuff with radio. Yeah, in that yeah, it's got a history and uh, and it that predates uh, uh, KDKA. They like to think they're the first ones with the regularly scheduled yep. casting, but that's not true. <laughs> Nothing like having a PR firm to help you promote that they are the first one. You bet. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's. I just wanted to call in, and I uh, didn't want Patricia to think that I was avoiding her because we had exchanged uh, two or three or four emails uh. back and forth quickly, and then I kind of disappeared. <laughs> so uh, I'm offended. Uh oh, uh oh, you've broken her heart, Dave. Wow. And it was already broken to begin with. <laughs> we're, you're in Fort Lauderdale. Patricia? No, I'm in Fort Myers. Or Fort Myers. Okay. Yeah, you're just down the road from me. So I'm near, I'm near the, down the road a piece is a Wisconsin term. Yeah. <laughs> we're probably 12,000 miles apart, but we're, we're down the road a piece. So, yeah. yes, I can, oh. I can get CBS Radio Mystery Theater to you. Really? Really? Well, that, that is slick. Do I have a mailing address for you, Dave? Uh, you have my email address. Mm, well, I can't email them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll. Uh, uh, or I'll, I'll tell you I'll what. I, I will send you. I'll send you an invitation to join my Dropbox. And when do you have Dropbox? No, I am not really a computer guy. I have a couple of computers here that I use for my amateur radio station. But uh-huh. I am not a superwave okay. geek by any stretch. Okay. I will. I will send these to you. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate that. He's a good soul, Dave. I'm a good soul, She's but I do need a mailing address for the for that. So if you could email that to me, it would help me get them to you. That you just made my day. <laughs> <gasps> oh, gee, I thought I made your day, not <laughs> CBS Radio Mystery. <laughs> well, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. Sure, I'll get them to you. All righty. Well, I'm going to let you go here. Uh, I've got a little project on the workbench that I'm tinkering with, and. I just wanted to say hi to you guys. Well, thank uh, after you, Dave. You for a couple of years. Yeah. Thanks for getting me a first-time caller. How about that? We like hearing that, too. Yeah, well, and that, like I said, it was Cheesehead Night on the <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd uh, add to it. Oh, thank you, Dave. Oh, gee, you're so much fun. This is great. Okay, Dave, it's, it's so good to talk to you, and you get me an address, and you'll get CBS Radio Mystery Theater in return. What a deal. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, guys. You bet. You're, You're very bet. welcome. Take yeah. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. I've Have I more told questions. you lately that you are a good person? Yeah, you tell me a lot. Did I tell you that you're adorable? Yeah, you tell me a lot. Okay. Just want to make sure you know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say it more. I know. 714. Five four five two zero seven one. You want to talk to the adorable one? That's her number. At least on Saturday night. Now it's on Saturday nights. It is the rest of the time. It she's invisible via telephone. Oh now, now right. <laughs> and yes, I am. <laughs> I am under my rock. 
I have to ask you a whole bunch of Valentine's Day questions because I've got four million of them. Let me ask you just a geography question. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes. What? 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 The category that you and I are a little bit challenged in. You're gonna ask me something. I know. Okay. I know. Okay. I know. I love it. Okay. I have been dragging this around with me for the last month, and tonight I want to ask it. Okay. Do you know? I'll even give you the state, never mind the location. Which state contains the geographical center of the United States? Yeah, I think I do. Um, I think it's Missouri. No. Uh, is it Illinois? No. Nebraska? No. Wisconsin? It blew me away. It's South Dakota. Wait a minute. Go How? figure. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't verify wait it. It says wait it's Butte County, South Dakota. It says. I didn't say they said. <laughs> it said. How did they figure this out? I don't know. You know, you know how I am in geography. We're both good. I know. Now, you know, you know, seem like always the news. They always talk about Dubuque, Montana. Dubuque, Montana, and I'm trying to think what the, what is the Bismarck. city in Bismarck, South Dakota, they always talk about how cold it is in those neck of the woods. Oh, gosh, it is awful. And I can't remember the one in North Dakota. Oh, Fargo. I think it's Fargo. 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 Yeah. Fargo. That's Another it. call. That's you're on air. It's a lukewarm 22 degrees here tonight. You are right up there. Do you have your bathing suit on? Uh, bathing suit, trunks, uh, hummus, uh, yeah, the whole wardrobe. I'm standing in the middle of my wardrobe. Are you going to go swimming in the, are you going to go swimming in the snow? (laughs) I might have to do the backstroke for all these flurries we're going to be getting. Swimming in the snow. That's right. There are are winter storm, uh, warnings out from... Virginia all the way back to the North Dakota can, uh, Canadian border. Wow. I didn't know that. All the way down. Okay, hold on. One spring? Isn't that supposed to be like next week? Not quite, huh? Uh, <laughs> Got to pull in your yeah, belt a little. Yeah. Yeah. Only, only five weeks away, right? They're, they're saying by next Friday we could have temperatures in the 60s. But they said we were going to be in the 40s this week, and it didn't happen. They were wrong. They were wrong. They were wrong. They 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 are they are always wrong. They I, seem to be always wrong. You know, I heard somebody, and it's probably what profession in life you could be more wrong to get paid. You know. Uh, <laughs> you know, the only thing they need is windows in these places, so they can see what's going on before they they talk about it. Ammunition's uh, demolition guy, he still gets paid. He gets his bereavement pay. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, at least he's not making prediction half the time. He just does his work, that's, you know? That's, that's right. That's right, yes. So please tell me, what have I missed tonight? Well, we, we played a February McGee and Molly show right off the bat. And wow. And that, was, that was fun. No callers? Well, we, we, we had to catch up on American patriotic duty stuff. 
So we, oh, okay. So we took That's care. It. So we, you know, we had to, we had to be, we had to do the American patriotic duty stuff because yes. President Day is Monday. That's right. How's that? Right. That, 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 that's good. That, that sounded good. That sounded. <laughs> <laughs> you massaged that one very well. And so I'm playing hooky. And then after that, no, we've been wall to wall with Consonites calling. You're the, you're 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 breaking it up by being the only. You Merlin are breaking up the. Uh, ah, the, and the Dave. Well, yeah, but he's kind of Wisconsinite. Even though he's he's a transplant okay. in Florida. And Ralph. <laughs> Well, he's a New Yorker. What? I mean, you got two New Yorkers. Well, that's not Wisconsin. <laughs> We're bad on geography, but I'm not that bad. <laughs> isn't isn't New York in Wisconsin? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me. Oh, I, think dear me. I think you took a wrong turn in Albuquerque here. You think so? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh, you got gee. you got my midweek email, didn't you? Say again, Dave. Yeah, I'm right here. You were saying something about, did we get your, what, email? Yes. When Didn't you get my email saying how cold it was here? If you no. said it tonight, we have, I haven't looked at anything tonight. Oh, okay. No, this was a few days ago when it was so blasted cold. Haven't you been having temperatures in the 90s in California? Yep, yep. we are in summer season. Uh, yeah. It was cold today, though. That's why I got Patricia's heater out. And, and when you used to be cold, it's now, that's why I sent back and said, you get no sympathy from Florida tonight. I remember that email. That's right. Okay. Now, now Dan, oh, oh. Dan, what would you kill for 55 degree temperature? I'm sorry, what would it what, what now? What would, you, what would you trade for 55 degree temperature right now? Oh, I don't know. It'll be here before you know oh. it. Five <laughs> degrees, you know. You're always oh. working. You're never outside anyway. Yeah, but you gotta drive in the stuff. That's true. I mean, that had right. to be that had to be a pain. Patricia doesn't oh. remember. Patricia doesn't remember those days. That's the, right. She's you know? forgotten all about her. Uh-huh. She's forgotten about her New Jersey roots. My roots. She yes. doesn't. She doesn't remember the days of driving in bad weather to work. Oh boy, do I ever. <laughs> <laughs> Do I ever? I used to cross over a mountain to get to work, and it was cut into rock. And for most of it, there was no guardrail on the other side. If you went over, you fell off the mountain. And one day, it was one of those really strange days when you didn't know if it was going to rain, sleet, or just be awful. And I started out, and everything was fine. And I got almost to the crest of the mountain. You know, because I'm going over and then going to, and I wound up on ice. Mm. And I was at the top, and regardless of where I went, I was going to be on ice. So, you know, I kept going. Like either either way, I would be on ice and going downhill. But boy, that was that was the scariest time I ever had in bad weather driving. So, what, in other words, with the, your with the, what's the special, your heart with your heart in your throat. Going down. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, it was pretty well up yeah. there. See, I probably broke it then. Yeah, I didn't know where to go. It did not. Oh, boy. I, that was really scary. Uh, you had to be scared because you, you could have easily just still been going the right way but sliding to the... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And if you slid off to one side, there was a section at the top 
that they had they had created an overlook out of, and that had a guardrail. But it was pretty hard to aim for the guardrail when when you're on solid ice. Gosh, that was scary. That We're was aiming scary. for the guardrail to break your fall. Yep. Yep. That's something else. Scary stuff. Do you know Do you know what studded tires are? Yes. Okay. Uh, back in the winter of 77, 78, my dad was working a uh, construction site about an hour from home, and we just kept getting snow. This was like we had 15 inches of snow, and it was a true blizzard, and it drifted five to six feet deep, and then we got plowed out, and they came in with, like, you know, like high lifts to dig us out, and he... Uh, we had chains on the back of the pickup truck, you know, on on one set of tires, and he put a, a spare set of studded tires on the front, you know, so he could brake, you know, easy, sure. you know, easier. And uh, he was heading to work one morning and got like you on a off ramp with, uh, and it was nothing but ice. He said the only thing that kept him from crashing was the studded tires in the front of the truck there. Wow. So. They they were so effective that in, I think it was in the state of New York, not just my area, that when you reached a particular temperature or time of the year, I guess it was a, a calendar date, you had to have the tire, the studded tires off your car or you would uh, be cited for it because yeah. they were so effective they would tear up the road. They would. They, they would take little nicks out of the, uh, out of the mm-hmm. pavement. But they, they were effective, especially on ice and snow. Yeah, it was the ice. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You know, and, and I've always driven a standard shift car, which helped because I wasn't, you know, I mean, I had more control over my car than the other bears out there. But still, yeah. it was not bad. You were using bad. the engine to brake instead of the actual yeah. brake. Yeah, and I, I could yeah. go into neutral and get better control over it. If if I were driving a standard shift car, once I put it back in drive, it would jerk into gear and I'd lose control again. So mm-hmm. the the standard shift car always gives you a better control and you can get out of a snowbank. Yes, that's right. So what was your what was your favorite standard shift car? Gee. You must have had one. Um the favorite was the one I killed a couple of years ago. <laughs> it really was. It was oh gosh. It was I felt like I had killed a kitty. It was, yes. it was just awful. Yes, that was my favorite. Mm-mm. That's too bad. Yeah. yeah. It was so good to me. Have you been on the road this week? Am again, please? Have you been on the road this week? traveling research um yes i have this week was i walden yes yeah i was one day yes playing wednesday. town to town <laughs> taking this the road. and it was good i didn't hit anything well that's good that's always a good good week when you don't have an accident very, very proud to come home and say that <laughs> yes that is always good so so you've had some callers tonight? Oh, yeah. We had a nope. busy night tonight, and you are another busy for us. 
That's right. Absolutely. Yes. So did you have what new colors or old colors? Faithful. Hmm? Did you have old colors or new colors? Yes. Yes, both, huh? Mm-hmm. We did. Dave in Florida. This was a first-time call for him. Yes. He lived near you? He said Ormond Beach. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I have to go look at the map and see where he is by comparison. Uh, I'll, I'll go do that now. Gee whiz. I get so embarrassed. <sighs> oh, well. What are you well, going to do? You can't know it all. I'd like to know some. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? 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 I know. <laughs> Nothing geographic. Oh, gee whiz, he's on the other side of the state. Well, Florida's a big state. I mean, it's, what, eight eight hours from top to bottom? It's about from top to well, it, it would probably be more than that because the Keys is 100 miles from the mainland to Key West. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, my, my brother's been out there to the, to the Key West area, the very end. Mm-hmm. It's a fun place. There is a marker. Did he tell you about the marker on Key West? He's, he's, uh, they had a photo taken at the marker. At the marker. And what does the marker say? You know, I, I don't know. I just remember them being in front of a marker that said Key West. Oh, pooey. It says, <laughs> this is the southernmost point in the continental United States. Yes, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. And it is. I would have thought Texas or California, but we've got it. Okay, now what's further south, Hawaii or Key West? Probably Hawaii. It's a geography question. Walden, right. tell him. I don't know. I don't know. All I know, my airplane, Hawaii, four and a half hours away from California. So when Patricia goes to Hawaii to visit Ron, mm -hmm. that could be about a ten and a half hour trip for her. Really? Yes. That's, that's a long. And there's, there's there's no layover in the middle of the, of the ocean, is there? Well, I think I think I think you should land in California or somewhere. You know. I. My family decided next time we go to Europe, we're just gonna land in New York and spend a couple of days before we go off. You know, we we went from. L.A. to to London, and that's a long mm -hmm. flight. That's a long flight. Okay, so I, I'm getting closer here. I feel that the way. Well, I've never flown, and I have no desire to fly. Oh. So you're not gonna, you're not gonna get your pilot license? I go get my pilot's license. Mm. No, 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 no plans to do that. We'll stay right here on the old ground. Okay, so are you? Once you retire from the uh, from the library. Yes. Once I retire from the mill. Yes. <laughs> yes. Are 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 you gonna get in your car and travel all forty eight states? What what is the, what is Dan Bucket List goal? Gee, I, I haven't even After really. After he wakes up. <laughs> he's going. He's going to sleep for a year. I know. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, so yeah. after you wake up. Yes. Then what? I, traveling sounds pretty nice. 
I, I've been to New Orleans. I went down. I got a grant. I went down for a weekend and had training cool. in New Orleans, and I saw a few places there. Just in passing, they put us all on a tour bus, and they took us around. They pointed out, like, Anne Rice's home, and that was about it. Bourbon Street looked like a solid wall of people. <laughs> Probably is. <laughs> and all the bourbon was on the inside, not the outside. <laughs> Amateurs. 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 Every one of them. <laughs> yes. Hawaii is farther south than Key West. No kidding. Which is why they say continental United States. It's the southernmost part point of the continental. Okay. And Hawaii is farther south. Don't ask me how many more. Okay. Now, is Alaska, <laughs> is Alaska south? What? I don't know. Can which, way, which way is Alaska? You well, take that, Dan. That's, it's your turn. My turn? How do I yes. answer a question like that? Walden, when you start getting frostbite, you might get the clue that you're heading north. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know. And and you don't often find moose in Southern California. Mr. Moose? Moose <laughs> <laughs> Moose Lodge, the, the Moose Club, the, you know. How about caribou? You don't usually find them down there either. <laughs> there is not a caribou lodge that I know about, is there? I've never heard of one. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If whoa, I kept, whoa, 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 whoa. If I kept going south, yeah, eventually I'll get to Alaska. <laughs> sure. It's a long walk. <laughs> you could go in the opposite direction and cut off a few miles. We, yeah. we, had, a, we had a gentleman here on uh, WHS-TV back in the 60s uh-huh. who gave the weather reports, and every night he would give the temperature in Caribou, Maine. Really? How, how did he pick that part? I don't know. It sounds like a good, good measure. Just threw a dart nope. and Caribou, Maine. What a neat name. Yes. I imagine it's much colder in Caribou, Maine than it is here tonight. So, are you going to go? Are you going to once you retire? Are you going back to New Orleans, or are you, are you planning to go somewhere else? I might just, I might just hit every state. Why okay. not? Why not? Spend my lucrative money. So, if Walden and I um, get together, then you can come visit us instead of us visiting you, or maybe we could do both, or what? And or yes. Hey, I got an idea. <laughs> All right, where's the nicest? Where's the where's the nicest library to go visit for architect? What is the nicest library to go visit? Yeah. You know, are you talking architecturally, did you say, Walden? Correct. Okay. There's some I want to go visit just for the historic nature, like the Free Mm -hmm. Public Library in Philadelphia. That would be fun. That would be fun. It would be fun. Yeah. You think think Ben still has his marking over there, or is his library burned down by now? I don't know. It's just hard to say, but, you know. Where it all started, I mean, you know, that dates back a number of years. Yeah, he started the library business in when? 1730, 40, something like that, right? I was thinking 40, but I could be wrong about that. I think 1740. He was a man with many talents in there. Can you imagine what America would not be without Benjamin Franklin? Could you imagine Benjamin Franklin in the day of computers? That's a great idea. Great thought. 
Yes. There was a radio series I heard parts of that were produced, and it was a six-hour special on Benjamin Franklin. Really? Yeah. Like, about 20, 25 years ago. You know, dramatized about his life mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, I want to find it and listen to the whole thing, but that, that to me, picking, and I think I went Googling on him, and there's a, there's a Benjamin Franklin Foundation, and I think it's, I think they were, you know, down one of his homes, his home, I, I'm assuming in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yes. Uh, Steve Allen did quite a few of those uh, programs back in the 90s, too, I believe, on PBS. Yep. His wife and played all the female parts, practically. Uh, uh, Jane Meadows? Yeah. Uh-huh. Something in the mind. What was it? Something, mu- the mind was in the title, I think, of it. Mm, I, I, I can't come up with that offhand. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it was mainly shown on PBS here. I would think it probably has been issued on DVD or I would HF. So, yeah. Point. Yeah. It, it, it was portraits of American history or, or worldwide history with it was people, characters dressed up. And I don't know if it was a interview style or what. how did they uh, did the program. Yeah, I believe it was somewhat of an interview, you know, uh, t- uh, talk show format, mm. if I remember correctly a number of years since I've even seen it there. Can you imagine so. Pat- we could have a Patricia interview Queen Victoria? I tell you, that would be a very interesting interview. Yes. She, Patricia is a hard-hitting interviewer. I know, she... <laughs> <laughs> right she, like she's, she's the Mike Wallace of, US, of uh, yes- yesterday USA. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, I love this. This is good. Ah. Ooh, ooh, royalty, royalty. I just found out today that Prince William and Kate are having another baby. That number are they three? Really? Number well, three. And they will all be under the age of three. Her comment was, we always wanted a large family. We just didn't expect it to happen this fast. <laughs> well, I guess she's not going to have to walk outside the house, right? I don't think I so. Think she and might have and to for royalty, it's good that they have nannies. She may have to do some couponing, but she'll be all right. <laughs> Very good. And I'm such a good doobie. Oh, I have to tell you this couponing. I go out online. There are a couple of, there's one place in particular. It's coupons.com or coupon.com. I'm not sure which. And you get page after page after page of coupons, and you click on them, and then you can run them off on your printer. And when I come across baby stuff, because baby stuff is so expensive, I print them out, and when I pass, I, if I pass the Huggies or the Pampers, I'll put the coupons in front of the Huggies and the pam- Pampers. So I always download the baby stuff. Well, I had coupons for baby food. I couldn't find the baby food. You know, baby food comes in little jars. Yeah, I remember. Also- I remember that it was like little... Not big jars. They're somewhat small, if just, I remember right. Just yeah. very, they're baby jars, little baby jars. Goober, goober. I, I could not find the baby food. And when I finally found it at the end of an aisle full of Huggies and Pampers uh-huh. and heaven knows what else to put on the little hineys of the kids, it was, 
and I'm not exaggerating, it was not two feet wide, and it was just a couple of shelves. Now, uh, am I correct in remembering that is baby food now packaged like pudding instead of in jars? I don't know. Oh. Well, the, the Enfamil and a couple of others always came in powder, and you mixed it with milk or water. Or I don't know what you, you mix it with, but you always mixed it with a liquid. And that has a lot of room on the shelves. But the baby jars, just a little tiny corner. And they even had one of the promo baskets where they fill it up and say, this is on sale today. They had one of the promo baskets in front of it, and it completely occluded it. Well, I actually had to look for the baby food to put my coupons down. I I was interested. I wonder if the, let's face it, if the millennials are more apt to have the babies now, and they're probably so computer sharp, they're probably ordering things online. I was they hearing, might. I, I was hearing this week for an ad for a grocery store who sell who have twenty thousand products, and they does free free mailing. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is, um, their angle is, if you like fruit from a certain part of the country, we'll ship it from that part of the country. So, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to do yeah. that angle, and I'm thinking... I wonder, I wonder what the, um, I'll, I'll say the markup for the mailing, well, it, it, what well, shipping costs. What they're advertising, yeah. their, their prices will beat anything you'll find in the stores. And they're doing what about it, shipping? And, and, and shipping free. Could you direct me to this place, please? <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is inc- I won't. I won't. I won't have to. I won't have to cross three lanes of traffic to get to my supermarket and park and, in a and place. You, and you'll save money, Patricia. And save money. Here's, here, here's a thought on baby food. Yeah. Uh, it may be that. Millennials are now going to like the uh, organic stores, like Whole Foods, mm, yeah. buying baby food there instead. Of right, the and and I was going to add to that and wonder whether or not they're making their own. Could be. Could be. Yes. I mean, they, they, you know, they they were talking about, and I thought it was interesting. They were talking. I was going to <clears throat> ESPN today, and they were talking about this generation. What's that? Uh, this generation of basketball players are a little more sensitive because they were saying the millennial generation has been raised differently with positive reinforcement compared to the generation before with the you know tough love. And I got thinking that's interesting that each generation has a different parenting, uh, you know, parenting program or whatever yeah. or st- style. I can't believe that in such a competitive arena that sensitivities would be discernible from other generations. Yeah, well, that's what they're saying, that the basketball players... Isn't that amazing? The basketball players are more sensitive today. So so what do they do? Sit down and say, I'm not going to move until you (laughs) say you're sorry? (laughs) Seriously, how, how do you measure sensitivities? It must be in the locker rooms. Well, they're more apt to complain, maybe, to the press or to the media. And, you know, in the old days, remember, there used to be that in that statement in the old days in the sports, it never gets out of the locker room. You you, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you're hitting complaining or whatever, you don't talk to the press. 
And, and whatever said is left in the locker room. It's never. And we never saw a professional sports person cry on air. And we see that a lot now. I never thought about that. You know, we lost the game and the guy gets teary. Or we had to fire this player and the, and the coach gets teary. And the golfer, the professional golfer, lost by one stroke that he should have made because he missed an easy putt, and he'll cry. I never thought of that, Walden. I didn't either. Where's John Wayne when we need him? Where's John Wayne when we need him? <laughs> but I never knew that until I went to, it was um, a lot of sports talk show on the weekend now, which are being hosted by females. You know, uh, there are several female uh, sports anchors here. Uh, tonight, I watched the news on two of the three stations, and both had female sports anchors. And so it's, 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 it's a current thing on ESPN that they're trying to groom a lot of females to take over at sports broadcast, and that's what, that, that was their observation, that the millennial generation is different. Hmm. And how. And how. Yeah. <laughs> See, Patricia, you've got a future in sports casting right there. Well, I hope it's not waiting for me. <laughs> you know, then again, how much does it pay? Probably $150,000 or better. I'll, I'll sell my soul. <laughs> <laughs> we finally won her over. You, you just <laughs> had to say that. And you, then she's, you found the button. She, she's a convert right there. <laughs> <laughs> Patricia, we need to do is do two things what she can do very well. Do interviews. Yeah. I mean, yes. she, can do, she can sit down and do these one-on-one interviews for an hour-long show. Yeah. And it'd be very good. And the other one is be the, do, the, do the old pep phrases when they're doing sports highlights. You know, can you imagine Patricia coming up with her own uh, when they do a slam dunk? You know, she'll, she'll have to come up with her own pep phrases, you know. Sure. He hit the center of the garbage can. There you go. Very good. Yeah, and then and then when the guys get on the field and all, they all hug, they're mm. in a cuddle. See? And and stuff like that there. See? Sure. Now that's colorful commentary. You could do it, Patricia. See, we I tried can to be the comic the, relief. We, we tried to get her into the trucking show industry. I know. She wouldn't do that. I know. And we've been trying to talk her into sports, and now, now she's like, Now she's interested. She, but you know what, Dan? She's only interested in the money. Yeah, that's right. I am. That's right. And and I'm not even ashamed of it. Why is she stuck around I mean, here? Well, I you have said no the magic. You said the magic words. One hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Good grief! I could sit in front of a camera and laugh. Uh, I do that well. Uh, I can make other people laugh. That's right. Others have. You could be the Roy. <laughs> you could be the Roy Firestone of today's generation. You know. Okay. The, the sit-down one-on-one interviews. You could be really good at that. Hey, you know, that would be fun. Yeah, tell me what those lines are on the, <laughs> the, that place that you call the field. What are those lines with the numbers? <laughs> <laughs> that is work. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. So sure. 150000 you, you have just purchased. And that's probably just starting salary, my dear. You, you have just purchased me. That's probably just starting salary. Really? And if you got going good, uh, it could be a lot bigger than that. So if I had our entire Saturday night family call the station 
and say, gosh, this is a wonderful feature. Thank you for adding her. Mm-hmm. Now, now let's here. Yeah. Here, here, here's something to consider. Yeah. You know, reporting oh, yeah. on the sport is one thing. Playing the sport means even more cash. More money. Money. I mean, isn't it, it true? Am I Hold correct in thinking it. that even... Even a baseball player is making almost a million dollars a year well, uh, now. Well, well, let's face it, Tom, if you go to the top, like the top ten most paid athletes in the world, several of them are female tennis players. That's right. Yeah, if you look at their, what they make in their endorsement package, they're, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, look I, at I am Williams. so sorry. I, I hate tennis. I just... I cannot play tennis. Okay, but all right. But, 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 but Patricia, for thirty million dollars, I, I am comedy relief on the tennis court as for, well. For for thirty million dollars. Yeah. Thirty million a year. Uh, I'll I'll be a good a good ball retriever. Thirty million. How's professional really? shuffleboarding sound to you? Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> that that'll work. Or curling. And curling, maybe. You could be, be a professional curler. Yeah, I'm, I can do curling, and I'll be the one with the brush, okay? Yes, yes. Maybe, okay. maybe, maybe, maybe. Wait, I know, I know Patricia knows how to play chess. She could be the Bobby Fisher of our time. <laughs> the Bobette? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she, oh, I, I like chess. I'm, I'm not sure about world champion. <laughs> I'm not sure about living room champion. She could be a glow girl. She could be a gorgeous lady of wrestling. Or, you know, I heard this week, I heard this week, the Holm Glowtotters now have female playing on the team. You know, they do have at least one. I do remember her being on the team. Somehow that sounds sacrilegious. <laughs> I mean, really. You could start seeing sweet Georgia Brown, Patricia. You can start whistling that. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh, this is painful. Couldn't I just stay with my hundred and fifty thousand? You just like that. You like to start out with that. I'll, I'll stay with just, that, and you, you know, yeah. interview or uh-huh. give some, introduce some new words to the vocabulary. Uh-huh. I could do that. I can just see Patricia running down the court dribbling. Uh huh. Yeah, but you know, I think she she might want to be the the sports writer. You know how you know in the twenties those those guys were so well known like. Great. Um, you know, she she go back and study the sports writers of the twenty. Those guys were really descriptive writing, and and mm-hmm. uh, it's a different style back in those days compared to what we have now. I can it see is, it. and even even in the old black and white movies, we will watch newspaper reporters mm-hmm. call in their stories and dictate them on the spot, and that reflected reality. Those guys really did that. Well, they had to do theater, theater of the mind. They had to describe it so people could visualize it. Mm-hmm. Now you've got clips that show everything. <sighs> could, you be, then, could, you, could you be the Walter Winchell of today, Patricia? <laughs> <laughs> the wallet. <laughs> I mean, heck, he was making he was making a thousand dollars a minute. Yeah, I know. He also had to pee a lot. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think I can hold it as well as he did. Well, you know, another another uh, <laughs> lucrative job it would be cheerleading, too. 
And it, say that one again. Another lucrative. Cheerleading. 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 Patricia can be one of the cowboy girls or whatever they call those things down there. That's right. Absolutely. Cowboy cheerleaders. We are deteriorating rapidly here. No, thank you. I will stay with my 150,000 and let me interview people and ask fun questions. I tell you, she's just stopping at 150,000 right there. I'm so easy to please. I'm not greedy. I just, you know... That that really perked me up. That's right. You'd be good at it, though. You really would, Patricia. Even if I asked them what those lines were for? I think <laughs> I, I think what you would get more into the personal side. Then it's true. Yeah. It's true. I would. Because, you know, remember the Roy Firestone, the old guy who had you hour-long show? It was more of a personal type of, and, and that's mm-hmm. the way I think you would run those interviews. Yeah. Indeed, I would. Yeah. Indeed, I would. By the time someone gets to the point where they are name recognition and they are so well-respected in their particular sports field, mm-hmm. everybody knows their sports side. It's another side that they've never heard discussed. So, yeah, I, uh, I would do that. You're right. Yeah. You'd be good. Yeah, I'd be good. You'd be good. I will be good. So what's coming up this week for you, Dan? What's coming up for me this week? Um, we're still delving into the bicentennial celebrations coming up. Uh, How's the play? Have, did, have the play? Have you done the play yet, or is that still in the drawing board? The play was last night and yesterday. We put the play on for uh, the high school uh, students yesterday, and it went over really well. They they were quiet as could be. They really were paying attention. And we had 300 people for the evening performance. Oh, right. Really well. Uh, I think we might be able to get a video and send it to you here in a few weeks. Super. Wow, Dan. We we had, uh, I think we had 16 uh, performers in a 20-minute play, 25-minute play. So. Were they all local? Were they all local people who performed? You know, uh, we had a great director who was able to find some great actors, um, and I forget the gentleman's name. He now lives here in the area, um, and I don't have the program with me here, mm-hmm. but uh, he played on uh, the Drew Carey show. He was Wayne Brady's lookalike in one episode. Really nice guy. I met mm-hmm. with him yesterday. Okay. Um, a lot of regional performers here, too. Okay. Uh, just really got into character and really put on a great a great play here. Now, where did the play come from? Did you guys all work together on it to create it? We did. We There was a local story here uh, of a runaway... Uh, well, actually, the man was a free black man here in the area in 1858. Right. And um, he um, basically um, gave his uh, emancipation papers to another, uh, uh, you know, Person. slave owner who or to a slave and he ran off to California and uh and it really worked out well they came over and captured the free man took him back to Kentucky nearly started a border war in 1858 prior to the Civil War and um yeah it, it's a great interesting story I will send you a copy of the um, story you might be interested in it wow and uh yeah we'll see what we can do about maybe posting the performance online and 
Yeah, it's it's pretty. It it just. I saw the morning performance with the school, uh, with the students, and and there was really nothing I would change in the play. It just was perfect. It was perfect top to bottom. You know, just the way everything came together. So a lot of people did some good work on that. So what's the next big part of the celebration, then? What's the next thing you are going to be focusing on? Uh, I'm working on bringing in our fourth grade students uh, throughout the whole county, and we're putting together uh, six different stations where we'll have reenactors portraying historic figures here in the area. Oh. And um, we'll have like a 30-minute performance, and then we'll move them to a different station. And uh, that will go from about 9 a.m. till about 2 in the afternoon. And when you're hoping to have that ready by? Uh, that will be um, the first three Fridays in April. We're doing one. April 1st will be the run-through with homeschoolers, uh, homeschool children. And then we're doing the other two school systems here in um, on, on the 8th and the 15th. That's a quick turnaround, so you got to be ready in six weeks or so. Oh, yeah. We've been working on it for about, well, since November, coming up with all the details. Okay. Uh, lining up uh, a, caterer, a caterer coming mm -hmm. in, feeding the students, uh, you know, and uh, then we've got the actors coming in, you know, kind of putting together a bio, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just first-person narratives, you know, telling students what they're famous for. Just a lot of you need an interviewer? I'm yeah. sorry? You need an, interview, an interviewer? Do you, you need an interviewer? I'm for sale, 150K. <laughs> <laughs> Only no 150K, huh? huh? 150K, yeah. Okay, does that mean if I get a box of alphabets, I sort out 150Ks? <laughs> Very good comeback. <laughs> no, the answer is no, but that was a good. Could you talk who's your talk, Patricia? Who's your talk? Yeah. How? Who do who's your talk like? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just no, we're just above Kentuckian, so that should tell you one thing. Y'all. What? Are you are you y'all y'all? <laughs> are y'all y'all? <laughs> yeah, Harwood taught us that. If you're talking um, to a group of people, it's you all, you all, or y'all, y'all. Yeah. If you're yeah. talking to one person, it's y'all. Y'all. Uh, I'm pretty sure I got that that lesson I think, correct. I, I, I think you do have that lesson down, Pat, yes. Now, where where okay. is he from again? North Where's Carolina. he located? North Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina. He that, should that, know. That's north of Indiana, right? Uh, well, it depends on what part of Indiana. Oh, okay. I thought you guys are just you just kind of fall all over the place on the map. <laughs> well, where I'm located, we're surrounded by Kentucky on three sides. Three sides? No kidding. Go figure. That's what the way this. That's the way the Ohio runs down through here. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you know, Dan, you would cover on the fourth side by Kentucky, then they can just say you're in K Kentucky, right? That's right, absolutely. Yep. No, you uh, you head west out of Louisville, you go through Indiana, and then you can run right back into Kentucky. 
Can you tell the difference? What is the difference between somebody from Kentucky and somebody from Indiana? <laughs> Their addresses, for starters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know, uh, there, there's such an interplay between Indiana and Kentucky here. So there's really no rivalry except for basketball? Oh, yes. Big rivalry for basketball, right. yeah. That, that's the big rivalry. But at the rest, are they pretty civil with each other? Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> yes, basketball is the one it's, line. It's the divided only... line, yeah. Yes. Did you see what happened with the... I know. John Calipari yep. today? Oh, well, I, I think it was in, uh, uh, in South Carolina. Yeah, it was in South Carolina, yeah, yes. He got... The Kentucky basketball coach... Uh, they'd played, I think, two or three minutes. The teams had uh, Kentucky was at five points, South Carolina was at two points, and the coach got kicked two out. technicals and then kicked out of the game. And, and after uh, two minutes, after two minutes, yes, after two minutes, what did minutes, he do? After two minutes, what did was he do? Boy, minutes? he he set a new record. What did he do? Well, he had some run-ins with South Carolinians before. He'd been kicked out in the game by them before, so he must have said something. Um, I'm not privileged, or we—it's something that we can't say on the air, I guess, huh? Well, I don't think I—I I don't think we know. I think it might I be was, a good thing. I was trying to watch up and read what he said, but I—I I didn't get a good, clear picture there. Somebody speculated today on a support talk show. Maybe he had a favorite restaurant. He was trying to get, figure he didn't want to bother to stick around for the game to go and go have a bite to eat somewhere. Well, I want to tell you one thing. The the fellow who is the assistant coach at Kentucky now, his name is, I believe it's Kenny Payne, and he played for Louisville back in the 80s. And he uh, handled the news conference today. Uh-huh. I, I almost suspect Calipari might have just... Uh, done that so Kenny Payne could have got, gotten some practice coaching today. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, uh, Mr. Payne is very uh, articulate and just it probably raised Kenny Payne's uh, interest as a uh, coach a, at another place. So I think it might have been kind of a little hoax going on. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, the two technicals were, you know, honest to good, oh. but I think he won. He I think he made him help with a couple of people. His assistance. Well, sort of like what happened to Wisconsin this year. Uh, you know, they Wisconsin went to the final last year in basketball, and their coach quit during like just before um, semester break. Okay, he had a favorite. Yeah. He had a favorite assistant, and he wanted, okay. to, and the assistant took over the coach for the rest of the year. So, sure, you know, yeah. became the interim coach. Right. Yes. And usually, if they have an interim coach, the interim coach usually becomes coach. Yep. Yes. Well, I think that might have been the case with the Kentucky uh, situation today. Maybe mm-hmm. we, we had a bit of a role reversal golf. here. His team was restraining him as opposed to the coach restraining his players. <laughs> this is very interesting. Yes, he had a yep. few words with one of the refs. And he had a few words with some of the players, and he had a few words, and he had too many words. Yeah. And he was he was invited to a room close to the <laughs> – I think they call it the uh, locker room. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my but, goodness. But if, That's just not good. Close, 
if you see the post game interview, uh, Kenny Payne is uh, you know, telling about what he did, you know, in, with the in his coaching, you know, as mm-hmm. assistant, and and I, I would say he would be a good coach at any smaller school, you know. I know what Patricia could do tomorrow on Valentine's Day. What? She could watch the NBA All Star game, aren't you, Patricia? What? Okay. Well, it's, they're playing the NBA All Star game tomorrow. Oh, hooray! Up in Toronto. Oh, wonderful. Okay. You're not going to watch that. I'm so excited. Thank you for flagging it for me. Well, I, I sent her a link to you know watching you know the Super Bowl online, and she turned it down. You know, yes, she did. You know, once she start making one hundred. I didn't get to watch the Kitty Bowl this year. Yeah, you know, once she make one hundred fifty k a year, guess what she's going to be doing? Do commentary on all this stuff, right? Don't I get? Don't oh dear. So I'm going to have to have a separate show if I'm going to cross into various professional sports. Well, or maybe we'll just hire you a sickness to go watch it all for you, and you, they can give you the clip notes. No, no, it don't work that no, way. No, 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 that will never do, never do, never do. Well, you know, I've said we need a Patricia network, you know, where mm-hmm. she just goes on and they play all of her mm-hmm. interviews over all these years. Are we into 10 years of Patricia now? Oh, pretty cool. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you know what I was transferring this afternoon? Yeah. What? Uh, I can't wait. Uh, October 20th, October 22nd, 2011, when Patricia sat down and talked to June Foray. Really? We yeah. tried to. No, I mean, seriously, she's got a, a really serious hearing problem, right. and we, we just couldn't hit the right uh, the right tone or the right wavelength. I think she said um, she had a battery problem and her phone was a mess, so we tried. It, but it, but it, most of it, what I've been checking, most of it's all been good. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Now, she had a birthday this weekend, right? Mm, it, her birthday is in September. She'll be 99 in September. Oh, okay. I thought I saw her. Mar- yeah, Marsha Hunt, she turned 99 in October. B. Wayne turned 99 in April. Uh, Nancy Sinatra, senior, turned 99 in March. It's, wow. the year, it's the year of 99. It must be. Oh, uh, now, and you're forgetting Patricia's favorite 99 year old who turned 99 last weekend. Yeah. Josh Gabor. That's right. There's five of them. Yeah. Josh we Jaja, need to have Steve, Peter Sellers would say. Peter Sellers in The Pink Panther, uh-huh. he would say, we must have speaks. Can you imagine you interviewing Josh Patricia? What kind of, how, how would you handle that particular interview? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, I, would, I would like to have in my contract the right to refuse all. Now, I sent you a link to Jaja Gabor's exercise tape. I know, and I only got halfway through, and I said, I just can't do any more of this. I mean, she started it out, Walden, by telling, or very early, telling us how her father told her if she didn't take care of herself and stay beautiful, she'd never get a husband. And she said, but darling, I have eight. That, That was in there. And actually, she's on her ninth, so I don't know how old the exercise dealy was, but she's on her ninth. 
and the, and the longest she's been with him or he's been with her i'm not sure which uh for quite a quite a long time quite a few years nine husband what do you think patricia i think pretty soon we can have a baseball team <laughs> <laughs> You know, we just need a just need a couple of more for uh, you know to sit in the dugout. You can't be more topical than Shasha. I mean, she's the great aunt to uh, Paris Hilton. Right? Yes, well, and yeah, that's that's a good point. Yes, that's a good point. I I I, I would like the right to refusal. <laughs> Please, I'll I'll write that into my contract for you before we sign it and agree. You know, I'm sure you have a couple of conditions as well. I'll make out my list. Uh, I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Such fun. So what's coming up on the show this week? Tomorrow night, Joan Benny's our special live guest. Oh, wow. What time? Uh, so it'll be at 7.30 West Coast, 10.30 Eastern Time, and we're going to take phone calls. And oh. Jack's Jack, birthday is tomorrow, so Joan's going to be on with us tomorrow night. That's right. I forgot his yep. birthday was Valentine's Day. Yep. So that that is the big, uh, the big thing for tomorrow. Sounds fun. Yep. How right, long has Dan... he been going now? Has he been going forty years? Forty-one yep. years? Yep. Forty two yeah, years. It'll be forty-two in Christmas time. Yeah. 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 I thought. Yeah. And then Eddie Anderson lived uh, three or four years after he. He lived had... three more years, and I located his son. Did you? And I haven't been able to, I've written to them and everything, I haven't been able to persuade them. Well, not what they did, I thought it was really interesting. Um, it was, I think, in Rochester's will to turn his house into something for good for the community. So yeah. it's, it's an yeah. alcohol drug rehab place. Um, and that was in California? It's in California, yeah. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. one of these big mansion kind of thing, and I think his his son is the head of the foundation to try to, you know, do to try to do good with that. And so sure. I've been, uh, I haven't been successful yet because I thought it'd be fun to have Rochester's son on. Sure. Show, you know. How old, how old is Rochester's son now? Boy, got you. That's a great question, Dad. I would say guy be in his seventies for sure. Yeah. Do I have to look oh, it up? Yes. Yes. 450K? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Oh, okay, God. let's see. Children, uh, are you looking... Right, check to... Eddie Anderson. No, he's, Eddie, he's got... He's Eddie. got um, Evangela, Eddie, Eddie. Stephanie... And Billy. Yeah, Eddie's the one. That's so you want Eddie the, Jr. Yeah, he's the one that's running the foundation. Okay, and hold on. Eddie Anderson Jr. Let's see here. Um, he runs. It's called Rochester House. Everybody, that's what No, I well, I've I've got. Oh, oh, oh! I'm sorry. And that's the you know that's the facility that he runs. Yeah. No. Uh, 1956. Now, 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 had uh, had Andy Anderson done much acting before he got onto the uh, Jack Benny show? Yeah, yeah, he was a big, well-known vaudevillian 
Yeah, I did uh -huh. a lot of acting. It just, you know, that just put him on the map. Uh-huh, yes. There you go. That's a good trivia question. What was, his what was his first name on the Jack Benny radio show? I think I know this, but I could be wrong. Yep. He was a, he, a, he was a train porter, and they had a different name for him than Rochester. Yes. A uh, place in New York, right? Right. Absolutely, Dan. Yes. Syracuse. Very good, Dan. That's right. You're hot stuff. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, it got to be around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not bad, not bad. So have you put any more old-time radio reference book in the library yet? Uh, Not not so much. I've looked at buying a few okay. for my own personal use. So... But, uh, we have, we What's got, your favorite genre? What's my favorite genre of old-time yeah. radio? Uh-huh. Uh, I kind of like it all. I like comedy more than other genres. I kind of like some of the mysteries that are out there. I'm not a huge science fiction fan. I can tolerate it. <laughs> <laughs> damning with faint praise, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I think sci-fi is one of those, you're in love with it or not. I don't think there's much of an in-between. Yes. I think you're right about that. Yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy science fiction um, programs and... I'm interested when I hear an actor like Joseph Kearns or, you know, Bill Conrad in, you know, a different genre than, you, than you're used to hearing them. I think m m besides the kids' sci-fi, I, I like Tom Corbett as a kid version, but, as a, but the uh, adults don't. I like the ones that have a comedy bent to them. I think those are fun. Yes. Now, I, I found it interesting that episode, that suspense episode was like Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Mm -hmm. And didn't Jack Benny do one, too? Yep, did two of them. Two or three of yeah. them, yeah. And, and then uh, one that was recently played here was uh, the Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball. Right. One, two, that was interesting. I think, I think it was Elliot Lewis who came up with the idea to get a lot of comedians involved. There's one with Danny Kaye, one with Rich Skelton, one with Bill mm -hmm. Harris, Alex Faye. Uh, so I guess they're, you know, they're putting in a series dramatic, Milton Berle, there's a series dramatic taste to them. Uh-huh, yes. It, uh, it's proved that they were more than comedians, they were truly actors. Yes. Yep. They had to think on their feet. <coughs> Indeed. Okay, well, Dan, before you go, yeah. I have to give you some pieces of Valentine's Day information because, you see, uh -huh. I've got ten pages of it, and we're not going to waste it. <laughs> Are we ready? <laughs> um, like, you're, like the, you're like this old relative who yeah. says, you're, you must go home. I'm giving you a little food to go home. And it's like, oh, great. Yes. Oh yeah. Here's, here's here's your doggy bag. <laughs> no, we're we're not giving you doggy bags. We are using some of my Valentine information here. 
Okay, what is the average amount, this is average, men and women, average amount spent on Valentine's Day for their sweethearts? I heard this, and I'm trying to remember the amount. It To me, it sounded just I was surprised an astronomical the... figure. I was Am I too. thinking correctly, $140 per person? I heard... Between 130 and $140, it, they, one site split it out into male and female, and Walden, I'm really sorry. Dan, I'm really sorry. The guys tend to spend as much as $160 on their sweethearts. The girls spend eighty dollars well, on I their sweetheart. I, I thought her number, and I don't know, was a five hundred and fifty. And I think, holy cats! Sure, it wasn't Christmas. Wow. Well, I wonder if it, if it come, maybe in the jewelry department. I don't know. I was just going to say, I wonder if that includes the engagement rings right. that are given out. Right. Good thought. Good thought. Okay. All right. Let me see here. What do I win, Johnny? Um, hmm. What did I win, Johnny? <laughs> well, this is this is a pays to be ignorant, <laughs> <laughs> and you're not. So, the greeting card association expects people to spend how much this year on Valentine's Day cards? Um. Well, hold on. How many Valentine cards do you give to people? Well, it depends. Well, that, know, that was going to be my next question. Yes, sir, yes, remember, as kids in elementary school, we used to give out a bunch of Valentine cards to the different classmates. We in my school, we did. And I don't know if they do that anymore. I think probably not. Yeah, I think that's playing favorites or something like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 I will well, say. <laughs> I will say. Um. $49.82. For the entire Christmas and the entire Valentine's Day cards for the entire country? Oh, oh, I thought you meant, I thought you said how much does the average person spend? Oh, no, we're oh. moving on. We're into the greeting cards here. The average person oh, okay. spends $130. $130. Doesn't that scare us? It scares me. I'm waiting for my 150k contract here, <laughs> so I'm I have to be frugal until it arrives. Yeah, I might be low on that too, my dear. It, it could be really? more. Yeah. Hey, I'm cheap. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the competitive department. If they want to hire me for 250, I'll offer 150 and be guaranteed to the job. Hey, I say it with bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gee. Okay. Uh, greeting cards. How much money will people spend this year on Valentine's Day cards? $50. No, no. Aggregate. The entire amount for the country. Oh, oh, oh. The, the entire country. The entire mm -hmm. country. Uh, gosh. Average greeting how card much, today costs dollars how much does Hallmark make? That's probably an easier question. No, no, this is the Greeting Card Association, oh. so it, it's not. I mean, of course, Hallmark is included in Wait, here. But they, they, there's, uh, there's another brand of Greeting Card besides Hallmark? Of course. American Greeting. I don't know what it is, but there's that. <laughs> 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 I'll find it if you want. I think it's still out there. Yeah, shoebox. Um, there's shoebox cards. 
They're fun. They're hallmarks, but yes, they are. Yeah. Okay, total amount spent in this country this year will be how much money for greeting cards? $250 million. Walden? Well, I'm going to say $300 million, but I'm going to exact it up to $500 million. How about $1,290,000? Wow. How many well, cards not, are people going to buy for this $1 billion dollars with a B? Well, I bet greeting cards are not cheap now. No, they are not. Well, an average greeting card that's just a folded piece of paper is usually about $5, and then, you know, you can get them with the play music. Those are about 10 or They're taking lessons from the movie poster people. You get a chunk of paper that was tacked up on the wall in a movie house, and you pay $600,000 for it today. Go figure. Is that a racket? It's a racket. It's a racket. It's the kind of stuff that makes me ill. Because my father was a cleaner outer, <laughs> he threw out a Tiffany lamp one time. <laughs> you say it makes you ill? I'm sure there's a greeting card for that, too. <clears throat> there probably is, but, you know, everything stood out by the curb, and it was gone in 12 minutes. Yes. <laughs> I was so thankful that if, if he didn't recognize the value of these things, that somebody did. So, it's um, <laughs> just incredible. Okay. okay. So, so, how many just, cards? Just, just think... Think what kind of money you could be making writing little rhymes or what those greetings on those cards between. You're like Mr. Wimple. Yeah. That's right. Hello, folks. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it's one point one point two billion. Right. We're we're a billion dollars spent on the cards. Yeah. And how many cards will that billion dollars buy? Take $6 and divide it in. That'd be my guess, Dan. What do you think? I'd almost say $10 per $10 a card? I mean, by, by the time you average up the traditional uh-huh. folded paper card and average down the, um, the, you know, the ones that play music, I'd say 10 or $15 per card. I wonder, Probably 10 what, what is the most expensive card out there? You know, I think, you know, like, Patricia likes the adult coloring books. Yeah. I've seen cards that large. No, I I like um the, I like the, the kid, kid stuff. The kid book. I don't want to grow like? up. You have to concentrate. Gotcha. So yeah. something like that would be what thirty forty bucks. Well, I just divided, and it looks like the average cost is about seven dollars. So I guess for one of these hotshot Valentine's Day cards, you can spend ten and fifteen dollars on those puppies. That's what Dan was thinking. Yeah. So, so we're talking about a hundred million cards. Um, one hundred and forty-five million. One hundred and forty-five billion dollars. That's a lot. A billion of, yeah. dollars on chunks of paper. That's a lot. I mean, of, yeah. I I I can't get my brain around these things. Give me my contract, please. <laughs> I'm so, cheap, one hundred and fifty thousand. I'm really cheap. Isn't so my that amazing? My my grandmother sold Hallmark cards. Did she? Hallmark shop. Yes. You remember the slogan? I think one of the great uh, slogans. Yes, I do know the slogan. Okay, Dan, go right ahead. When you care to send the very best. When you care enough. You send bourbon balls. Yeah. 
and bourbon balls. <laughs> they were good. They were good. They could make a convert out of me. I don't drink, but they could make a convert out of me. My gosh, they were good. <laughs> Who used to say that? Mm, good. That would be Andy Griffith. Did he say that? Okay. Uh, yes, he did. He would say that to Aunt B. Mm, good. When she would right. serve him lunch or something or speaking, fried chicken. Speaking of Andy Griffith, that um, mm-hmm. uh, Tony Dow's wife was posting a picture of of Howard McNear cutting Wally's hair in the 1958 Leave It to Beaver show, and that should have been before Howard had been Floyd the Barber on the Andy Griffith show. And we're, oh you know, my goodness! Don't stop, boy, that's a fun. Fun little piece. Oh of my goodness! Yeah. All right, let's see. Hard McNair was actually the second Floyd the Barber. Was he? I was surprised. I looked up how young he was when he passed away. How young? He was 63, and he he suffered a debilitating stroke before then. And and they said the cast, Andy, really wanted him back, and he was a lot slower, and they always had him sitting down, especially outside. And you see, he always was holding something in his left hand, and so everything he uh-huh. was his right. But the the fam, you know, the, the TV fan wanted him back so much that they uh, adapted adapted to put to, to work with him. Uh huh. Actually, he w- he was off the show for a year and a half. Right, because of the stroke. Because of the stroke. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, we can do a couple of more Valentines here. Don't go away. Don't go away. Oh, boy. I'm doing oh boy. three things at the same time. And um, I'm looking for Eddie Anderson Jr. stuff. Right. And he started a substance abuse and mental health center. So I'm going to have to find him through that because he's not listed anywhere else. Hold anywhere on. Else. Yeah, that's what I went and tried sent the letter to. I just never heard back. And I think it's called the Rochester House, but I don't know if I, they buy I'm seeing it. something called the Rochester House. It looks like a museum. Hmm. Is that possible? Is, could it could it be the older Eddie Anderson's home? Yeah, it's the older. That's what they do, That's what they cook the older Eddie, and they convert it into the clinic. Wow, I mean, it is some hotshot place. Yeah. My goodness. Okay. Walden. All right. Walden, were you- were you telling the story, or did I read it someplace that someone confronted Jack Benny once, uh, saying, "Well, my goodness, you know, you you shouldn't have Rochester be your valet." Right. And Benny replied, "He's not my valet. In fact, he has his own valet. He got five, <laughs> five valets, five valets, wow. and he had boats and everything else." And yes, uh, he wrote that in a letter. It was a letter from a fan. And he wrote that, and I think Joan put it in the book, or it was in Jack part of it of the book. And uh, that you know, what he pays him, he can have five servants or whatever. Could yeah. could you help me know? Was he? Well, he had to be married. He has a bunch of kids here. Yeah. And he he did. I guess he stayed with his wife. Yeah. I mean, this was not typical Hollywood stuff. He I think he got might married have, I think really he meant mar- it. I think he married twice. Maybe the first one passed away or something. Mm. But I think he was at least mm-hmm. married twice, I think. Because Spurvac, John Lowy had the um, the widow phone number at one time. I don't know if they ever talked uh, to her. Okay. Okay. All right. We are into 
Russell Stover. But, again, I think he's another one who suffered a stroke very early, and he was not in great shape for the latter part of his life, too. The, uh, senior or junior? Senior. Uh, a senior, of course, yeah. it's senior. We've got junior here. Okay, this is a true or false question. You may both duke it out and come up with one answer because it pays to be ignorant. You want Dan, uh, could, should I have Dan to sing the song? What? You know, the opening song to Pace Bigger, you know, they always open with a song on the radio show. I don't know what the opening song is. Well, we can have Dan sing it. You want to look up Dunning's book? Maybe you want to sing it. I don't think the music is in Dunning's book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, you're looking oh, for the words? Song, but I wouldn't know the, the words. Word? Yeah. Song. It pays to be ignorant. It pays. You know, that's the way the song went. Uh-huh. And, and just about the same quality as the show. <laughs> <laughs> that thing makes now, me now, crazy. Now, Patricia, yes, if Walter. you made that one your awful show, Frank she might call in. You never know. Remember, that's why I I've did been... make it one of my awful shows. <laughs> now, haven't you been catching a lot of grief here lately on your uh, oh, yeah. picks for awful shows? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> shouldn't, you, shouldn't you be treading a little lightly here? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, but I already did it. She's fearless. <laughs> Anonymity breeds. <laughs> Anonymity breeds well, really bad behavior. Well, I can't wait when she starts taking on the sacred cows of the old-time radio hobby. That's what we're Oh, taking. boy. Boy, I took on the cows, the bulls. I took on the whole farm. <sighs> okay. Let's see here. Question. I'm Question. <laughs> Russell Stover's what? candies, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, all right. Let's see. Russell Stover. Um, Russell Stover. Is it... I'm trying to shape these into... Okay. Um, Russell Stover is the number one boxed chocolate company in the United States. True. Who comes... On that? All right. They're number one. And it is the third largest candy company. Which companies are ahead of Russell Stover? Okay. Let me think here now. Oh, I, I know um, one. I know one. Am I off the bat? Yeah, go ahead. Whitman. The Whitman well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. No, no, but I'm, this is chocolate. This, they're, they're number one in the boxed chocolate company, but um, in regular, just plain old vanilla chocolate, they're number sure. three in the chocolate industry. Oh, Who's I, number one and two? Okay, oh, that's interesting. I was thinking, I, was, I thought they were number three in the box. Department. So no, they're they're number one in the box really? department. I thought Whitman yeah. would they have beaten them out because You know that's interesting. See, but I you know, I I see both of them. Yeah, I they're think, in the high class department of Walgreens drugs. I know. I think that's what I mean. I think Whitman has a longer brand life. I think it's been around longer or more well known. Well, I just happen well, to have some information on Mr. Stover, so we have to answer uh, this one first. Russell, Russell Stovers are sold in all Hallmark shops. I know that much. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we need Please. to do, well, one and two. Go, Dan, go take a crack. I got. I think we know one of them. So, I think I know both of them okay. here. How about Hershey's and how about Nestle? Hershey is one, not Nestle. Nestle. Wow. Nestle, okay. Wow. You want to tell you, yes? I don't Alton? know. I don't know of any other chocolate. Um, Nestle, uh, Nestle or... or not 
Number uh, two is it a well-known name? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not Wrigley. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they don't have a chocolate company. Oh, gee. Um, chocolate. Now, is it a can- a- do they make a well-known candy or something? Mm-hmm. They make several well-known candies. Okay, here, here, here it is. Here it is. How about Mars? It is Mars. Wow. You are correct. Now I think I think Wiggly bought Mars out. What? I don't know that. What? I could think, have. I think they have. You're joshing me. You no. just don't want me to earn my 150k. Yes, I do. Because because I'm going to go and negotiate a better deal for you than that. <gasps> Gee whiz, we've got. A promoter in Bobbin, Wisconsin, and now I've got a negotiator and a manager here. Wow. Union rep, in, don't forget me. I'm impressed That's with right. me. That's right. What? what? Dan what? wants to be your union rep. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. union well, you, can, you, you, can, you can be the first line of defense when someone claims sexes. Sexes. <laughs> You're my first line of defense. Okay. Um... Um, hold on. That, that, that's, I never would have thought of Mars. That's a great, great guess, Dan. Good, good. You know, the the puzzling that, or the thing that makes it a puzzle for us is that they've got a Mars bar. And typically we'll think, oh, the Mars company makes Mars bars. What's next? And we forget that it's an entire company. It's not yeah. they named the candy after the company. We always think of the not candy. Their only yeah. Exactly, yeah. and it's not their only product by any means. Okay, let me see here. We have, um, where does the expression wear your heart on your sleeve come from? And it has to do with Valentine's Day. The Vermont teddy bear. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, those, it's 3 o'clock. It's time to go. Those $99 bears. So oh, my God. So yes, the ones I can go to bed with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a real bear for half that price, I'm sure. Well, you know what I'm thinking. Uh, can, can you, <laughs> I'm not going to take that one to bed. We, we know Patricia lives in a 600-square-feet apartment. Can that four-foot yeah. bear get into that apartment? I don't know. It might be too big. Too All right, big. now, wait a minute. It's about 650 square feet. So. Oh, okay. I'll make room. I've got a, I've got, you know, I'm, you, you know, I have a futon, but it's a big one. I mean, you know, it's bigger than a full-size bed, so Maybe we can be, sit together. Wait a minute. Are you sure the bed wouldn't push you off and take the bed by himself? No, I'll, I'll be up against the wall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he might squash me, but <laughs> he won't push me out of bed. No, I'd say it's a big one. So I have, I have lots of room for a bear. Okay. Where is the art? Where what is the origin of the expression, wear your heart on your sleeve? Well, I always thought it was a sensitivity thing. Mm-hmm. So it must be... That's, that's the way we use it today. Yeah, it must be this generation. The millennials, the millennials came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hard word to say. Millennials, yeah. Millennials, no. No, it's been around for a very yeah, long time. Yeah, I know they have. Dan, help. What, what do you think? I 
I've heard the expression. I'm not sure of the origin. Um, was it? It was Teddy Roosevelt when he refused to shoot the teddy bear. What do you think? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, okay. I don't buy that. Okay. Okay. I think we're all getting tired. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gee, forgive him. He knows not what he does. <laughs> Did it have to do with the medical condition? No. Okay. No, it was from. It actually goes back to the Middle Ages. Would wow. you believe? It was Young King, men. King Henry VIII when he chopped off the his six wives' head and said, "I I had a heart on my sleeve." You know, Henry VIII is in here. Oh, wait a minute! No, it's Henry VII. Never mind. Okay. Um, it was in the Middle Ages, mm-hmm. and young men and young women drew names from bowls to see who would be their Valentine, and they would wear this name pinned onto their sleeves for a whole week oh. for everyone to see, and that was the origin of "You wore your heart on your sleeve." Very nice. Isn't that that's a sweet custom? Yeah. I never knew where it came from. Okay, I don't think it's one more. Day. One more. What year was, and this is worldwide now, not just in this country, what yeah. year was Valentine's Day made an official holiday? Is it worldwide or, or, or United States? All over the world, yes. The first, the first official Valentine's Day was And why did, they choose Febu- why did they choose February 14th? Because that's the day St. Valentine was supposed to have been beheaded. Oh, I never knew that. Okay. There, yeah. Well, there's there's another explanation that the the Christians chose um, pagan holidays throughout the right, year, right. and the there is some pagan celebration that happened around February 14th, and oh, that's why they chose that as okay. a love day with Cupid oh. and Saint Valentine and all stuff like that. There. Okay. First, the the year official holiday. I have a guess. Okay. Okay. 1878. Good guess, not close. Walden? 1931. Good guess, not close. High or low? (laughs) (laughs) You just roll the dice, sir. The higher or my low? 1537. King Henry VII declared February 14th the holiday of St. Valentine's Day. That's 1537. We've been buying Christmas. Buying well, we really haven't been buying cards. It was in the 1800s. You mean, mean Columbus went to the New World 45 years before we started this thing? What? Well, he left in 1492, right? So Yeah. You know, so he was, a, he was ahead of Valentine by 45 years. I doubt if he had any... Valentine's on the boats coming over. No no candy, no nothing like that from his sweetheart? No, no, no candy, no I, nothing. I think they had to make room for water. <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, oh, see, uh, all of these numbers did not include the packaged kids' Valentines. So, okay, let's see. Okay, this is from the Hallmark site. How many countries... Celebrate Valentine's Day, and which are they? I'll tell you, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, plus the United States. So name four, and I'll give you a high five. You want to start, Walden? England. 
That's a given because they declared it a holiday. Okay. <laughs> All right, Dan, you're Germany. Ger- Germany? Germany? Nope. Ooh. Ooh, they're a cold How about France? Country. How France? About France? Good. Your turn, Dan. Uh, how about Holland? Nope. Nope. Okay, how about Italy? He's he's giving romantic, really soft, sweet countries. Yes, Italy. Walden is three to zero here. Okay, Dan, your turn. Uh, 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 Canada. Canada. Dan gets one. We're three to one. Okay. And I asked for four. I think the United Kingdom was a gimme, so I'm I want one more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. you know how passionate I know. Is. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go with a country close to Patricia's heart. Ireland. No. Well, that would be, that would be considered part of the United Kingdom. So, yeah. Your turn, Dan. How about Mexico? Mexico. All right. We finished three to two. Now that's pretty respectable. Not bad. Not okay. And it only took you eighteen guesses. <laughs> 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 yes, it's Canada, Mexico, United Kingdom, France, Australia, Denmark, and Italy. Well, I was close. I said Harlan and yeah. Denmark was one. Yeah, right, Denmark, sure. Yeah. We should have given it to you. They spelled it right. differently, though. That's right. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. When did Hallmark put out its first Valentine's card? I'm assuming it's. Uh, I'm assuming it was after 1537. It was after 1537. Okay. I will say I'm not even sure when Hallmark became a company, let alone. I was going to ask where it's, it's a, where it's a corporate headquarters. You you know. Well, I I believe I'll go back and check it, but I'm pretty confident it is the same year they offered Valentine's cards. That was one of their leader products. I bet. That was the that was when the corporation was or the company was founded. That's what I was gonna guess, yeah. Well, Hallmark is in Kansas City, Missouri. Very good. Yes. We're playing Walden think, here, aren't we? Yeah. Well we're trying uh, well, to Well I'm just I'm just telling you what I know and and I'm building <laughs> on it here. I think Hallmark started in nineteen ten, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah, you could be. I could be wrong? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you could be. Mm-hmm. But they've had their, they're over 100 years, I believe. Mm-hmm. 1910, yeah, that would be about right. Um, I will say 1925. Walden? 1822. Well, that's, that's pretty far back. The Hallmark Company was founded in 1913, and that's when they put out their first Valentine card. Well, seven years well, off, I guess. I, I wonder what... Made them cat, you know, became the the car, the go-to card company with the excellent promotion. You know, great promotion. Excellent promotions. They yeah. branched out into different kinds of cards, and they were the leaders. I think they were the first greeting card company. Uh, there were probably companies that created greeting cards as part of their lineup, but I think they were the the first greeting card company in the world. I think so Hallmark now I have to has, go back and check that, think, right? Yeah. You don't want me to Hallmark do that. has it's been producing late. movie specials for years. They have. Back into the 50s. 
and maybe even on radio. Or on radio. They go back to radio days, you bet. I mean, That's right. Yeah. You know, it would be great to have a spokesperson from Hallmark because it would be some interesting history if you think about it. Um, I'll add it to my list. All right. But Hallmark. When you care enough. Right under Hillary. I mean, you know. Hemingway, not Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you know, though, if you think about what are we going to say? Oh, they have, such, they have such a loyal a loyal audience. I mean, think of they the... They do. They have they, a very loyal client base. Think of the Christmas mm-hmm. ornaments. Those things sell out, and those are not cheap. Nope. Though they are not cheap. They are very expensive. And they've got um, Christmas goodies, not, not only the ornaments, but you can get music boxes yeah. by Hallmark. They've really expanded yeah. their... Um, product lines a lot. Okay, let me see. What have we got here? Not including a second time. Okay. Um, we already sort of covered that. Okay. Now there is one. Um, I want to give you the date. Find. No, that's not it. Oh, you're so patient. Okay. All right, the first ever Valentine's Day card is on display in the British Museum in England. Within 50 years on either side, what is the date on that card? Well, if the holiday began in 1537... I will say logic does not work on these things, and that's just huh? a heads up. What now? Logic does not work on some of these things, and this is one of them. You're starting uh, off on a logical course with yes. the date when it was declared an official holiday, yes. which does not relate well to the first ever Valentine's Day card. It doesn't say where it came from, who sent it, who got it just that it's on display at the British Museum in England. Well, I would say it probably went to the Queen Mum. Hmm. Wouldn't you? I, I, it would, it, I don't know. I mean, how, how would you look at a piece of paper or whatever they put it on? It could have been papyrus for all I know. Did I pronounce that right? Papyrus or, yeah? A little differently than that, but yeah, and and that's what I'm asking. I've yeah. never heard it said out loud that I can recall. Well, how, how uh, do you say it, Dan? What? Didn't they have something called the little penny dreadfuls in England? Probably. It sounds okay. familiar, but anyway, it's on display and dated 1415. Wow. Now 1415. Wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't, how, how do you begin to research something like that? So this I realize is just something, this is just something that was printed or was it handwritten or? All it says is, this, well, I'm assuming it was hand done because you couldn't buy anything like that. They didn't come in until the 1840s, I think. When did we start having a Gutenberg Bible? That was 500 years ago, right, or something, right? I'm just trying to think. When did we really start using paper? It might be something else besides paper, like Patricia was pointing out. Yes. It could have been written on a clamshell. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I'm not going to research this, but it's a 1415. Well, it's, it's only 3.15 in the morning, but I know. It's it's really getting wind down time for me. I know. Um, okay, we'll do one more, okay? Um, one more, one more. Oh, I've got so much stuff here. Just a minute. Just a minute. Um, okay. <laughs> Out of the $1.1 billion. With a B? With a B. $1.1 billion. Billion, trillion, zillion? Will be spent on Valentine sweets, candy. Mm -hmm. And this is according to the National Confectioners Association. So I'm trusting it. 75% of it will be chocolate. I'm surprised that low. I am too, but you know, you get the little candy kisses—not uh, kisses, but you know, the little candy hearts and stuff like that. There, okay. Russell Stover, out of that 1.1 billion, how much does Russell Stover expect to capture in that market? It's the biggest boxed candy going. Seven million. How, how could the guy spend $160 on, on Russell Stover candy? Well, remember, remember, don't you understand how, well, you don't know how guys think. They generally buy they generally buy a box for her and something for them to snack on, right? Or they buy the biggest box for her and they, they make sure they help themselves, right? Okay. Well, Russell Stover does not cost this amount of money. Anyway. I could, when you can buy it in a drugstore, it's like, you know, visit your Rexall druggist and yeah, he'll help yeah, you yeah. pick out your but, Christmas presents. I think the last time I looked, they're not, like, it's almost 20 bucks. Yes, candy is stuff. Yeah, I mean, for the drugstore candy, it's not, yeah. you know. No, it, it, it's not cheap. No. That's for sure. But it it's not $160 worth. So hey, the guys are really into this. Hey, hey, what full-time radio... Old-time radio character used to buy a lot of candy in the drugstore. Never McGee. Yeah, um, Leroy, Leroy would get some once in a while, but not a lot. No, but who, what, what's, what's one of the characters who always, when he would go and visit his girlfriend, he, what, he always went down to the local drugstore to pick up a box. Gilders, There you go. There you go. Well, who did you say? Who did you say, Dan? Gildersleeve. Oh, see, we both said it at the same time. This yeah. is good. Yeah. Okay, we did good. Okay, one more question. This is it. How much of the 1.1 billion dollars on Valentine's sweets will Russell Stover capture? 700 million. No. Too low or too high? Um, it, it's really too high. It's 175 million out of oh, 1.1 wow. billion, and it's the biggest boxed candy company. There's something wrong with these numbers. You do not send chocolate bunnies on, on Valentine's Day, so I'll, I'll have to check that one. Or, or is it because um, if you buy the high-end chocolate, they might not sell the volume, but it might be a lot more expensive. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah. Handmade chocolates are really expensive. Uh, oh, I have to tell you. It's about 10 yeah. bucks for a quarter pound. 
How how about ten bucks? How, ten bucks for a piece? <laughs> I kid you not. I kid you not. Okay. Oh. Well, I am ready to toss in my towel and ask Walden his questions. You have done very well. It pays to be ignorant, but you don't win any money because you weren't. <laughs> well, that's I like fine. That. I don't do it for money. Not like some that's people, like $150,000. Yeah, I'll sell. Listen, I'll sell a lot for $150,000. <laughs> Not the whole body, but <laughs> maybe my mind or something like that. So, Okay, right. Dan, well, you have yourself a wonderful week, and by golly, stay warm. I will. And okay. Everybody who might be listening, be safe out there. Be careful. Thank you, Dan. Yes. That's a great, great yes. suggestion. And happy right. Valentine's okay. Day. You bet. Bye-bye, Dan. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, that's going to be it. Now, Patricia, I need to go to the restroom, so why don't you hang up? Because we're going to be running out of time in a few okay. se- seconds. Can, can, uh, I, can I go, too? Yes. <laughs> how, long, how long do we want? Do we want 10 minutes? <laughs> Listen, I'm a, I'm a quicker. Okay, okay. Go, I'm really go, fast at this. You sure. go run. I'm going to go run, and we're going to put some music, everybody. And I'll get okay. Patricia and I after, the, after Perry Como. Sings away. I hope you like Perry Como, Patricia. You know. I, I love mean, Perry Como. Okay, okay. I mean, my guy, he sang your song. To know you is to love you. And I love you because I know you are such a sweetheart. That when you walk down the street Everyone's heart just naturally skips a beat The others who have met you Better start in to forget you Because to know you is to love you so It's time for everyone you know to know you Love me. To know Where you were sunny, it would be twice sunny. Love Where you would be, there would be sweeter honey. And I love Where you were tuned, everyone would be crooning, harmonizing out in the street. You such a bundle of me, oh my. When you walk and that's the down reason the street. when you go by each heart. Everyone's naturally heart just naturally skips a beat. Dear, the we would spring, you would be twice springy. Where you would find, you would be twice springy. Where you the moon, everyone would be spooning. Every night would be mighty sweet. Because to know you is to love you so. It's time for everyone you know to know you. Love me.
It's time for everyone you know to make my life a bowl of peaches and cream. You got me living in the craziest dream to know that you love me. Watching the night go by Wishing that you could be Watching the night with me Into the night I cry Hurry home, come home to me Set me In your arms I'll stay Waiting to hear you say No other love have I No other I have known 
bringing love to my lonely heart. Now there's heaven in view. Now the dream has come true. For tonight I have your eyes have told me you are my love my own come to my arms and hold me I live for you Quiero siempre en mi amor Oh, sueño Espero Porque son solo Start to light her cigarette, and all at once you love her. You've scarcely talked, you've scarcely met, but all at once you love. So she thinks you're wise and clever. You kiss good night, and then you know you'll kiss good night forever. You wonder where. Your heart can go 
Then all at once you Soup and fish, I am gonna get my wish. Hoop de doing it tonight when there's a trombone. And there is Perry Como. And hello, Patricia. Hello, Walden. We're down to your questions. I know. I have some so so ones and I have some good ones. Okay. Well, we'll take the good. I mean, you made it up a Valentine project and stuff like what? that. There. Well, you did wonderful with all your Valentine trivia. I loved it. Oh, thank you. We were only a quarter finished. Are we going to continue for the rest of the month? <laughs> At least. Okay. Okay. You yeah, know, that's good. Um, I can save some for next year. That's good. Because mm-hmm. the original date of the official Valentine's national holiday type thing, that day will never change, so I can borrow that. Perfect. But other than that, what would you like to do? We've got Stump Walden, Brain Teaser, Presidential Quote, Presidential Question, Colonial History, First Lady Question or Quote, and your Baseball Question. Baseball Question. Oh, we're flying right out of the chute on that one. Oh, yeah. What was the original name of AstroTurf? And how did it get it? Yeah, I thought it was AstroTurf because it was the first time it was in 1965 in the Astrodome, and so I thought it was always called AstroTurf, but maybe there was a, before they installed it into mm-hmm. shoot, they made they named it something else. Um, named it AstroTurf because that was the first professional right. that was seen. Right. <coughs> but actually, that was a nickname that became the real thing. Rubbergrass? The name before that. Rubbergrass? <laughs> Might as well have been. That really was awful stuff. They it really was. On top of concrete, the guys were killing themselves. The guys also had nasty bones when they swear. Oh gosh, I remember that. Yeah. How many stadiums are still using it? None. Good. None. There is, there is synthetic 
you know, very close to grass, but that's, mm-hmm. but pretty much they've all gotten rid of that stuff. Okay. Because well, during the summer, we'll it, it, during the summer it would heat up, and it, especially St. Louis, it'd be 130 degrees temperature on that stuff. Oh my gosh. And so can you imagine being a catcher and an umpire? And especially if you're doing a double hitter, some of those guys will sweat nine, ten oh pounds. Oh my word! And out in the outfield, you yep. wouldn't get any break. No. You stand on stuff that's 130 degrees; it hurts even through your shoes. Well, a lot of guys feel they 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 have knee problems, especially the outfielders. A lot of them wanted to always go to grass field at the end of their career because it was just easier on their legs. Wow, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. Whose idea was this? The Astrodome, you know, that's what they down there in Texas. I mean, they, they, I misunderstood. I thought it became available, and the Astrodome was the first place that bought it to use. I didn't realize it was made for the Astros. I thought it was, well, maybe I'm wrong, but that's where, I, that, that's where it first came in with the Astrodome. Oh. So I thought it was created for that, but maybe not. Sounds reasonable. I mean, so we have them to blame for it? I would say so. Good. So what's their name? It's a, it's always something. It's nice when we can blame something <laughs> on, on someone else. It was named Chemgrass, like uh, chemical grass. Okay. Chemgrass. I think AstroTurf was a much more romantic name than Hey, we got Chemgrass. Chemgrass. Yeah, I agree. Can you imagine? Okay. What's next? Stump Walden. Stump Walden. You're gonna know this one. This was not one of my best. Um, Dick Powell. You're way up here. I've got a whole bunch of... Yeah, okay. It's Dick Powell. Huh? Dick Powell. (laughs) No, that's not the answer. Oh, dear me. Oh, did I take my lumps and it's only February? And he had a good singing voice. I'm going to have you guys listen to more Dick Powell stuff. They appreciate him more often. Really? I think so. Oh. Okay, if you say so. I think he was a good singer. I like them. But see, I'm more of a romantic, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people love that show. Yeah, and I like to see I've been listening I to some of them. It's just not my favorite show. Not my favorite detective. I think he's in the top four. There were only four out there. No. I'm <laughs> only kidding. <laughs> you, you think he's in the top four? Yeah, I think so. I, I would say Sam Spade is number one. I think Champagne, Richard Diamond, or like one, two. Really? I think so. Okay, so what about, uh, what about, do you count Dragnet as a detective show? No. Good, thank you. Yeah. Um, I would say one of the Jack Webb shows, either uh, Jeff Reagan or Pat Novak. It doesn't make my top four. No kidding. Uh-uh. Hmm. Okay, who are the other two? In my book, Neil Wolf and The Saint. Really? Hmm. I like The Saint, and I love Nero Wolf. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't just put them up there, though. Maybe I'd like the gimmick, somehow. Mm-hmm. Ma- maybe, you know, Nero Wolf not necessarily never had the, gr- the strongest stories, but I'd sort of like the gimmick behind it somewhat, you know, the, the, the opening. Waterfront and the Foghorn does well. I know, but... But that that wasn't really the show. That wasn't the shtick of the show. That yeah. was just the intro. I yeah. agree. I agree. That's interesting. Hmm. I would have put Pat Novak in there. Maybe because 
I haven't heard a lot of Pack Novak. Because when I collect the early, that wasn't mm -hmm. always available per se. That one was only good, and this is my opinion, everybody. I'm not slamming <laughs> the show or the actors. I think Pat Novak only got good when Jack Webb took over the role. And so, see, and when I started collecting, that, there was just not that many of them. There's a lot more now than there was when I yeah. become and a now there are not a now there's not a huge number. Yeah. When was that show on the air? 47. Well, that's why there are. 47, 48, yeah. Out there, I guess. Yeah. My gosh. Okay. So, here's your Stump Walden question. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with Dick Powell. Okay. Which show was originally set in Turkey, but suddenly the setting moved to Egypt? Uh, that was Rocky Jordan. Very good. And what were the names of the towns? Which town or city in Turkey, and which town or city in Egypt? Was it Cairo, Egypt? Right. And... Well, you are hot. Uh, Istanbul? Yes! Oh my gosh, you are so hot! Oh, gosh, I couldn't even trick you into that one. Lucky I'm guess. I'm going to ask you about the... Yeah, the lucky city. guess. Yes. Yeah. That is exactly right. Okay, what's next? And I haven't heard that many of them. Um... They're pretty good. I have not heard very many either, but they're very well done. Yeah. Let's see here. Mm -hmm. uh, my colonial question. Your colonial question. Let me, I have to go all the way down the list here. Oh, okay. <laughs> These are all true or false. <laughs> okay. Well, they're not really. I'll just ask you this one. How many, well, it, this is multiple choice. Thirteen. <laughs> what? Thirteen. <laughs> We, we we just have to hold on to our bridge <laughs> because the horse is going to run away with you. How many shoemakers compete? This is multiple choice now. How many shoemakers competed with each other in Williamsburg, Virginia? Three, 12, 15, or only one at a time because there were not that many shoes being yeah, made? I would just say there was just one at a time. You're not going to believe this. Okay. It was up to 15 at wow. a Wow. That's not a very big place. I mean, no, it's rather small. However, it was the central meeting point. It, it, it was the epicenter of Virginia. So they always had a lot of people coming there, and that's where the House of Burgess was. And yeah. So politically. Well, you take me back there. I, I didn't spend very much time there. I think I should have. I didn't spend enough time. I was so cold. I was so cold, my camera froze. Oh, oh. I couldn't, seriously, I couldn't even take any shots. My camera froze. And then my friend photographer, who was just such a neat guy, he said, he, he had a really sudden drawl. He had Florida accent. He said, don't you know how to do that? I said, obviously not. I didn't come back with any pictures. And he said, you have to take the batteries out hold them under your arm, and only put them in when you're ready to shoot. Wow. I, I never would thought of that. I didn't think of that. And that's that's what he did as a professional photographer. Wow. He would carry a little pouch under his arm and keep the batteries in the pouch under his arm until he was ready. Wow. Then he would wow. take them out and put them in back in the pouch. So I never, never would have thought about that. I would not either. It would have been the best I could do, but he mm -hmm. said, no, not, not warm enough. 
So he was really hot. <laughs> Love that guy. Okay. What's next? Uh, my presidential question. Presidential question. Let me mark off the shoemakers here. Your presidential question is... Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> I think we really need to go to bed, don't we? <laughs> this is an easy one for you. Who was the first president to be inaugurated in Washington, D.C.? Hmm. Not so easy after all. Wow. Uh, Thomas Jefferson. It was Thomas Jefferson. Very good. Because very, very good. Because I had it, uh, Adams moved into the White House, so mm -hmm. and he was only a one-term guy. So it's just a lucky guess on my part. And and it was correct. Woohoo! Okay, what's next? Brain teaser. Your brain teaser. What has a foot but no leg? A football. <laughs> Where is the foot on a football? Good grief. But it's in the name. A yardstick. Very good. A yardstick or a ruler. Yeah. My gosh, you are hot tonight. Okay, what's next? Uh, first lady quote, question, or comment, or stuff like first that. First lady something or other. Yeah. All right, your first lady something or other. Which first lady was the first to hold regular press conferences? Eleanor Roosevelt. I'm going to bed. That's very good. Yes, that is correct. Okay, I think I heard you said that one time. That's why I've got... Never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what I've asked you. Aww. We've been together a few times. We've been together a few hours, my dear. We, 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 we talked about Eleanor a couple of times, you know? Oh, we we love Eleanor. Yeah, I know. She is know. such a wonderful lady. Okay. okay. Are we down to my presidential quote? We are down to your presidential quote. Yes, that's it. You know, 20 years from now, when we're up to 45 categories, it's going to be <laughs> jeopardy. I'm going to open the show at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm sorry, we have to get this done first because I might poop out. Okay, your presidential quote. Yes. Going to college offered me the chance to play football for four more years. Joe Ford. I knew you were going to say that. Wow. That's not the answer. <laughs> well, I think Ronald Reagan played college football. So that is the answer. Wow. My first that is the answer. Yes. No, Gerald, Gerald Ford watched, what the heck did he watch? Something in sports. It was a football. The, the Giants. I watched the Giants on radio all the time. Well, he was a he was a pretty good center at the University of Michigan for his yes, football team. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And I believe he was. I've asked you this before, so help me if I've got the correct information. He was the president who worked as a male model correct. to help get himself through college. Correct. That's what you told me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I really like Gerald. I really like him. So, in other words, if he was running for office today, you might vote for him, right? <laughs> <laughs> only, if, only if you let me check out the picture. <laughs> sure, I would vote for Gerald. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a heartbeat. But, you know, ret we talk about this retrospectively. We evaluate these people as... You know, I mean, we're, yeah. I don't know how many years older than 
Gerald Ford's administration. But we have all those years in between to evaluate what kind of a president he was. We had no idea when he took office what kind of a president he would be. He had a tough job to do. Wow. My gosh. He and Truman both had difficult positions to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not only were they extraordinarily difficult times, they even even if the president who was sitting and not sitting anymore were facing the times it would have been a difficult time but then to have a new presidency tossed into your lap yikes yikes we are so fortunate we had people who could do that amen okay now uh, oh 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 i have a i have an email from steve hold on just a minute and one from he is clarifying something for us okay. out in North Dakota and South Dakota. Isn't it nice that we have family members that can help us out? Oh, they, yeah, they, they keep, us, keep us in line here. Yeah. Okay. Stephen says, the state capital of North Dakota is Bismarck. Oh. The capital of South Dakota is Pierre. The geological center of North America, <coughs> which sounds a whole lot more, okay. more in line, is, is Rugby, North Dakota. Thank you, Steve. That helps. That, that, that really that helps. helps. It makes a heck of a lot more sense. So <laughs> Fargo... See, everything on the Internet is true. I guess Fargo, I was thinking Fargo... I, don't, I think that's where Roger Maris was from. He was from one of those types of really? towns. Yeah, maybe that's what I was thinking. Mm. Okay. All right. Oh, 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 and one more. One more. Hold on. One more. One more. And this one, I apologize to people because sometimes I get... A little behind on things and I had a couple of difficult years in the middle there and I am going back cleaning out emails and I am finding ones that I not only didn't respond to I never even opened them well Patricia have had some computer issues over the last few years so things could have everything issue everything was an issue yeah. drop a plate it's an issue yeah. phone rings it's an issue oh well anyway from Ed we had a thank you for replaying the Churchill interview several times, and it must have been on a Wednesday. Yep. You heard it. Well, I think and we even played, I think we, I, well, that's good, and I think we we recorded one of them and played it back yeah, mm-hmm. during the show and replayed. Yes, yeah. very nice. So that, that probably was what it was. He yeah. really enjoyed Bill Reed, and um, hope to hear from him again, and we do too. Yes. Maybe we can Spend some more time with us. And on a final line, it says, on another subject, as you know, roof is pronounced roof. That just cracked me up. Thank you, Ed. (laughs) That was good. He probably doesn't even remember writing it. It's been so long. But anyway, thank you for doing that. Up up on the rooftop. (laughs) On the rooftop. So we've got one more in my column, and we have to start working on your column. You know, it's Christmas before we know it, my dear. Oh. Oh. I mean, we gotta get Christmas dry ready. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you gotta start knocking on doors and get Santa Claus here or something. Yeah, I have to write to Dave Kane, who's going to find us. He's going to help us find a Santa Claus. That's right. Which will be very good. Well, Walden, I am wiped out and finished. You you done good, my dear. We stayed awake. Let's, let's hit the road. Let's hit the road. Hi, right, everybody.
Good we're, night, everybody. We're going to talk to you with us. Thanks for having fun with us. Thank you for everybody who called. My goodness, this is so cool. Good night, Walden. Good night, Patricia. Good night, everybody. We love you all. And John Benny tomorrow. No, you is to love you, and I love you, cause I know you are such a sweetheart, that when you walk down the street, everyone's heart just naturally skips a beat, the others who have met you, better start in to forget you because to know you is to love you so it's time for everyone you know to know you love me to know Were you, sunny, it would be twice sunny Love. Where you would be, there would be sweeter honey. And I love Where you would tune, everyone would be crooning, harmonizing out in the street. You're such a sweetheart. You're such a bundle of me, oh but my. When you walk and that's the down reason the street. when you go by each heart. Everyone's naturally heart just naturally skips a beat. Dear, the other you would be twice ringing. Have met where you were buying, you would be twice better stringing. Where you the moon, everyone would be spooning. Every night would be mighty sweet. Because to know you is to love you so. It's time for everyone you know to know you. Love me. Alt page down, menu bar, Skype, Alt control J, Apple escape, escape. Alt tab, quit jaws, quit Alt tab, Patricia from FL home, build Alt F4, Patricia from Alt tab, MP3, Alt tab, task switching list, Alt tab, MP, Alt tab, quit jaws, quit jaws, Alt tab, Patricia from Alt F4, quit jaws, dialogue, Alt tab, MP3, Skype, Alt F4, quit jaw, Alt tab, Skype trademark, left bracket, Alt F4, quit jaw, Alt tab, Skype trade, Alt tab, build brat, Alt tab, replay radio, Alt tab, MP3, Skype, Alt tab, desktop, desktop, 
desktop, folder view, alt tab, widget, alt tab, Skype, alt tab, MP, alt tab, Bill Brad, alt tab, SoundForge Pro 11, es esca escape, enter, zero, enter, zero point oh, menu, A, save as dialogue, file name colon, sound 3.wav, edit, S A T U R D A Y N I G A T W I T A P A T R I C I A F I R S T P C Save Save but enter data window 0.014 seconds. Jaws Professional Windows Media Player. Alt F4, Alt Tab, Jaws up, Alt Tab, Skype, Escape, Escape, Pay Enter, Sign in, Heading Level, Escape, Escape, Alt Tab, Fibber McG, Alt Tab, Jaws Update, Alt Tab, Sound Forge Pro 